Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I'm going to have a long show planned for you today. We have a lot to get into. A lot of that I was going to talk about yesterday that I ended up carrying over to today so I could, well, time is just never enough. Today, today in particular, we're in the same position. I was going to be doing a spaces or I believe I was going to do it on spaces, but just have a conversation about, you know, including the community to have a conversation about next steps, the future of the last American Vagabond in a positive way. And of course, I got started later than I wanted or added more stuff. So I'm going to push that off to tomorrow. I'm not I'm most likely not going to do a show tomorrow. I'm going to focus entirely on administrative stuff and, and the you know, the, these kind of discussions. Uh, the future steps, meetings we're going to have, all sorts of things. I'm going to focus on that tomorrow. So I'll try to set that today, if not tomorrow morning, and we'll go from there. But today, it's going to be a long show because I wanted to make a big – there's a lot – everything today does really fit together, as a lot of these tend to do. But the big focus today is on the transgender conversation and how really concerning this is, as I've been expressing from the very beginning. And, of course, if somebody who read the title – and didn't care to hear what I was trying to say, would assume, as most people do today, that they that I'm going to be attacking from the right, of course, because that's what they see it as, a right-wing concept, that the all trans people are X, Y, and Z, or that they're all trying to do this, or they're all groomers, or all... Of course, that's ridiculous, and that's not what I'm ever trying to say. But what's interesting, and this is why I put it in quotes in the title today, is that it's very clear to me. I mean, just undeniably clear that this is a, an agenda. Like, you could look at it two different ways. It could be that this is not organic at all, which is certainly something we should be discussing, or like any number of movements we've seen in the past, there's some level of, of validity to it. People that feel this is a true, just, you know, as always, I'll point out people have the right to do what they want with their own bodies. That's enough in that conversation, as long as that doesn't become some forced conversation on you or your children, and we'll get into this. But the idea being that every movement we've seen. You talk about the ones we all, I think, people know the most about, like even just the Green Movement or Occupy Wall Street, how you can prove these were co-opted by the power structure in order to make them look ridiculous. Most people don't even realize that today. You can prove this. FBI agents being set, like Occupy Wall Street's a great example of how something that had a a real potential was turned into a a fairground of absurdity. Doesn't that seem very relevant to what we're talking about today, where suddenly you have a conversation of people just fighting for relevance, if that's, if that's the, the case here, in regard to this being an organic or, origin, that just want to be able to be seen, want their rights, want to be able to make their own choices, and then that gets turned into the clown show that we're seeing today. The absolute ridiculousness of all of this, to the point to where it's got to the extreme points to where now, the argument that this is, like, I'll get into the point someone's making, that... The rights arguing everybody in the trans movement are all groomers. Well, if you, it's easy to point out that's ridiculous that every single person in any category could even all be one thing is kind of hard to argue. But then to then argue opposite of that, that none of them are, well, that's also ridiculous. And this is where we, the truth gets lost in the two party paradigm, as always. And we'll get into this and show you the validity. Now, the point is that if there are any possibilities of that, which there clearly are, there are cases already we've seen of this happening, then this should not be a ubiquitous conversation. None, nothing ever really should be. The movement is the politicized version of this that is trapping people ideologically and is forcing children and other people into very uncomfortable and dangerous situations. And I'm going to go over something today that I have a very hard time getting into simply because it's just unnerving. 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be, to some degree, a graphic show. I have to cover this today. I have to get into, I debated this personally, whether I even wanted to get go over this with the, the discussion of the surgeries themselves and what this really is and what it really appears to be doing and the complete lack of understanding it seems that most people have about what is currently the state of this wildly experimental, seemingly entirely profit-driven, dangerous situation. And that's not, that's not, nothing, has nothing to do with whether or not you as an individual want to make those choices for your own body. That's your decision. But how this has become politicized to the point to where there's entire legislation passing under the argument that these have to be given to children is just in the sense that they have to be allowed to be able to access things like this based on their own personal opinions because of some conversation they heard at class when they were a child. Now, sure, it could be the case. Maybe they are going to grow up and be that way. Maybe they are right then. But the point, though, is that we have got to understand how dangerous this is. Again, to the first point, if there's any possibility that they could end up in a situation where they're going to be abused by sexual predators, where they're going to regret those choices they can never take back, well, obviously, historically, we go, well, we should have them wait. Can't smoke a cigarette, can't drive a car, can't join the military. Apparently, you can't do anything until you're 18 except take dangerous injections or take sexual, you know, body-altering procedures. But we're also going to get into the overlap of that entire conversation with the concept of the domestic terrorism, uh, as we've been calling the vanilla ISIS discussion, MAGA trap, and how interesting it is that this is not even, this is barely beneath the surface. Right on top of this, they're going, how why white supremacy is the leading connection between, you know, and pushing those two things together. Now, why does that even really make sense? Why in the world would white supremacists be so focused on something like the trans movement. Well, the, the point is, as far as I can tell, that they're not. This is about connecting these agendas, in my opinion. Well, look, you can argue the people that are actually racist and bigoted and hateful, which you can find a hell of a lot in this very group we're talking about. But you could argue, of course, and they'll probably just hate people based on political, land, whatever. But to make it about this sort of absurd, the absurdity of arguing that somehow that these foreign groups are going to work with these white supremacists because they're all fighting against the bad guy government that's fighting for freedom, or the good guy government, excuse me, even though you piece those together and find out it makes no sense to argue that white supremacists would work with their seemingly ideological enemy just because we don't like this, it, it, it's all completely flimsy. And we're going to even tie this into the bigger conversation of what's Ukraine, Azov movement, and finish with some foreign policy in general. But please stay tuned today. Get dig dig in. Get some get something to eat. <laughs> Let's have a, a a very important conversation about all this. And I will of course clip this the transgender part out alone and try to make that just a focus. But had to get into this today. A lot of this stuff. So please, if you have children that are watching the show, as I, we know this is a family friendly show and it always will be, I just want to caution you that this is not something that I feel that's even appropriate for children to be watching. Under to, it is so far beyond the pale for me. It it, it turns my stomach. So just be aware of that. I'm telling you right now, and I'll say it again when we get there, I don't recommend that you let them watch this stuff. Now, to start off, we're going to get into some stuff that's separate from that. Just a couple of points I wanted to get into to rehash some of the things we talked about yesterday. <clears throat> Just a couple of quick points from that discussion. And we're actually going to finish, by the way, with another, well, if I have time, we'll see if I go over so many hours, we'll probably just save it for another day. But another interesting point about the overlap with the kind of great reset direction. But first, just because I thought this was important, and again, we're going to talk about the mis disinformation BBC discussion, which is just embarrassing, and how so many of the things that have been called fake news, dangerous, dangerous misinformation, have literally come to pass. Now, you could argue anything, any number of things around that. 
the bottom line, just like we just said with the trans conversation, if it's possible that they could then use this mag, this infrastructure to shout down things that are true and, and only find out later that they are, the point is that it's a broken concept or completely dishonest from its origin, which is what I think. But why we would allow people who just spent the last three years screaming everything's fake that literally turned out to be real suddenly stand up and tell us what they're going to decide what is true going forward is it's obviously dishonest. I mean, there's just no way around that. And I don't care whether that girl thinks is aware of that or not. I forget her name. But the point is that I think they are all so used to having just this guaranteed expected respect because of the virtue of your position. That's gone. (laughs) People are very much waking up to the real, the illusion that these things don't mean what we think they do. The so-called expert is, it's the idea of today is that we have clearly a very stark realization that experts, just because they're called experts, are not necessarily all that smart, that educated, that well-versed in the topic. Simple, because the reason they're called experts is typically for political reasons. That's not in every topic. We're talking about the corporate media conversation. But we literally just watched a bunch of people get kicked aside who have far better credentials because they said the thing they're not supposed to say. Then they pointed all the people willing to toe the line and go, those are the experts. And sure, I'm not saying those people are all stupid. But clearly we saw in many cases that they were wrong. And yet they continued to be the experts on CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, even though they just got it wrong. And they go, well, yeah, new science will show. Okay, so fine. So the point is that the people you said were fake news are actually were correct. So when we talk about these things going forward, whether we're talking about limiting meat consumption or stopping you from flying around the world because carbon, those were all fake news and now literally are happening. And if you ask BBC, they'll tell you they were still correct. Here's a starting point from the FDA. Chief Nerd shared, vaccinated children aged 12 to 17 face a heightened risk of myocarditis. Breaking news, guys. A form of heart inflammation and a related condition called pericarditis, according to the FDA. Now, this isn't a, this isn't a parody. The number of myocarditis and pericarditis events in the age group was high enough to meet the criteria for a safety signal. Thanks, researchers from the FDA, May 22nd, 2023. Wow, way ahead of the curve on that one, guys. I mean, think about how ridiculous this is. This is why I just said what I said. So guess what happened while they were screaming down people that said this in 2020, 2020, or rather more so 2021, 2022. They said they were dangerous misinformation spreaders, dangerous, you know, whatever the terms they were using for forgetting all the ridiculous framing. And yet they were wrong or rather knew they were right and didn't care, knew we were right and didn't care. And guess what happened because of it? Children continue to take an injection that they knew was dangerous for them. Now, is that planned? Possibly. Or was it just the fact that they were towing the line like they were trained, like a bunch of clown, uh, you know, circus seals? It's up for you to decide. But what matters is this was right. We said it then, independent media. They said you were dangerous and wrong, tried to censor you, in fact, tried to put you in jail, and still are. And then you turn out to be right. And guess what? That still happens right now. You're still trying to be put in jail. You're still called a dangerous misinformation spreader, even though you were right. And even though they just admitted you were right, but still said you're somehow still wrong. Unbelievable. Staggeringly brave, FDA. Aside from the fact that most have already been forced to take these, even while we were all screaming about this for years, while you called us dangerous spreaders of misinformation, there needs to be legal accountability. Now, the sad thing is when you actually read the study, despite clearly finding this, they then go on to say this study completely shows that it's all safe for children. That is the broken kind of schizophrenic reality we're in today. 
So a safety signal that you discover is a safety signal and understand this is a minor part of the bigger picture. It's unbelievable how even this is a obfuscation of the truth. But then end by saying it's still all safe. So what exactly does it mean to have a safety signal that suggests that there's a higher risk of something dangerous while we know this is not even dangerous to children in anybody's narrative today? Apparently that means it's all safe and effective. (laughs) Understand? (laughs) Let's move forward. Who cares about the facts? Just end by saying the same thing you're supposed to say, right? It's just crazy how willfully dishonest all of this is. Or really, to make another point here, a part of this is not just willful dishonesty, it's ignorance. And then hubris that's given to people who tow that ignorance. By telling you, you're right, and you'll always be right, because if you look at what we're saying and you repeat that, you're the smart one. So we talked about this before with Tom Rents, who was doing amazing work on pushing back on this bill, or rather, excuse me, pushing forward this bill to push back on the mRNA injections for the animals. And this was about simply pointing out and that there's something happening like this in Tennessee. I just showed you, by the way, where they're basically saying if anything, whether vaccines or vaccine components are in any of these foods, then you need to label that explicitly. And they're all trying to stop that. Why would that be exactly? I think you know why. But my point was, Oh, and that's right. I forgot. That's what I forgot. I have to show you this way because he blocked me and then responded because that's what intelligent people do. Now, look, I don't, by the way, I'm not sure. I, I've blocked plenty of people. I block all sorts of absurd, ridiculous trolls on Twitter because there's plenty of people on this that have no intention of doing anything other than trying to give themselves attention and trying to, you know, cause division. So I, I don't criticize people for blocking somebody, especially when they are absolutely trolling and there's no need to engage with them. But what happens when people block and then carry on the conversation? Well, that shows you something. Or they hide your comments, which we'll get into in a minute somewhere else. That also shows you something. But this is really embarrassing. Here is Dan Satterfield. He's a weatherman. Because, you know, that's <laughs> meteorologist, excuse me, how often they're correct. But as I, all I simply said here was showing him, I'll just read what I wrote here. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, damn it. I should have grabbed it so you could see what I wrote. In any case, the point was I simply pointed out in response to his is actually what I was going to show you that he's wrong. He was saying mRNA is mRNA and that he was saying, Tom Brands, you're wrong because that's not what's in there or that it's only mRNA. And I said, well, and he referenced a library card, which is hilarious. And I said, that's why it's important to actually read and not just tout the virtues of the outdated near non-existent library card while you're using the internet, which is just ridiculous. More, because it, it just shows you he's you know, outdated. My point, it's actually mod RNA, genetically modified, which you guys know, I've been beating this horse for a while. It's all in the documentation you apparently haven't read while he's attacking Tom Renz. And then Tom even falls up and says, nice on that T-Lab. And I believe he just made a big point about this in recent coverage. It's great to hear. Lab-created synthetic mRNA is most certainly not in a living creature. That's what he was arguing. It's in every living creature. It's not. This is N1 methyl poly, methyl pseudouridine modified RNA. That's not even, this is genetically modified. This is not, and on top of that, we went over all the differences that can cause and all the things it can do and how it's literally not the same thing, which is probably the main reason why it's causing all these problems in that one regard. But I want to follow up and show you that he blocked me. Oh, actually, technically he doubled down and said, you're wrong. So I followed up and I said, I can't believe you doubled down. These jabs verifiably contain mod RNA, synthetic or modified RNA, as they themselves say, it's not natural. And I literally post the Pfizer link to where it shows mod RNA. So that's why he blocked me and then said it again. The third time, mRNA is mRNA. Read a biology book. Every medical society on earth is right. And 
checks Last American Vagabond on Twitter is wrong. I mean, think about the stupidity this takes. Like, does he not even look at the, I mean, it's literally right above him. Now, but not even if you looked at that. The point is you can prove that this is not mRNA is mRNA. They're very different things. And Scott did an entire breakdown on our Substack about this. And so he is simply doing what we keep showing you, that the smart person, which shows me he's probably not very secure in his intelligence, is supposed to trust what they're told from the CDC. And guess what? That's not even what they're saying. If you actually dig into even their documentation, it says the same thing. They just ultimately say at other points where they use the term mRNA kind of interchangeably with modern which is a lie because it's not the same thing. But apparently to this guy, we're all stupid because he trusts the, the right people. And then he follows up another time and says, by the way, the COVID jab is the most tested vaccine in history, showing you how willfully stupid this person is. Over a billion have had it. Well, first of all, most tested is not just because it's been given to everybody and then ignoring all the safety signals that are theirs that people don't talk about. At the same time, pointing at theirs to justify why it's safe, but at the same time, pointing at theirs to justify why we don't listen to those signals. That's happening at the same time. It's safe and very effective. People are laughing at you folks. Well, that's true, actually, because they're really people that are blindly stupid. They just laugh at anybody that says the thing that we're all proving. Like, I could dump off 47 peer-reviewed studies that literally show you he's wrong, but it doesn't matter. Because he's on the side of the, the right ones, because he's intelligent and listen. It's, all, it's the mainstream two-party paradigm kind of nonsense. But think about that in the opening point, right? Is that people blindly think that they're right, and sometimes they don't know that they're wrong. And that's not a, a room of accountability. It's just kind of staggering. Now, we just went over this discussion of the mod RNA direction of the nanotechnology and how this is all affecting everything. But there's a lot of different coverage on this that you can look into. The new mod RNA ferret nanoparticle uni- uh, injection, the, the concept of mod RNA, the lies around it, the pseudouridines. I mean, it's important to read. One other point I wanted to get into, and the point about that will come back to play in the misinformation part of this, is that Orwell recently pointed out a 2019 NIH award, awarded a grant entitled Genetically Engineered Enterograde Monosynaptic Viral Tracers for Multiple Species Neural Circuit Analysis to the University of California, Irvine. Pursuant to this grant, on December 17, 2019, Irvine made a sub-award to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, where is this coming from, you might ask? Well, it turns out the subcommittee that is investigating the origins of COVID-19 have asked for this. And what's really interesting to me is how this overlaps with the bigger picture we literally just talked about in this discussion. And I'm going to follow up with stuff at the end if I have time. Otherwise, we'll get into it in a future show, which is that this is, I swear to you, this is something that's connecting all of this for me, which is that this is about something much bigger. Here's the actual post that they have. This is from 2019. Genetically engineered, anterograde, monosynaptic viral tracers. It says team, the teams aim to engineer improved anterograde monosynaptic tracers with increased labeling efficacy and reduced toxicity for the analysis of neural circuits. Well, quickly, viral tracing is interesting. This is what they're talking about. They're important tools, they say, for neuroanatomical mapping of the genetic payload delivery. Okay, now think about this. 
We literally just talked about what this is really about. Prior to COVID-19, the Lieber-Langer overlap, the delivery of the, the biosurveillance and the bio-nanotechnology delivery payload system. That is literally what these injections are based on. That's literally what everything we're showing you is continuing to be based on and all the new technology they're creating. And even what we just went over yesterday about, about aerosolized mRNA-delivering nanoparticles. They can be inhaled in your lungs and, and you know, stop cystic fibrosis, let's say. But either way, it's the same concept. It's about, it is about nanoparticles that, in this case, this was polymer nanoparticles as opposed to lipid nanoparticles, in lipids being in the injection. But the point is nanoparticles delivering instructions, whether it's about, you know, something that cuts out a genetic sequence or something that ultimately delivers instructions to make a protein. It, it can be interchanged. It's the payload. So the point is, any one of these things, are the, it's the overlap. So just because they tell you the injection is giving you the instructions for a protein doesn't mean that's what is in the instructions. doesn't mean that's what the payload is. I'm not suggesting we know otherwise. My point is simply that this is the same stuff. So if you can point out in 2019, by the way, that has a direct grant coming from California to Wuhan that's literally talking about using viral tracers, which are neuroanatomical mapping, and genetic payload delivery. So they're mapping out the system for exactly what we're talking about. Genetically modified viruses allow for cell type specific targeting and overcome any limitations of non-viral tracers. Important tools for mapping and genetic payload delivery. So my point is always with this bigger picture is that the injection seems to have been, and this is just a theory, a stepping stone in between the larger picture. Now, it doesn't mean that there's not a bigger agenda about depopulation or any number of other things that could have been simultaneously executed. But I can't not see the connection between the technology and whether this is now just a an ex we're still living through an experiment about justifying the next step and the platforms. Remember, I showed you yesterday as well that they're not only making novel platforms for the injections that they can just make without any new safety testing, but they're making novel platforms for the delivery mechanisms that go in those novel injections. All of this is being completely made, and they're all impromptu based on new genetic sequences. Maybe making polymer or lipid particles based on new instructions as well as with the injections. It's kind of mind-blowing. But if we can look back at 2019 and see that they were already working with this overlap with Wuhan about this exact concept, and then, of course, they're talking about this from the, investiga in the, the investigatory standpoint from Congress about how this is connected to the origins of COVID. This is incredible. I'm going to dive deeper into this, and it's kind of incredible, but it says... Going forward, using a bacterial artificial chromosome-based engineering system, the team will generate recumbent herpes simplex virus type 1 strain. We've seen the overlap with the herpes and rather just the broader conversation of that with the injections. Vectors for targeted expression in multiple neural circuits. The researchers will then validate their anter anterograde tracers in the visual system, the hippocampus, and stress-relevant hypothalamus circuits of rodents and non-human primates. The tools developed here will be disseminated through a service platform with a goal of improving the ability to study neural projection networks. And what's my other bigger point that I keep talking about? That this is about trying to understand the brain and mapping the brain, whether it's individually or through some meshing with everybody. That's All of this is about trying to understand the way our brain works to reach the singularity, which is not my opinion. That's a general direction. That's what this is in fact about. That's what the brain initiative is to seek and deepen understanding of the inner workings of the human mind and to improve how we treat, prevent, and cure disorders of the brain. Well, of course, the latter part is what they tell you it's all about. We're doing this to, to solve Parkinson's and to make people walk again. Yeah, that's 1% of what they really care about. It's much bigger than that and always is. The point is it's about trying to understand and, and map the human brain and, and how it works.
And that's what they were working on in 2019 in regard to exactly this concept. And now we have Congress going, hey, the select committee on coronavirus pandemic is investigating the origins of COVID-19. Pursuant to that investigation, we're evaluating the NIH interactions with Wuhan Institute of Virology, including its funneling of taxpayer dollars to the, to the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, through U.S.-based institutions without proper oversight. Isn't that interesting? Which, why would that even be happening? Well, we talked about this at length from Fauci to all the different overlaps to how this was still and is, is still happening, by the way. Happened during Trump. It, had, it never stopped. That's one point that I don't know why now people don't, so few people focus on. When Trump reached out and made the big public statement about pausing funding for specifically to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, there was like six other labs in China still doing the same research. And as far as I can tell, have continued to do so. We still have Charles Lieber, for crying out loud, literally working with high level Chinese research on exactly the same technology, implantable meshing and all this kind of stuff. So we're, the idea that we pretend there's ever been even a divide here is starting to get really flimsy. The idea that Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed used a genetic sequence from China. Two days later, we're already making the injection, and China admitted they hadn't even isolated it at that point. And then we keep finding out, but guess what? They don't need it anyway. Even the guy speaking with the World Economic Forum was like, Moderna never even had it in their hands. Good thing it turned out to be correct, <laughs> the sequence. Was it? Was it even real? I mean, the point is, it's clear they never even needed it. The select subcommittee is now the only committee in Congress with explicit jurisdiction to conduct this ranging investigation. It's saying they entitled the grant that, that, that Orwell's pointing out, genetic engineered integrated monosynaptic viral tracers for multi-species neural circuit analysis to California. And then they awarded the grant to Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, it's according to documents in possession of the committee. The NIH wrote to Irvine notifying it that the NIH was suspending all activities. May 20, 2020 for which the Wuhan Institute of Virology is a sub-award participant. According to the letter, quote, the NIH had been made aware of reports that Wuhan Institute of Virology had been conducting research at its facilities in China that posed serious biosafety concerns. And that's not even that unique. We've already pointed out where they've made that statement before, even long before that, when they made that argument. And they off, like that was, I think, 2014, and they just off, outsourced it all to China anyway. But it says, and as a result, health and welfare threats to the public, both in China and other countries, including the United States. The NIH continued, it is the NIH mission to protect public health and welfare from serious deficiencies such as unsafe laboratory practices. Meanwhile, Fort Detrick is boiling down around us. Like, we already went over Fort Detrick and how embarrassing that place is. It's completely deficient. There's so many discussions about these labs and how they are just completely dilapidated. But yeah, but let's only point away from ourselves. Six days later, pursuant to the NIH request, Irvine suspended operations with the Wuhan of Virology, stating we must stop effective immediately on any and all activities supported by the sub-award. Then, okay, why didn't that, the bottom line is these things continued, whether in this lab specifically or other labs in general. So what was going on here? And what, why, right before we're all talking about this in May 20, 2020, that suddenly this, or even more so to, add, to point out, that you can point out a window in here where this was continuing well past the point of the emerging discussion of whatever was COVID-19. So all of this stems back to something much bigger. But all they're asking for is information. Give us the documents containing the, you know, the, the, the back and forth communications. My point is simply that you can very clearly see that this is much bigger than just the injection. It, maybe you could argue it's the platform. And even that would even make sense. But I think it's much bigger than that. I think it's more immersive and possibly is already happening right now. Now, we will come back to this. 
It's concerning as hell. But talking about how this is all being played, right, it's not just about the medical biosecurity state. There's a very important agenda playing out to, to drive us into the position that's needed. And that's the way I would frame it personally. Whether we're talking about digital ID or any number of things, they need us in a position, one, where we're compliant, which one of the earliest pushes on that is to stop us from being able to have these kind of objective conversations. They're desperate to stop this hate speech and anti-Semitism, and it's everything they could throw in the sun, which all only really amounts to controlling the way you talk. Now, that's not to say that there aren't are, – there's obviously people that are – whatever you want to deem hate speech, despite there being no real constant definition and it's not really against the law at all. Plenty of people that would say things that are hateful. Plenty of people that would say things that are racist. But when did that become a crime? Well, at the moment, they started to create this political agenda to justify this to, at least in one way, use this to shut down genuine objective conversation. Sort of like when we say the Israeli government just murdered people and they go, you're a racist. Okay, well, when you hear it like that, it sounds pretty stupid and clumsy. But when they go, oh, well, we know what he really means. Well, maybe, maybe, but you're pretending you're reading my mind. I've, and, and despite what I've explicitly said otherwise, you see, this is how the game is played. Now, obviously, there's easier examples they'll throw out of somebody who's just being racist about something. Or, or maybe they create these kind of illusions, which we'll get into today as well. Either way, very real conversation about genuine problems get overshadowed or rather thrown under the rug or hidden under the guise that they're somehow hateful, racist, manipulative. And by the way, that's still been done on Twitter. Still right now, and I argue it's only going to get worse. So going into that conversation, you might have seen recently that DeSantis set to announce 2024 run on Twitter with Elon Musk. And everybody lost their minds, apparently. It's, just, it's, it's almost embarrassing to watch how childish these people are about how this went down. Now, as I understand, this is the last thing we're going to get into right now. It's seemingly meaningless to me. As Elon came, you know, basically said, and anybody can come on Twitter. Well, yes, that's the point. This, because, because DeSantis chose to make this happen, and Elon took advantage of the situation to clearly benefit the whole platform. That's not even to get into whether there's some other agenda behind that or agreements, which there probably are. My point is it's silly to make this about the fact that, oh, he went on Twitter because they're all racist. <laughs> which is, I swear to you, how this is being boiled down. Because these people... Like, okay, the main point that I keep seeing through all of this is the one I made before about the fact that throughout COVID, but it's not just COVID, but throughout that process, we have watched this, the, the dialogue get boiled down to the most lowbrow, lowest common denominator kind of, it's, it is very childish. And I'm talking high level journalists, people in, in administrative positions, people in government. And when they shut down the conversation during COVID, as I keep telling you, what they did was they effectively, everybody who had any integrity, even if they were wrong, by the way, who had the courage to say, I don't know, I think you might be wrong. They were cast aside and called dangerous, conspiracy theorists, misinformers. And the people that remained after all that kind of fell aside were the people that were either too stupid to know they were wrong. And I'm only speaking about the cases where we now know they were wrong. They were either too dumb to see that they were wrong. Or they didn't care for for numerous reasons. They were paid because they because they have you know politically invested. Who knows? But so that is that is not just COVID. Understand? So as we're talking about this conversation, realize that when we get into this, and we're talking about the way that the media and everyone's covering this, you get these arguments that like when I laugh about how they're like Putin wants to do this. Putin just has designs to take over the world. It's like, are you really trying to argue legitimately on a mainstream platform that you know what he wants? 
Like, can't, I just can't even believe how stupid that is and how they don't think it's stupid. They somehow think they're intelligent because that's what everybody knows. Okay, so we're getting to the situation where they're now just going, you're all this way because that's what it's acceptable. And if I say it, I get patted on the head. And that you have journalists that have this high-minded opinion of themselves that are st- putting out the lowest childish arguments I've ever seen in my life. Now, before we get to that, oh, and oh, what I was going to say too is that ultimately this didn't, it, there was problems, which by the way, it seems to happen all the time. Spaces is not that well designed in my opinion. And ultimately it causes you know, problems. People don't understand it. They don't know how they have to do it. They, and there's really no instructions that well placed anywhere. So people step into it and they're like, oh, I didn't know what to do. So what happened apparently was they started it and DeSantis, the, the audio wasn't working and they had to restart it, I, whatever. And so everyone's lucky, yucking it up, acting like, oh, he's going to run the country, but he can't run spaces. Like, it's just so stupid. It's just, it is, it's low, it's lowbrow, it's childish. But Linda Yaccarino steps up to try to make this a big deal and says, live news on Twitter. <gasps> History in the making. Did you hear that, guys? Never before have we had live news on Twitter. We're about to change the world. <laughs> Come on, guys. Really? Like, either she's just shamelessly trying to make this something that's not, or she's not aware that that's how this works. Great. She runs Twitter now. The point is, hey, what is this? What's this weird little Twitter thing? Why is that next to her name? Maybe because she works for Twitter? That's, yeah, that's probably what it is. In any case, the point is, live news on Twitter, guys, that is quite literally what Twitter is. Now, whether we're talking about the spaces, which does also happen, where people report things or people are making you know videos of real-time information, that's quite literally what it's always been. But see, what I think what they're trying to do is act like, well, this is the new new. This is the real stuff. Everybody else is just a bunch of mindless people you shouldn't be paying attention to. History in the making. Well, I don't even, what about this is history at all? It's just a new medium is all it is. And not even really that. The fact that the pre- Donald Trump was doing things on Twitter last time. It's, 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 just, it's odd, right? It's, just, it's always so much, so much, it's just interpersonal stuff. I don't think it's a big deal, but I still think it's just manipulative. But in the, on one point on the election, as Sal Agra shares, hey, they cheated in the last election, which I think we all should know they've always done that on all sides. As far back as you want to look, I don't know why we can't just be honest about that with each other. But then he goes, well, we better vote them out this time. <laughs> so perfect. I lo- This is one of my favorite arguments that I love to get. Like people will, will argue to the death. Like we'll get a conversation with somebody, especially a Republican right now, or maybe just the same exact thing, but going back to when Trump was elected, right? It's funny how they don't, you know, <laughs> how dare you undermine the elections, except we got cheated from Trump. You know, it's just so stupid. But. If you think they cheated, which one side says Russia elected somebody, the other side says that, you know, that, that, that it was stolen from them. If you think that, explain for me why in the world you think you can vote this time. Which seemingly is missed on most of these people. I don't, it's because we have been brainwashed by this. We don't understand. People will talk about how everything's cheated and they cheat this and they lie that and ballot stuffing and all this. And then you ask them, are you going to vote? Oh, I got to vote. You have to. It's like, what are we missing here? You clearly see that it's not, it, it, even if it's just the broken pieces, I think the system's completely co-opted. In any case, I can go off on this forever. The point is that it's silly to think that we can vote harder in a system where you realize it's being cheated. Can, uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with this person, but I just saw the tweet that I like. Catherine Brodsky says, in, in, this is in the, quote, news section of Vanity Fair, which why anybody would read the news section or at all read Vanity Fair. A paper I had once dreamed about, dreamt, once dreamt of writing for, and I'm appalled. 
Note phrases like, David Duke wasn't available, and other neo-Nazi sympathizers weren't available. These are words being thrown around wildly and irresponsibly. This is what I was just talking about. Like little verbal assassins. Target one's reputation. So, okay, so this is just like you might think. This is about Ron DeSantis. After many months refusing to confirm what so many people already suspected, which is how that works every time, and just like I tell you every time, what they do? Announcement! DeSantis is going to announce this tomorrow. <laughs> then why did you just do it now? Or not say anything until tomorrow? Because we're being trained like animals. It's embarrassing. But Ron DeSantis will reportedly announce on Wednesday that he's running for president. If I were in these positions, I would do that every other day and then not do it <laughs> forever. Tomorrow, I'm going to announce this. Oh, didn't do it. And then make them look stupid for saying, he's going to do it. No, I just be, you know, it's just funny. But he goes on to say, and that's not all. He is said to be planning to formally jump into the race during the conversation on Twitter with Elon. Comma, because apparently other neo-Nazi sympathizers weren't available. Guys, this is, not that Vanity Fair should be taken seriously, but this is high-level media. And that's not, that's not just allowed, that's praised like some kind of pithy snipe at this person. That's stupid. You are literally conflating a, a presidential candidate with neo-Nazi sympathizers simply because he went on Twitter and talked with Elon Musk. You know, you know, you mean Elon Musk, who's literally right now allowing Starlink to be used by the largest fascist Nazi entities on the planet that you're all completely funding and screaming and you have a, not a, a Ukraine flag in your bio, but he's the neo-Nazi sympathizer? It's just, this, these, this is my point. These people either are too stupid to really see how clearly dumb that is or don't care for a numerous reasons. I don't know what the answer is. But think about how these people are all chanting that they're all neo-Nazi sympathizers while they're all funding what's happening in Ukraine or trying to make that happen. Here's another example. of just, Here's just a headline. He announces bid with Elon Musk. Apparently, David Duke wasn't available. Like, they think they're so funny. It's just, it's sad. It is really sad. And the, and the point is they all high-five themselves like they're the top of the conversation. I, I wonder truly whether they realize how dumbed down they've become or they're just, this is just part of the agenda. But here's another thing on Twitter I wanted to point out before we go on to the bigger topic of the transgender conversation, which is going to take the bulk of the show today. So make sure you sit, you know, it's, it's a hard conversation. We're going to get into it in depth. But... I wanted to share this because there's something very fishy going on on Twitter for me, or just in general. I think for everybody, there's an account. Called, this this is uh, Matt Wallace. Oh, that's right. I'm going to show you the other thing first. So first of all, just so you can see here, I was blocked by him, and he's hiding my comments, kind of what I was alluding to before. And what ultimately happened was he came out with something about Epstein and. Bill Gates, and it was just a complete absurd grift, and I'll prove it to you right now. Community Notes even called it a grift. Everybody underneath it's like, well, there's nothing even in there. Five Times August just, just chimed in just going, don't disappoint, because, you know, he just wants to see what he had to, to, to say. And then I followed up just going like, why are you giving this guy any credit? He's, it's ridiculous. And then that's when he blocked it, and Five Times August says, yeah, oh, wow, I can see it. He's, I never even watched it until just now, and it turns out he is hiding it. There it is. That's crazy. You know. So anyway, let's look at what he had to say, and there's a reason I'm pointing this out. Because there's, I genuinely think on Twitter in particular, there's an effort to kind of raise up some of these people that they want us to see as the, the right. Or, you know, but pe basically people like us 
to, you know, having, which there's a lot of us having objective conversation and seeing beyond the two party illusion and then being framed as the way these people are. I genuinely think there's an agenda here. Now, here I have to go back to the um, an incognito window to show you this because I'm blocked. So here it started with this. It's over. Just obtained, by the way, this happens all the time. Now, there was somebody else that's associated with the, this, the new, I think it's going to be the next vac, um, uh, pandemic video, I think. I'm not sure. Or at least he's kind of trailing all of that and acting like he's involved with it. But he put this, he, he keeps putting these things out in all caps. Everything will come down once this comes out. And my point is, guys, I almost, I almost shared it just because I, just, I didn't, I didn't want to cause a division. I, you know, bottom line was, my point was going to be, anytime you, oh, the thing was, well, anyway, I was trying to remember how the framing went. It was something like, you know, these facts are for sure. <laughs> and like, number one. And my point was going to be, these facts are for sure. Anytime somebody does this, it almost it, you're not going to get anything from it. Almost every time somebody goes, oh, my God, it's all going to come down and everything's going to go and it's going to be exposed. And it's just it's and these things are getting raised up by Twitter. It's not even my opinion. And it's not, I'm not talking just because it's getting popular. It's because it's being promoted by Twitter. And so I followed up and said, why are you giving this clown any credence? Nothing but grifting on very serious and important topics. His point was about Bill Gates and Ep this Epstein girl. Now, look, there's a conversation. I mean, that was in the Daily Mail, like the next day. So it's not like he has some unique information. That aside, I'm not saying it's not something that we should be looking into or that there may not be something there. My point is about how it's being taken advantage of. People want information and people like this are grifting and being rewarded for it. Which, by the way, that's free speech. I'm not saying he should be censored, not even remotely. But he says, yes, I'm seeing that now. So just so you know, Five Times August is also aware of this now. Haven't watched his stuff until just a moment ago. And I said, sometimes it's hard to tell if they're just bad at what they do or simply dishonest. But this one has been proven itself to be willfully deceptive. And then he hides all of my responses. And then, of course, this person down here says the same thing. Well, he fact-checked him and he got blocked. Liar and a grifter. Now, here is what it was. Just It's It's over. <laughs> I just obtained a video that shows Bill Gates took advantage of the Epstein girl. That's a huge claim to make. Now, to be quite clear, from even from the perspective of somebody like Gates, well, you could literally reach, I mean, especially with all the resources, it wouldn't be hard to put this person behind bars. Not that I'm saying that should happen because free speech, but because you're slandering or whatever. Like, it seems like a very, very, very dangerous game to play to come out with that kind of statement for people that are billionaires, <laughs> right? Especially when you don't have anything. Now watch what he writes here. This shocking footage I will obtain will be put in Bill Gates, will put Bill Gates in prison. Here's the video he's sharing telling you, watch this because it's going to end everything. I've been gathering evidence on some of the richest and most powerful people on earth for years now. And all of it is about to come to light starting tonight with bill gates as i'm about to show you a video that will change the way that you see bill gates forever as you may or may not have heard he is currently involved in a scandal where he had an affair with mila antonova and je aka evil jeffrey bribed him and tried to blackmail him to get more money out of him through this but the footage i'm about to show you takes this and brings it to an entirely different level now, there are two parts to this footage. The second part is so intense that I'm not allowed to post it publicly on YouTube. Therefore, I'm going to have no choice but to post it for subscribers only. So if you would like to help and see part two of this, you do need to go ahead and click subscribe. With the notifications on, you're welcome to unsubscribe. Which costs money, by the way.
subscribe after you see the clip. I'm not asking you to stay. I just want to make sure that this gets seen by as many people as possible. We will continue to fight and expose these people until each and every one of them is held accountable for the crimes that they have committed. Take a listen to this video right here. So when they think about bridge, we also imagine the old ladies like that, right? So everyone think that it's only for my grandma play or my aunt play. But look at these guys. Do I look like an old person to you? I'm talking about Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Warren Buffett started played bridge since he was 13 years old. And you know what? They donated a million dollars to promote bridge at schools. And she's clearly, in this footage, which was never supposed to see light of day, they tried very hard to hide it. This was never supposed to come out. Clearly, with great shame, she mentions the $1 million donation. What exactly did Bill Gates make her do to get that $1 million donation? And if it was a 5013C donation, and he received something in exchange for it, we all know it's highly illegal to treat charity. My God. You see, these people are flipping dangerous, man. Like, so not only are you showing a video that is publicly accessible and acting like it's not and simply cropping it out and then what she's literally saying there, and I'm not even getting into the real topic about the conversation. There's something to this conversation about her saying that these people play bridge because she's a professional player or something like that. And, and by, by simply by virtue of it, her stating these people's names, what did they make them do? Was it a bribe? I mean, this is terrible. This is the worst kind of manipulation. This is not journalism. This is literally grifting based on the back of one of the most important topics that is very serious about what is really going on behind the scenes with, the, with Bill Gates or specifically with people like Jeffrey Epstein. The po- but then, of course, the point is that behind subscriber, and it, I've been doing this for years, and it's all about to come out. I mean, come on, guys. I am not saying this person should be censored. What I'm saying is... It's obviously a problem that people like this, who now this person, based on his engagement with Elon Musk, literally has over a million followers. And this is the peak of his work. This is the kind of stuff you will see everywhere you look. Or or, if not this, kind of scooping up other things that are publicly available and uh, juxtaposing them in a way that makes it seem like it's something. And then framing it like breaking news, everything's going to come burning down. And you watch it, you're like, none of this is even new. It's very frustrating as ways to gain things, especially in a fair. So this is why we're going to continue to investigate this and look further into it. As you can see, Bill Gates, pictured right here with Mila Antonova, they have been at the center of this controversy, at the center of the scandal, as we have seen information after information coming out about this. It is. I mean, come on. We have seen information after information coming out about this. Guys, this person doesn't even have, it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to be, the point is, this is really bad. If you, I mean, I don't understand how an intelligent person, first of all, could be grifted by something this ridiculous. But either way, it, it is, the problem is it's the people that aren't able to see through it. And that's what's most concerning. But as it says here, right, even, even Twitter, no proof is offered in the video to what the author is claiming. And it, by the way, it's also not in anything else you can find according to anybody else who actually went through subscribing. It's all through the comments that he hides in this discussion which you can see there's plenty of them. I'll show you in a second. The point is that there is no nothing in the first one, nothing in the second one. It is all a complete manipulation. And yet somehow this continues to rise to the top. Receiving section exchange for a 501c3 donation is hugely, highly illegal. Where is that even coming from? Now, I'm in no way arguing it's not possible. Obviously, Jeffrey Epstein is not even, it's obvious the, the, the conversation of all of the stuff we've gotten into and whether Bill Gates is potentially you know, guilty or, or accountable for these type of things, but the trips to uh, the, the island, 
or even the overlap with all the kind of things we know he's associated with. It's certainly possible, but to argue that that's the proof there, like it almost bothers me that it makes it in some backward way that I feel like I'm defending Bill Gates, which is the absolute last thing we're doing on this platform. But it's simply saying, if this was, in fact, what happened, then he's going to prison. <laughs> well, sure. If it's, in fact, any other things that are illegal, will that be illegal too? My, my God. Now it says, is Bill Gates paying people who work for the community notes? This is the, the level of his intellect. Well, because somebody points out you're lying and there's nothing in there. Now, the best thing to do is go, they're being paid off by Bill Gates. Where's the evidence of that? There is none. Shocking. This community note is utterly false. No, it's not. Easy to prove. Subscribing to my YouTube channel is completely free, and I never requested anyone pay anything to see the second video. The point is, all of this is manipulation. And the bottom line is, whether or not it was even being paid for or not, the point is, there is nothing in there that is the accumulation of some years of work showing you anything. It's problematic. Now, here are just all the many, many, many comments that are being hidden underneath this post. People don't hide comments unless they're being dishonest. I, and the, the biggest problem is the, what this last part is, and this is what I was mentioning a while ago. I think I actually accidentally said it was uh, SMS messaging when I first brought this up, which was just my, I just said the wrong thing. Whatever, what, what would you call this again? It's a, you know, like, like the app, directly advertising on your phone or giving you notifications. But here's the problem. Not only... Am I blocked by this guy? I'm not following this guy. Still, I get a direct notification from Twitter on my phone. This was after. This was after all this happened. So explain that to me. Why is Twitter putting this on my home? And same with all the other garbage put out by this person. Despite him being blocked by him, but also not following him. There's something going on here, guys. And my large point is that I believe people like this are being propped up. Because they want the illusion, if, if my opinion is correct, to be that this is the epitome of the independent media. It's sad. Now, on that note, when we talk about things like the transgender conversation, of course, it gets buried by the kind of work like this. By people in this kind of field that are being hyper-partisan, hyperbolic, and you know, misrepresenting the information or just showing you one side of it. We have to be very careful because it's everywhere. But you have the two-party paradigm that really does cause the biggest problem in all of this. Or the biggest problem in literally everything. But here is Ashley Winter, MD, saying the whole queer people are groomers thing is a lie. Well, that's, things, statements like that are impossible. So you're telling me it's impossible that a person who is queer could not also be a pedophile or a sexual predator? Well, we literally know that's not true. It's literally verifiable, which I'll show you shortly, that it's happening or it can happen. I'm not in no way suggesting that means everybody in these categories are, because that would be equally stupid. But here we are in this game where one side says it doesn't exist. The other side said it's literally all of them. And that's how the conversation goes. And then we get framed by one or the other, right? So I come out and I say, well, wait a minute, there's more nuance here. Okay, so this side says that I'm a right-wing conspiracy theorist because I'm not siding with it that it doesn't exist. The other side says I'm a, a, a woke pedophile supporting creep because I say that it's not everywhere. It's unreal how the truth gets buried by this, and I can't believe we can't see it by now or that some still can't see it. I believe most are beginning to. But here she says the whole thing is a lie. It's made up. It's called scapegoating. Like, we don't know that term. It's like scapegoating, in quotes. It's what Nazi Germany did with Jews. If, of course, 
we'll come back to this. This is the, in this clumsy overlap right now to try to argue that anybody who is concerned about the, tra- the, the sexualization of children or even just further people that you argue are just anti-trans, how that somehow is this direct overlap with white supremacy and Nazism. That, it's very clumsy, but they're definitely pushing that forward. Well, and we'll come back to that. There's a bunch of this conversation about white supremacy, the most lethal threat, and how white transphobia is at the heart of the white power movement. There's no, it's absurd, other than just to argue that they, because they're racist and bigoted, that they also have bigots for these people. Or that's not the way to put that, that they're also bigoted toward these people. Certainly possible, obviously, but it's not, it's, it's like saying that DeSantis is a Nazi because he went on Twitter. You know, that's the kind of lowbrow, that's the, the, the current level of the corporate media journalism. Not every single person, but the majority of it coming from the companies that run them. But if you believe that, she says you're being brainwashed by fascists. <laughs> you got to love that. There's fascists on all sides of this broken paradigm. But what's funny about it is they all point at each other. You're the Nazi. You're the fascist. <laughs> it's just meanwhile, they're all funding Nazis in Ukraine. It's just hilarious and very, very sad. Of course, these kind of these are always funny. I, I love these little golden books. I still have I think I've got a bunch still saved from when I was growing up. The real ones. But it says everybody I don't like is Hitler. You know, it's just that is the kind of reductive arguments we're seeing today. And that they're being not just allowed, but promoted, praised, that it's courageous to be that short-sighted, right? Well, here's another side of this. Now, I'm not in any way arguing this is the only two sides or whatever, but just kind of trying to give you examples from both sides. One side saying that none of that's even possible, while the other side, again, and it's just one example of it, there's plenty of multifaceted opinions on all sides, is that, well, it's just the left, and all the people involved in it. And they're all just a bunch of weirdos. And I was like, that's kind of the sentiment here. I'll let you listen to it for yourself. But saying it's time for us to give a big double-barreled FU to the left. And, and it just doesn't, it, it doesn't matter whether you see this as being, you know, look, I can prove to you that there's plenty of people on the left who very clearly push this ideology. But there's plenty of people I can also prove to you are, if you want to call the left, that don't feel that way or many of them that don't see themselves on either side, but that they might call the left. The problem is that this is about division. Very, very, very clearly division everywhere you look. And the bottom line is, regardless of the truth, as I said, I'll I'll read my next comment, in what he's saying, that ultimately dividing us is one of the primary objectives. As I said, for those uh, who will no doubt willfully miss the point, as I just said, division, 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 everything he's discussing matters which is why I keep discussing it. But it's the illusion that this is being done by anything other than the government. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't individuals. What I mean, though, is that the individuals are being driven, manipulated, guided, led by these government manipulations, the psychological operations. I mean, all of it. That is the biggest problem we have. Framing it the way he's doing so makes it about Americans as opposed to the power structure, which is likely the point. Here's what he says. It's time for us to... um give a big double barreled fuck you to the left um pardon the language here folks uh why do we give a shit about what the left is saying so you're telling me that the well just right there what do you what do you mean so you're asking why you should care what the other half of the country thinks in the way that they frame it obviously i think the majority of the country is in neither side right now but think about the 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 reductive sort of willfully ignorant stance that that recreates so so we're not why would we even care what they think well okay explain to me how exactly you're supposed to get things done in the system we pretend works when you're not even working with the other half of congress who you need to make things happen 
This becomes about this kind of mindset where the, now we're, we're literally going to the point to where the right is battling the left, right? So we're like civil war level at this point, whether ideologically or kinetic. The point is that they're like, well, we can't even work with them. So what it becomes is this aggressive battle back and forth, ebbing and flowing for the end of time where they're acting like there's an end in sight. All we got to do is vote a little bit harder. We're going to win all the votes and we can get then we can do what we want. Well, when has that ever happened? So what do you mean? Why should we even care what they say? This is, I mean, I, personal opinion. I don't know how that can't be dishonest. What, how, how can we really stand back and argue that we should just ignore everybody who says something on one side of the paradigm? Like even from my perspective, where I see all of you guys as completely lost, I still listen to what people are saying because if you don't, it's a guaranteed step into, well, you, you are not allowing any dialogue, man. How exactly do you plan to change anything? Because not everybody's dishonest, guys. There's plenty of people out there that are just confused. And if you listen to and you act like this, you're guaranteeing that those confused people will simply end up on the wrong side or end up digging in and divided anyway, as opposed to maybe just going, well, let's talk about this. What do you think? Well, here's why I think you're wrong. And yeah, a lot. That's a very difficult thing to happen today. I, I see it, too. But it's not impossible. And if you don't want to fight for that, you don't want to fight for anything other than your political side. And that is childish to me. I'd recommending genital mutilation, uh, saying we should put kids in shit schools and in inner cities for generations that have no chance of prosperity. The side that won't pay a freaking dime in extra taxes themselves, that demands they sit on their fat asses and do nothing all day while you support them through your meritocratic work, that we should take them seriously. And how is that any different than the right side of the paradigm, guys? Like we're not funding them with our tax dollars and they're not sitting in Congress with their high salaries. With their not- I mean, it's just so frustratingly binding. It's obviously not as simple as that. There's so much more going on. When, oh, look, you guys are the fascists because there's an infant child that does nothing, that's done nothing wrong. We're not going to suck its brains out and you want to do something to stop. I don't really give a shit what the left says. So, I, I- right. Like, so, and so that's the level of the conversation, right? So there's no middle ground. There's no people having middle, like the idea that it's either extreme sucking baby brains out death or versus not at all. That's my point, guys. There is a nuanced conversation here. Now, both sides call me something based on their perception of where they think I fit into this, which is also ridiculous. But I truly believe there's a lot of people in the middle of all of this that maybe side one way or the other, but that don't have the extreme, ridiculous, partisan kind of perception that we're talking about here. It's impossible to think that everybody is in two sides. We need to see past this by now. That's what Steve and I always talk about, the idea that the the biggest voting block are people that completely see through the two-party paradigm. It's time to change this. I, I don't, I'm not suggesting you do. I'm just saying, like, if you want cutesy time and stuff, like, I'm definitely not your guy because I give zero fuck. So my point in there, again, was that not what he's talking about is some of the points anyway are things that matter. Like, I'm specifically talking about the transgender point, but it's more so about it's, it's important. It is paramount today that we are objective and that we look, we, we speak as, 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 objectively as possible just because how how so many people out there are being driven to hate like just think about how interesting it is you have an entire side that's screaming that hate speech is unacceptable while promoting hate everywhere about the people that they don't like so in, in this one case what are we talking about russians and white people apparently but those are the okay acceptable hates today you're allowed to hate them and in some cases, maybe Asian people in certain locations, you know, you're allowed to hate them. Moments ago, it was all Muslims. But, you know, now we're getting in a different direction. The point is that it's just not the acceptable hate, which just shows you how hypocritical all of this is. 
But here is the misrepresentation of this. Now, let's get into the breakdown of all this, right? So just kind of framing it like kind of two sides, right? We're going to get into the groomer part of this and the allegations about whether it's, you know, all or nothing. We're going to get into the concept about what's going on with the mutilation and how wrong this is for so many different reasons. But let's start with this discussion for Business Insider. North Carolina governor declares state of emergency, which to me is more and more seeming like a deceptive framing than an actual declaration. I'll show you what I mean, unless I'm missing something. But let's just say, just by taking it at face value, the idea that a governor can declare a state of emergency because they're, they're proposing bills that we don't like. That's literally what this says. Declaring a state of emergency over extreme education bills. Well, they're not extreme. It's the same stuff we just talked about. Of course, in their minds, those they, they think that it's just a secret way to get what they want, but doesn't matter whether you think that they want something behind the bill is very clear the bill is not going we don't like any trans people we're not going to allow any trans person to have any treatment no it is about children it is about stopping the teaching of certain things to children that are not the point is that it's, it's in line with everything we've always done before this in the concept of you know consent and children being able to understand things at a certain age and i'll show you again for the hundredth time i did an entire show I mean, I'll just maybe just grab that about uh, DeSantis's. There it is. Slate of hate bills, they called it, which is just so ridiculous. Now, I pointed out things in his bills that I thought were problematic, sort of arguing that they should teach people the virtues of heterosexual relationships, which, you know, you may agree with. And quite honestly, I would because I agree with that. But the point is that you can't then just go the other way and be like, well, you can't teach this, but you can you have to teach people that may be gay that they teach. It's sort of like going back so far to where they used to try to teach gay people how to not be gay. Like, it seems like a very interesting step. Like, if if it seems like a choice, quite frankly, if DeSantis had made that and just left those things out, it would have been a completely like you would have had absolute support from anybody objective. Because what you're saying in there is very correct. And I'll, I'll go over it generally again. <clears throat> My point is that I feel like some of these things are intentional. It's meant to kind of ebb and flow. But that one point aside, DeSantis' entire bills, which you can, you can go over this in here, that they're referencing are not even remotely what they're framing them as. As attacks on transgender rights. No, it's not. And whether you think they want that or not, and it's certainly possible, it is very carefully worded. So you can't argue it's about that. And that's where you get into what they think and feel and wink, wink, what they really mean. It's ridiculous. Here's what it says in the article. In response to a wave of extreme legislation proposed by Republicans in the state, North Carolina Governor Ray Cooper declared a state of emergency. Now, it's in quotes for a reason, I think, for its education system on Monday. Because as I look into this, I can't, I'm in refresh in case something changed. Here's emergency declarations for North Carolina. And as far as I can tell, the very last one was on September 21st, 2018. Unless these were these are these from this year. Let me double check. I don't think so. I think it was the older ones. Yeah, 2018. So what's weird is they had this string of all these. It's all like weather related. So where is it? It's interesting, isn't it? That's strange. But then here's the actual post we'll read in a second where it literally lists this right up here. Has declared that the, the, the education essentially in a state of emergency. That's very strange. Health education crisis. Is there, or is it just because people are passing bills or suggesting them that you don't like? Like, isn't that kind of anti-governmental or rather specifically anti-democratic process, the way they frame it? So instead of engaging with it and like, is, let me ask you this. If 
90% of the, the state wanted bills that you thought were extreme. Are you supposed to stop that? Well, in the mind of the government today, yes, because the lie is that it's about what everybody wants. No, they're telling you what you're supposed to want. And if you don't want that, then you're a bad person today. And, you know, maybe you agree with them. I don't know. I disagree. I think choice is paramount. But what's interesting is we know very well that if North Carolina stood up and 90% of them said, we want a bill that says black people aren't allowed in our country or our state, which would be ridiculous, racist, disgusting, right? But from a Democratic perspective, how are we supposed to, that's what, isn't that what they voted for? Obviously, that's an absurd kind of extreme analogy. But think about it from this construct or construct context. If we have people passing these bills, is it right for him to declare a state of emergency because he personally disagrees with them? It just exposes the illusion, guys. We don't live in a representative government. These people are in charge, and it has nothing to do with what you want. Their lobbyists are far more in, in, involved with dictating the actions, as we've shown many times. We're going back to this. Cooper pointed out six bills now moving through the North Carolina legislature. Two related to private school vouchers, which is a different conversation we'll mention at the end. It has to do with private schools, despite him sending his kids to private schools. He's you know hypocrite. And four, that would give politicians and parents more control over what material is allowed in school curriculums. Oh, no. Why wouldn't we want that? The idea that we're supposed to allow the, the, the state to dictate and decide what your children are taught without your involvement is what they're pretending is normal today. It's not. This has rapidly switched and changed over the years, and now we're at a point where they're acting like you're a racist or a bigot if you step up and go, wait a minute, that's inappropriate. Conservatives, they, the, the article goes on, conservatives across the country have pushed to remove books and other materials that they disagree with from schools over the past year. Now, here's what's hilarious. They really want you to take from that, you know, book burning, Nazis, right? That's kind of the sentiment. And you know, that's, a, that's not my opinion. That's kind of the way they frame that anywhere you talk about this, with, they're willing to be more extreme about their words. That they're burning books and they don't want to allow, well, they're not. that's not what's happening. In fact, you can show far, far, far more examples of the left, not to make it a partisan point, but you can show that throughout the last so many years, very clearly getting rid of books and materials and different magazines and all sorts of things because they felt it was a racist. But, okay, so because their excuse is acceptable, that so the point is narrative is one thing. Well, what happened? Well, they burned books. They got books banned from hospital, from, from libraries and books banned from schools that they thought were had racist connotations. It's the same point from a different reasoning. You're still removing books. Now, on this side of it, what we're showing is not just books they disagree with. We're talking about books that I've shown you, books that are very graphic and showing you sexual content, content to children. In fact, books that you about gay relationships, and you open in the middle of a book, and it's literally talking about fellatio, and these books are being given to five and six and seven-year-olds. It's amazing that anybody pretend that makes sense. Now, the point is that not all of them, but it's happening. And that's, the ma that's what really matters. It says, in, in, in some cases, um, to be clear, and in some states it says, Wisconsin, Idaho, lawmakers have introduced laws that would strip teachers and librarians of their protections against penalties for distributing harmful materials to minors. Think about that sentence. Why would we want protections for the in the event that they give harmful material to minors. I mean, it's just amazing the way this is even framed. So they give something that we did that we deem sexually ex explicit to a child. And that's deemed harmful, but we're protecting them because they have that right. No, they don't. That's incredible. 
In Florida, the state legislature passed the so-called don't say gay bill, which is I went over how absurd the framing of that was. It's the bottom line is the same thing. It is about teaching the gender ideology information, like basically going they're going back to the basic biological teaching of sexual education. I don't know how that's wrong. It's amazing to me that this is where we are. What they're trying to stop is this subjective, very, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, except we're made this way at the same time, right? So the problem is that that is what they're trying to get past and saying, and that gets turned into, don't say gay, because gay is bad. That's not what they're actually saying. I'm sure some people think that, even the ones involved. But at the end of the day, it is about a line being drawn between what's being done to children at times when people think it's inappropriate. And very clearly, the majority does feel it's inappropriate which prohibits the discussion of LGBTQ topics in classrooms. Well, that's not even entirely accurate. It's really just about the, uh, the teaching, you know, the pronouns and the, the, you know, you can take hormones and become a girl tomorrow if you want to like that kind of stuff. And I went over explicitly exactly what it said in the bill. It also passed a law that forces teachers to pay union dues through mail-in checks. It says several similar bills have made their way through Congress as well, such as the protect child innocence act. That's, that's the title. I, I, I actually, what's funny is typically you read it and it's probably the exact opposite for, for government, but no, you read it. It's exactly what it is. And I'm no fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she's the one that passed this and I'll, I'll introduce it and I'll read it to you next. Here's what they said, which if passed would ban institutions of higher learning from providing instruction on gender affirming care. A lot of wordplay there. Of course, they just forgot, I imagine, to, to include the fact that it's children when you hear higher institutions, you think college. That's a lie. It's not about, it's about children and minors being given instruction on how to alter their bodies surgically and through, st- that's, in a, the point is that if we won't allow them to have conversations about other things because they're not ready, that's so far beyond the pale. And we're going to get into why this is dangerous. If you think this is all we're getting into, guys, you don't know the show well enough. We're going to get into the not how all of these people are doing all the same thing, but that there's enough reason to consider how this could be a problem where where there is grooming taking place of these kind of children, where there are examples, endless amount of examples of people that wake up when they're 30 and go, I can't believe I made this mistake. And that is happening. I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm not even I don't even know if it's the majority, but I do know it's happening. So if we know that's happening, if we can see that children are being swept up in the political fervor and the the fad that this is. And making decisions based on the fact that, hey, I just want to today. It's okay. You can always come back. No, you can't. That's, in fact, even what they're being taught. Oh, you want to remove your breasts today? You can get them back later. Well, no, you can't. Not the same way and not with the same function. But it goes on to say, Cooper, a Democrat, declared the state of emergency during a press conference on Monday, asking North Carolinans to contact their state legislature to complain about the recently introduced bills, bills that haven't even passed yet. But you're going to declare a state of emergency because bills were introduced? Like, am I I wrong in literally saying that that is childish? This is like stomping your feet and going, no, I can't allow this because it's not what I want. Isn't there a process? Aren't we the ones that are told to to go through the process, go vote and go make a difference in the process? Well, that's not what we're doing here. This is circumventing the process because you don't like what's happening. Which I'll actually come back to this, but I wanted to show this one clip here that makes me think of that right now as we're talking about it. Hold on, wherever I put this. Hold on, somewhere way down the line. Right here. Check this out. I'll I'll just play the video for you. This is a Democrat Nebraska state senator. And this is my point about the level of intellect and the level of 
the, 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 the intelligence of the conversation right now is incredible. Low is what I mean. Guys, that is somebody who's unhinged. That woman has lost her mind. Now, I'm not saying because of her political stance. I'm saying because of the way she's conducting herself. The lack of decorum, the idea that we're supposed to pretend that you can stand there and repeatedly scream like a child throwing a tantrum, the same thing over and over, like that's going to affect change in any way. It's, it's embarrassing. And the point is, she's either clearly identified this as a way to rapidly raise her political career by using this political moment, or she really believes that's how you're supposed to conduct yourself. Either way, it's kind of scary. That's, that is an actual political representative. Now, whether that was truly voted or not, you know, the point is, this is breaking people, and this is the level of the conversation right now. Don't forget, we not too long ago, we were, what was happening? The shaking of the cans of bolts and, you know, clapping your hands and not letting people speak. It's the same dumb thing here. Now, that is a person standing up and taking her entire... St- so she's voted in, so we're, let's pretend like that's how this happened. And so she's supposed to represent the people, all of the people. And yet she stands up and takes her entire time to represent 1% of the population, or most likely less than that. 7% all told and said and done LGBTQ entirely. One fraction of that is the trans community. So that's all she cares about, apparently, because that's all you're supposed to care about right now. And she's going to scream and chant and jump up and down at you. And who is telling them they don't belong here? Some people, sure. Well, there's some people that say that certain races don't belong here. Why aren't we talking about that? The point is, this is hyper-focused. There will always be racism. There will always be bigots. There will always be people that attack and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we should deal with that appropriately. Not censorship. If they commit a crime, hold them accountable, period. If it's something that hurts your feelings, grow up, move on. The problem here is that this is the reality of the conversation where she's going to scream this over and over and act like what's happening is that that's the, the, the opposite. That they don't belong here and they don't have any rights and they, don't, they have the same rights as everybody else. What's trying to be done here is adding new things under the guise that we're removing things. It's outrageous. Now it says the second bill will prohibit schools from promoting certain concepts. Of course, they don't want to get into that because when you tell you, when you outline what the concepts are, people are going to go, whoa, that's, yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be taught to children, but they don't say that in there. Among them is the concept that one race, and this is the one they will talk about, and I find this hilarious to me because what they're actually saying, I'll just read it and you'll see what I mean. Among them is the concept that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. So what they're saying is the bill would prohibit schools from promoting that concept. And another one is that an individual solely by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of that same race or sex. They're trying to stop that from happening. 
They want you to be able to express the concept that one race or sex is inherently superior to another. They understand what's being said right there, because what they're actually trying to argue is that it's racist for white people to not acknowledge that that is that there's somehow something. You know, this is my point. It's not just white people, but that's the way it's being framed in certain situations. A second bill would prohibit schools from having these concepts, promoting the concept that one race or sex is inherently superior. I mean, my God, you know what that's called? Racism. <laughs> the very definition of the word. And then the idea that we're supposed to accept the fact that, well, for, apparently for the rest of existence, you're supposed to be lesser than or responsible for actions of people that are long dead. Well, sure, we should have a valid and engaged conversation about what that actually means. And the, this, you know, point those to suddenly argue that you owe me something because of something that happened 100 years ago. It's, it's crazy, especially since from a personal perspective, I could tell you right now, well, if that's the case, then you would argue that I'm somehow racist by virtue of being alive, even though I know that's not the truth. But this is the kind of broken God. This is what is creating the kind of division that they want to use against us. They're simply saying, let education experts make the curriculum. Well, if that was the case, we'd be doing Common Core right now. Because the, reali the realization is they're not, the, the experts as usual are the ones that get kicked aside because they're not towing the political line. And then the ones that are left are the ones that are too dumb to know they're wrong or they don't care. And that's who ends up with Common Core. That's who ends up with the, the, everything we're talking about under the sun. So here is the public education crisis. Unfortunately, our public schools are under assault. Because bills have been introduced, the current General Assembly is considering extreme legislation that would cripple our public education system. A little hyperbolic, don't you think? Well, the point is they need to make it hyperbolic, just like every other thing under the sun, right? If, it's not, if, if right now, if you're not selling it as, if we don't do something now, we're all going to die, it's not catching their attention anymore, right? Oh, my God, Nazis are going to take over the country tomorrow. Oh, my God, climate change is going to kill us all tomorrow. We have to act irrationally for it. And we're the ones radicalizing people, right? Okay, well, here we are. State of emergency! It's going to collapse if they introduce any more bills I disagree with. These people are real. Governor Cooper is calling on you to contact them and complain. Here's how. Well, one they want you to do is tell them they want to invest in teachers and early childhood education, not tax cuts for the wealthy. Okay, well, where is this an emergency? Isn't that just policy? Use public money for public schools, not private academies. Okay, where's, show me where an emergency is beginning. Well, we know how flimsy this all gets with emergency. The point is here that it's about, the, it's obviously about the transgender overlap. Now, here's the bill that they were trying to tell you was racist or bigoted. Because Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Protect Child's Innocence Act. The bill places restrictions on the provision of gender-affirming care. So you'd, forget, you'd be forgiven if you thought it was being banned, like the way they want you to see it. It's not, which I, I don't think this should be allowed at all for children, ever. The point, though, is that the bill places restrictions, just restrictions, on whether they can get this care. Gender-affirming care, which, again, is absurd the way they frame that. It's like the Patriot Act. It's ridiculous. It's not gender-affirming. It's gender-altering. Includes performing, performing surgery, administering medication or performing other procedures for the purpose of the changing of the body of an individual to correspond to a sex that differs from the individual. Specifically, the bill makes it a felony to perform any gender-affirming care on a minor, and it permits a minor on whom such care is performed to be, take, to be able to take civil action against the person who provided that, you know, when they, if, if and when they wake up one day and realize it was a mistake. 
Finally, which that hopefully will make people think twice about pushing this on kids. Finally, the bill prohibits institutions of higher education from offering instruction in gender-affirming care. We're talking about kids. In any case, the bottom line is this is clearly politically motivated from every possible angle. Here's an example of that. David Levitt points out to this tweet saying, we better look before Elon deletes it, which I don't think he has. He says the intolerant left is driving people right. Now, there's a couple ways you could take this. Now, I do think that Elon is playing the game of the, you know, involving the left-right paradigm divide. But you could take this as something that doesn't have to be that way, right? He could just mean that there's an intolerant left and then the rest of it. But of course, you know, leave it to the paradigms to assume into everything they see in the way they want to see it. Because that's how intelligence works, right? Blindly assume what you want and then make a take. Like, that's, that's the paradigm for you guys. But it could mean all of it if you want to take it that way. And he simply says, you're spreading misinformation by calling the left intolerant. Okay, well, kind of an easy sell, but let's move past that. It's the right who are passing laws against the LGBT community. Oh, the entire right? Every single one of them? Like, all the left is intolerant? Stupid, but the entire right is doing that? You see how dumb this is? So it's okay to be subjective on one side, but not the other. It's, it's a game, and they're all part of it. But again, we could point out that these bills are not directed against anything other than the sexualization of children, but they don't care about that. If they were tolerant, they wouldn't care about anybody's race, gender, or sexual orientation is. Like, what's interesting about this, though, is that aren't you the ones that are actively arguing that certain races, like, so if you're a white person and you are inherently racist from some people's perspective on this conversation, does that get included? How is that not the same thing in reverse? The point is they all point at each other and say, you're the Nazi, you're the racist, you're the intolerant one, you're the, when they're all absurd. And the point is, your government is the problem. Your government is intolerant. Your government is dividing everybody. Jake says, only laws being passed is not to, you know, in right to surgery. Lillian Collins says, I don't understand why people see that as the big issue. Sorry, we want kids to wait until they're adults to make huge life-impacting decisions. Like, it's just so easy to see how simple that breaks down to. The only reason they argue that's somehow not acceptable is because this argument got inserted into the conversation, which is not scientifically backed, that somehow if you don't do this when you're a kid, that you miss out on something. Well, you also miss out on a lot of things if you do this when you're a kid and realize you made a mistake. But that doesn't matter, though. Now, let's go back to the grooming conversation. All right, so he, she's over here saying the whole thing is a lie, literally made up by Nazis, which is you or me, depending on if you are saying this is not true. So apparently to her, I'm a Nazi, which is just so absurd. But here's something, just, just a quick few, I mean, I just swept the top of the internet, just a couple of quick examples. You go ahead and type this in, you'll find an endless amount of information. Now, to be clear, you're going to find these on largely right-wing platforms because you're, lar you're largely not going to hear this even discussed on left-wing platforms, which the same thing happens in reverse, which is why the two-party paradigm is ridiculous. Regardless, if you care about the truth, you can look into this. You can find out that these are real things that did happen, as I did myself. Here's one from uh, what the post-millennial. Prominent New York trans activist arrested, charged with soliciting sex from minor. It's a real story, guys. It's not debatable. You can look it up for yourself. But because it's on this platform, people are like, oh, it's fake or whatever. Or they're probably misrepresenting it and then not care to look in to prove that. Because it's about allowing yourself to ignore something. 
Here's one first openly transgender representative in New Hampshire arrested, which did happen, for stalking woman with protective order for, for the second time since August. This, you know, obvious woman, apparently. That this is also real. Now, what I'm saying is not to suggest that everybody who is trans is somehow going to be a problem, but simply to point out that it is happening to some degree, whatever percentage you think that is. And if that is the case, which it clearly is, then we can't pretend it's not happening. Now, we do know. Now, to be very clear, if we're talking about groomers, we're talking about the argument that they're somehow, you know, grooming young children for sexual manipulation, which arguably is ultimately the same thing. If we're talking about this soliciting sex for a minor, it's the same conversation. The point is, it's obviously possible. Drag queen busted as a pedophile in undercover sting, 2019. I mean, this is a long, this is a while ago. Here's one, 2021. Transgender YouTube star downloaded child sex abuse images while running child care service. This is on Metro, UK. The point is, it's not it's not unique to any group. People are manipulators. People can be manipulators. People can be sexual predators. To argue it's only unique to, like, this is as stupid as saying it's only white males that are somehow the risk to, you know, shooters and so on, as we'll get into in a minute, while we have multiple trans shooters we don't talk about. Which doesn't mean that's all of them either, because that would equally be stupid. But here, New York City trans and HIV activist 39 is arrested for soliciting pedophile Hunter posing as a 14-year-old boy on Grinder, Asking him for oral sex and to meet up with him to do ecstasy to feel horny. This is, these are real people, guys. Transgender woman, 24. This is from uh, 2023. Who raped friend, we showed you this one, weeks after being released from prison for child sex offenses, is sentenced to nine years in men's jail which apparently is an affront to the transgender community. Not joking. People are saying that. Here's a fact check. Let's, get, let's, let's see what the fact check says from Snopes. Was a transgender woman convicted of sexually assaulting a young girl in a bathroom? So what that means is a man, a man in a woman's bathroom, just like a woman. Because we've already shown this, these, this example and plenty of others. We're not, I'm not even getting into the conversation of people who have gone through all of the surgeries, which is equally concerning if they're going to be a manipulator. Anybody can be. That we're, in the, we're in the don't you know, you know, trust woman moment of the trans conversation like we were with Kavanaugh. Remember where it was trust women and you weren't allowed to suggest that she might be lying or any woman might lie ever because that's crazy and you're racist or whatever. Same thing now. You're not allowed to suggest they might be because that means you're, it's, it's just it's the fervor that shows you a political agenda. But the point was that we have sent many examples of, of and we went over one that was really hard to, to discuss about children, like actual minors who were in the YMCA when a full, complete man who just says they're a woman walks in and is completely naked, fully, completely nude. With, with everything right in front of young children. And when they complain, they're, called, they're told they're being bigoted. I, I just don't even understand how anybody anywhere can act like that makes sense. Anywhere. Even people that argue that, 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 you know, that this should, bathroom should be neutral and whatever. Well, you're still talking about a situation with a grown man with his full penis on display in front of young little girls in a shower. At what world has it ever been acceptable? So the point is, here's an example. And Snopes is going to tell you, oh, it's mixed. Oh, why is it mixed? Well, let me explain. What's true about it was that a transgender woman, a man who calls himself Michelle, was convicted of sexual assaulting a young daughter of a friend in a bathroom in a home. Okay. 
Now, obviously, the point of this is they they are they're, they're insinuating that you are meant to believe this was in a neutral gender neutral bathroom. Well, that's not what it says, does it? It just says in a bathroom. So because you think people might assume you end up fact checking a true thing and making it being mixture, but it's not a mixture. The point was it was just it wasn't using a transgender bath. It wasn't because of the bathroom bill. Well, that's not what we're even talking about. So the point is, yes, a transgender woman or a man sexually assaulted a young girl in a bathroom. So really possible is the point. And overall, when we get into the, the grooming side of this, that there is a very real conversation being had from all sorts of high-level discussions right now about why this is something we should accept. Now, as much as that story is real, it gets really aggressively pushed back on by a lot of people. We've talked about this. Um, let me do this real quick. Search this real quick. I have an article I wrote a long time ago about New York Times normalizing pedophilia with acting. It's a disorder, not a crime. Let me just do this real quick. Well, you know what? It didn't pop up last time. Let me just do this. If the New York Times article pops up. Yep, there it is. Still there. It says it is, of course, that's behind a paywall now. God, jeez. The sad part about it is the, the image and everything about it is so creepy. It, it's just wrong. And the point is, even if you want to pretend that it's just a disorder, it's also still a crime. That's the crazy part about this. You don't just get to pretend. like It's like saying murder, being wanting to be a murderer is just a disorder. Yeah, well, it's also a crime. And then the, the idea were to argue that somehow by not acting on it that you're not a risk. Well, would we do that for a murderer? Would you be like, well, you know, just because you, I know we, you have urges to kill all the time, but you, you don't act on it. So we'll just let you be a function. That's, that's crazy. The, the, if the person has urges to murder people, then they have a problem and that needs to be dealt with. Now you can argue it's psychological, but in any case, they shouldn't be wandering around. We're talking about people who want to sexually abuse children. There's no way in the world that that should be allowed to be like, it's just okay. We should normalize that. Look at this picture. Like, like they're the ones struggling. Now, even if that's the case, I don't care, frankly. That's crazy to me. Now, here is Orwell Huxley's pointing out, this video is disgusting. And the comments are even worse. It's very clearly, I'm not going to get into it. You can watch it for yourself. This is a video. That's, this is literally the title. Jeffrey Epstein isn't sick. Turns out it's natural to be attracted to children. That's the title of this video. This, this woman is a, like a sex sexual re researcher or whatever. It's, it's unbelievable. So here's what we're going to get into next is the very interesting overlap to this that people are going to want to push back on, but I'm going to go through this on what these flags and the colors actually mean and where they come from. The point is that there is at some level a very clear push to do this. I'm in no way suggesting I know that that's everybody in the movement or if it's even the majority, but I can see it very clearly. I can see that there is this push like this has been going. This is 2014 to make this sort of something. And we've talked before about what they call minor attracted persons or maps. That's a real thing right now. We're going to get into the colors and all this right now. Now, the problem is that's, in, that's becoming normalized. There's entire forums and groups of people online. Why is that allowed? Do we have forums, people talking about murdering people? There's a weird caveat to this or where they allow, or that's not the right word. Like there's a, a weird 
kind of exception that's being allowed, and that shows you something problematic. There is a political push to this. Now, I don't really know how it connects to the bigger picture. I could guess all day long. There's plenty of ways you could make this make sense. But regardless, it's just about protecting the, the, the weakest among us at all costs at this point. Now, here is a clip from, uh, Ma, uh, I forget how you say his name, Maj Tajour, or he'll say it in the video, where he's pointing out this flag he came across. Now, I'll play it first. You guys can hear what he has to say. And then we'll get into what they say about it and then go over the actual information. Solutionaries, Maj Toure here. I'm out and about uh, getting some coffee about the gym and things like that. But I'm in a different part of town than I normally am. I'm in front of this uh, chain corporate coffee shop. And this flag is what we see here. Now, obviously, everybody knows that this is the LG, you know, GBT flag. But I want to showcase a few things to you guys about, if you notice, you'll start to see this part of the flag adding more into the situation. Initially, the rainbow was God's promise. Now it means something else, right? But now it is more, you'll start to see more of these colors added. This is supposed to be for black people. This is supposed to be for brown people. But these colors right here seem to be a little strange. And this goes into what's called the minor attracted person or youth attracted person, pedophile flag. So I wanna go over what these actual colors mean. Blue and light blue on this flag stands for attraction to infant boys, okay? That's what this light blue is for, okay? The pink stands for attraction to minor girls. That's what the pink is for. And then the white. The white stands for attraction to virgin children that are virgins, that have never had any type of sex. So when you start to see these things, right, it went from just the rainbow, which initially was God's promise, into all of these other things, you should start asking yourself why they want virgins, young girls, young boys, brown and black people to succumb to this overall flag. I want you all to actually think about these things. Give me your perspective. Tell me what you think, what you feel about that energy. Is it okay to say, hey, we're advocating for youth attracted people or minor attracted people to make that a rebrand? Or do you think it's not okay? Communicate in the uh, comment section below. Make sure you support the channel, youtube.com forward slash Maj And remember, your political education journey is an everyday endeavor. Be safe now the only thing in there that i wasn't able to kind of go in, like the the white part of that and what the white color means it didn't it actually doesn't make sense to me because we're talking about something that is you know their children anyway the point was i wanted to go in and verify that i wanted to find out if he was right it, but first of all the point I, I love what he does because i think this he's somebody who kind of he kind of does something similar to me in the sense where he he's clearly seeing through two-party paradigm and he comes in with arguments that kind of freak out both sides. And I just love that. Like, that's, I really like things that disrupt the conversation today because people are so comfortable in their partisanship. Too many. I don't think it's the majority, but there's far too many. So check out his work. I think he's, I actually wanted to, inter- to connect with him for an interview. I figured what happened. I think we lost touch, busy, and so on. But anyway, the point is the flag we've seen developing. Right? We've seen the new changes. So let's go into that. Let's find out what it actually means. First of all, let's see what they want you to think it means. Fact check. What do the colors of the the progress pride flag mean? Which it's interesting, by the way. Why why does it even make sense to add the black and brown conversation? Right? So we're talking about the entire thing has been about like, you know, it's been all, it's all about sexual identity. LGBTQ, all of it. Every single part of this has been about your sexual choices or your sexual identity. And now suddenly they're including just black and brown people? (laughs) Does that not show you the clumsy agenda that's there very clearly? But on top of that, you can see clearly that even just using LGBTQ, 
whatever. You know, the point is that, you know, that right now, lesbians are very clearly at odds with most of the transgender movement because of what's happening. You know that gay people in some ways are as well. First of all, the bi part of it undermines the entire discussion. But let's pretend like that doesn't make sense. Pretend like it makes sense. Overall, what these actually mean well, first of all, to point out that he said that that does say black and brown people, which is just odd to me. I don't see it. It seems shoehorned in to make it about, you know, everybody versus some one same one group. But then pink, baby blue and white represent trans people. Well, that's interesting. Well, that seems to be the consensus right now, which is almost a, an important point for when you find out what it actually ties back to and then why that will be used for trans people. Again, that does not mean, in my opinion, that trans people are secretly all pedophiles. What it means to me is that it's about the way it's being used. The whole movement by a operation, by an agenda that wants to achieve something. So there's plenty of trans people that want nothing to do with all of this madness. Just like you can point out, there's plenty of black people that want nothing to do with all the, the fervor that was rising with the Black Lives Matter movement that disagree with all of it. It's never as simple as they want you to think it is. They are desperate to make you think as all binary left and right, everything black and white. It's how they always want it to be. It's never that way. So you can read this if you want. This is what this is, this the, the constructed discussion. But you can find as you dig into this that it's very simple that minor attracted persons, the one even shown in the video, is specifically this weird flag, which includes both of those colors, first of all. But as you go further into this, you realize that the original versions of them were very clear. This was the original concept, which is specifically those colors, right? I mean, that's quite literally what we're talking about the pink, blue, and white. So at the very least, whether or not it changed, whatever else, the original flag from 2009 for the minor attracted persons was exactly that. And then it just got a little bit changed. Now it got changed even more. So the point is, it is very clearly connected. Now, is that what they meant when they picked those colors for the person that painted that or the person that designed that flag? I don't know that. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe, uh, maybe the person that painted on the wall didn't know any better. But does it really matter? Because what we're really talking about here is the agenda behind it. And I'm very concerned about how there's an obvious connection to this stuff. Here's another example. Open map community. Now, by the way, this, I, this symbol right there with the, the clove one we've talked about, I mean, a lot of this stuff ties back to the conversations of the images that were used in the, the Podesta conversation. It's interesting how relevant that becomes again when you realize that there was something there, always was, despite all the manipulation, just like we're seeing in this conversation today. They got it mired into some argument about a pizza joint and a basement in Hillary Clinton when there was stuff to talk about in that. But the bigger conversation was very real and got buried by all the conspiracy theory overlap nonsense. Not the, the conspiracy theories nonsense, but the way that they framed that, right? That they dumped over all of this thing that they made up, a literal, you know, cartoonish narrative over things that were real so people dismissed it my point is that you can find the one that's basically clovers overlapping that looks exactly like a butterfly which is meant to relate to a man with a boy that's what it's about and that but it's not hard to understand we're looking at the actual community for this group now ask yourself why this even exists the open map community here's what it says whether you're a young map a young, minor, attracted person who's just learning about your sexuality or an experienced minor, attracted person rights advocate, we're glad, you we, we're glad to have you in the community. We provide a safe, supportive environment for minor, attracted persons and allies by prioritizing privacy, staff transparency, and democracy. We're inclusive of minor, attracted persons who hold a variety of beliefs on sensitive topics, and may need a place to discuss or receive support. 
We understand that it's not our place to judge you for your thoughts. Man. Well, you're damn right it's our place to judge you for your thoughts. The problem is you have it backward, right? The, even when you, even, the, the point is in free speech conversation that people have a right to say what they want, but you have a right to be like, you're disgusting. Like Everybody should acknowledge how gross you are, what a terrible person you are, but you could say what you want. In this reverse, they're allowed to, basically what they're saying is that we're not going to judge you for those thoughts, but you can act, act on, like the point is behind the scenes, the, the argument is interesting here. Of course, we, the, 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 the surface level is that the, the argument that's made about censorship is that when people get pushed into the corners, all it does is this. It, expo- it grows and becomes more prolific as opposed to being always in, in, in the same square where everyone can go, you're gross. That's wrong. This is being allowed. There's no way around that. Now, the other side of this, by the way, is the radicalization part of it, right? So the the point is very clear that there's obviously an overlap with this conversation. The flag aside, the obvious reality that there are very clearly trans people that have ended up doing all sorts of sexual manipulations and and, and being sexual predators. Does that mean all of them? I couldn't know that. I couldn't, nobody could possibly know that. But I do think that's obviously ridiculous. And I think that it's obvious that it's happening. Ask yourself why they don't care about that. But we do also have the idea that this is whether through the treatments they're being given <clears throat> or the aggressive political stances or, the, you know, just the government in general pushing these things that break people's psyche. There are people that have lashed out in violence. Shooters. Here's one from last month. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who was William White, White Whitworth? Trans teen arrested over the plot to shoot a school. Ask yourself why we didn't hear about that. Colorado teen, 19, was arrested over plans to carry out multiple shootings in various schools in the area. A trans teen. Weird how that gets no topic. You realize if this was anything that fitted the agenda, even though it didn't happen, this would be everywhere. Can you imagine if this was a a Republican, you know, whatever, they would be, they would, this would be everywhere. Nazis are overwhelming the kind that it's, it's because it's an agenda. Transgender teen, 2020. Sentenced to life in prison for deadly Colorado school shooting. Different. Betty Johnson simply points out the Colorado school shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. The Nashville shooter, which they don't want to talk about, identified as trans. Now, he argues that the modern trans movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists. I, I don't disagree with that. It's not to say that transgender people are doing that. It's the movement. It is the government politicized push around this for all sorts of reasons that is driving people to react like this. And guess what? It's not unique to the trans movement. It's happening in the climate change movement. It's happening in all of these discussions because they're radicalizing people for agendas. They're getting people to act out in violence because they're acting like we have to or we're all going to die. Or in this case, that we're you know trans rights or else because we're all we're being murdered in the streets. What are we talking about? Give me one example of that. That's what this has become by taking away gender-affirming care for minors. We're being murdered in the streets and our rights are being removed. It's like, that's just ridiculous. People are being radicalized. And then what happens is they're pointing at people that point this stuff out as being the radicalized ones. Sort of how when we're pointing at the Nazis in Ukraine, they call us the Nazis. We're living in Orwell's world, it seems. But here's where it gets even more disturbing for me. All that being said, 
all of what we just talked about, knowing those things are in the conversation, not to say which, how, what percentage, what degree, just that they're possible and we know that. North Face, which, by the way, I didn't even think was real. I actually thought this was a parody. I, it's almost like they're acting like, I don't know if this is inadvertent or not. When I watch this, and I'll show it to you, it's as if they're trying to make, like, if you imagined a Republican making fun of what they're doing, this is what it would look like. I don't even know how that makes sense. But Raheem points out from the, nat- from the uh, national polls, they launched a- an ad selling directly to kids LGBTQ apparel with a drag artist yelling, come out. Very clearly, it's not by accident. If they're saying, come out and join us, like the way there's a big pause, they're clearly motivating. Like, here's the point I keep making. Why would you need to incentivize children? Like, you could, if you wanted to make the argument, which even personally I would even probably still have a problem with, but just to make it a, a discussion here and say, well, you know, look, it's, it's okay to be a certain, to be trans, to be gay, whatever. I don't know why anybody would, be, would, be, would feel that was wrong to simply put that out there. But, you know, you're eight, you have to wait till you're 18 to make any choices. The difference is coming out and saying you should do so, right? You should come out. As a trans person, as a, or we just talked about the Transformers cartoon, where she's literally talking to the car- Transformer and saying, I only feel safe around other non-binary people. Like, this is being put in children's brains who, whether or not they're gay or trans, or if that doesn't even, like, the bottom line is this is putting, you're planting political ideas in people's in, impressionable young children's minds who potentially could make a choice they can't take back. I can't even understand how that's not a crime. Here we go with this video where their North Face is directly targeting children to not only be a part of this community, but literally join it as a gay, trans, or lesbian person. And what's even more crazy is this person is coming out and and saying that they're a, what's the terms they used? I'll I'll just play it for you. It's it's, It's weird that they avoid saying trans, which seems to be, I would argue, from a trans perspective with all the main, the mania today. If this was done by anybody else, they would call this bigoted. Like, how dare you call us gay? We're not gay, we're trans, or whatever. You know that's happening right now. So watch this for yourself. It's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. This tour has everything. Hiking, community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gay saw shade across the nation and celebrated pride across the nation with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again with... Like, I mean, couldn't you just see this being JP, you know, JP? I mean, this feels like a parody, doesn't it? And and then on top of that, gay and lesbians and all this stuff and stuff. Well, isn't that insulting to trans people? Isn't that the whole point? That you're that you're can, you're only you're only willing to call it gay and lesbian as opposed to like I bet you there's going to be a, somebody's going to have a problem with that. Not that I care about that, but the point is somebody's going to make the. This is what happens when the the community consumes itself because you've allowed this mania to get out of control. 
Two new stops? Atlanta, GA. Why? Because you're there. In Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. Howdy, here we go. Of course. This year, all these fabulous speakers will be coming from inside this TV to a nature near you. So come outside and celebrate the beautiful LGHG TV community. That's pretty gay. So the, the big point for me is that original statement. Let's not pretend like we all don't know exactly what this is, what they mean. Invite you to come out in nature with us. It's, it's very clear to come out in nature with us. Like that, that's, you are aiming this at children. As you can see the ad and telling them to come out as if that's acceptable. As if you know. And what happens is impressionable youth will think this is cool because that's how it's being framed by everyone in all the schools, all the teachers. It's, a, it's so cool and hip and it's okay. You can do whatever you want, except that's not the truth. And they don't know that until they wake up one day. I mean, this is right here on their Instagram, just in case you weren't sure about that. Patagonia and the North Face. This is real. I mean, I, I almost can't believe that. It's, it's, almost, it's absurdly ridiculous to me. What this is, is the commodification, the, the gamification of your sexual identity or your identity in general, right? I mean, that's the wild part about this is you're turning this into something which it's like, you know, choose your own adventure book, except it's much, much more serious than that. Now, we're about to get into the hardest part of this conversation, guys. Before we get into the hardest, hardest part, we're going to talk about all the people that have had to come back from this. All some of them, and the point that it does happen. Now, here's an interesting thread that I think needs to be. This is a person who is, as you can see, they they they've detransitioned, and they're speaking out about that what that experience has done. But you might not see if you didn't read that, you might be you might be forgiven for thinking this is pro the concept because this is how it starts. But what she's doing here, I forget which way. I think it's a yeah, detrans lady. So I believe it's a, a, a biological lady. I'm not sure, but either way, I doubt she cares. That's the point. But the bottom line is that there's a political momentum behind showing children that this is a cool, hip new thing and that it's better for everybody. And we know that. And this is what she was subjected to. And when I, when I get done going through this, you'll see why any child who is caught up with this, having their whole classroom is cheering about the different things and they're taught they can choose themselves and they have different pronouns and it makes you special and unique. And you can see how children everywhere are being wrapped up in this. While you have people that, that are saying, I have four out of five kids that are trans. That's not even statistically correct. 1% of the population, but everyone's family says half the people are trans and gay. Something's wrong. And it's not because that should bother anybody if it was normal, if they were just generally people that recognize that in themselves without political conversations to tell them that. But the problem is that that's not what's happening, that they're going to school, they're going to classrooms, they're going to enter in discussions and then being told that that's there. And then they go, oh, OK, well, maybe, maybe that's why I like men's clothes. Maybe that's why I play with with action figures. Or maybe you're just a tomboy, which used to be a thing. Maybe you just don't like those kind of toys. But see, the problem is that is actually what they're telling people. That as simple as simply wearing children different clothes, feeling awkward, that they'll be like, here, start taking hormones. And I'm not making that up. We've literally played it on the show. There's not, these are things that don't have just the idea of the blockers acting like, well, we'll just pause your hormones till you decide. There's dramatic long-term effects there. 
She writes, why wouldn't a young girl want to be trans? Here are 18 reasons why it's only reasonable to adopt a trans identity. Number one, you get to be cool, outsider, and gain social status. You feel special because you have, you have secret knowledge about life, because you have a deep understanding of gender. You get to write off your flaws in favor of now being on a path to becoming a new person. You get to take the hippest current drug, testosterone, which increases confidence, energy, libido, and gives you an edge. You're fulfilling your developmental stage's purpose of rebellion against the patriarchy, parents, tradition, outdated social norms. You have a common enemy against bigots, Nazis, conservatives, and all other manner of the worst people. You have a purpose nestled in the process of transitioning steps, goals after goal, goal after goal to achieve, which gives you dopamine as a reward while in pursuit, always striving for more. You get to throw away your old self. You know, the you that has flaws, shame, insecurity, pain, and vulnerability in favor of a fantasy version of yourself that most likely you'll never reach. You begin, that's my statement there, you believe you escape female oppression, sexual assault, unwanted advances, abuse, mistreatment, judgment, or misogyny. Her point there is you don't. You can feed yourself intellectually with queer theory, gender ideology, customizing and personalizing your identity labels that you desire. Choose your own adventure. You can change them at any point, suiting creativity, except you can't, though, in regard to the surgery part of it. You feel free to express yourself aesthetically with androgynous fashion. You can hide from adult responsibility or developing deeper, meaningful experiences within abstractions, histro uh, his histrionics over perceived maltreatment. Or avoid socialization with the excuse of living in a transphobic society. Everybody else's fault, right? Any judgment from others can be excused as bigotry. That's the important one right there, too, is because that's the accepted narrative. So you just, that's what you pretend is the world outside. Just like we were living in the worst pandemic of a lifetime. No, we weren't. But they believe it. And when you simply have a different opinion, you're a bigot. And that's acceptable. 13, you find unity amongst like-minded people who also tend to be cerebral, creative, unique, different, or counterculture, or so they tell themselves, or, you, or so you feel emboldened further in your pursuit of transition goals. You receive frequent positive reinforcement and encouragement for your efforts. Again, that's the, one of the biggest problems. It's okay. You're doing the right thing. How do you know? How do you know what's inside their mind? You feel a sense of accomplishment, pride, and even superiority over others because of reaching your continuous transition goals and even for being enlightened enough to conclude being trans to begin with and a way to feel competence and fight shame or insecurity. God, it's just so manipulative. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong if, the, if that's, you know, if this is individual. You went through this process in a bubble and you feel all these things. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. You have a right to do what you want with your own body if you're a grown-up. The problem is this is an entire infrastructure. The, the, the unbelievable money, the, the money tree being created by this, this, this new and experimental direction is obviously driving this. They've exploded. These clinics are everywhere. Well, if we've, and just wait till we get to the next part and show you what's actually being done. But it says, number 16, you cannot only customize your identity, flags, pronouns, and fashion, but also your body through extreme body modification rituals like surgeries, which can give a sense of creativity and control over your situation in life, which is what they desperately seek, right? When they feel outside, when they feel insecure, when they feel out of control. Well, here you go. And it gives you the illusion of control, doesn't it? Or control over the situation in life, similar to dyeing your hair after a breakup. You feel accepted, seen, heard, and valued. You know, people come up and say, I'm so brave. You're so brave. Thank you for your courage. 
right? As they, as they now call the military person a Nazi, right? Now you're the one. You're, thank you for your courage for doing the thing everyone's telling you is okay. Valued because of the vast commercialization of trans inclusion, including a media representation and goods available for purchase, it feels like the world is finally giving you your moment of glory and celebrating your unique self. 18, you can feel like you are maturing, growing, healing, or becoming an adult through transition steps or, quote, understanding deeply, while you may then feel self-allowance to neglect maturing in other ways or actually growing up, healing, or evolving through life in new ways. Very well done. Somebody down here was saying, shoot. I would take that, you know, like, like if, if I, if I, I would fall for that. Like you can see how impressionable youth, especially those that are already outsiders, those that already feel like they're not part of something, which is just a normal part of growing up are being targeted. People who are already abused are being targeted. Maybe not even in, in, intentional with, with malicious intent. Maybe because people are also being manipulated and think it's the right thing. But yes, in some way, there is undeniable malicious intent involved in all of this. So here's what you have. where where It's not just children, by the way. Even in schools, high school, college, you are forcing this on people that know better. Here's something that's mind-blowing. This is from May 21st this year. College student gets a zero on an assignment for using the words biological woman. The professor wrote that although the proposal was good, so the work was good, the term simply used, zero, no credit. Because it reinforces heteronormativity. Now guess what's even crazier? The entire assignment was literally about trans women or just trans people being involved with biological you know sports male and female so, so say them the explain for her explain how she's supposed to get into a conversation about that without ever using the term biological or woman people are being brainwashed it's unreal here's what she has to say about it zero on a project proposal in my class because i used the term biological women which is apparently not allowed anymore she even said it was a good project proposal um, but I got a zero because I use this term that's exclusionary and not allowed anymore, so. And I 100% know that this is like the most biased grade ever because my project is about transgenders competing in biological women's sports. How am I supposed to do my final project if I can't use the word biological women, but that's what my project is about? That's just so ridiculous. I mean, so that means she can't even title it properly, right? You can't even make the title in biological. Okay, how do you even frame that then? I just, I mean, that is inherently, like, what's the right word for it? It's not just ignorance. Because you must know that that doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be pro-biological woman. But it, I mean, look, this is like the same as like tearing down statues of different eras because you now disagree with it. It's revisionist. Like, so is she now arguing that there's never been a biological woman or that there's never been a time where people thought that even if she disagrees with it? <laughs> you're, you're not even allowed to state it. You can't write it because it doesn't exist. Like these people have lost their minds and they're teaching people in school. Or they see power in it, right? They see, they, they like, like we just read, whether they're transitioning or not, that they see, they feel special. They feel like they're part of something. 
And that, that gets used too. It's just crazy to me. Now, there's a lot of people coming out like this, like this person here all over Twitter saying, look, I, I made a mistake. Not even doing it in a way that's meant to be like all about the right wing. It's just coming out just being like, look, I made a mistake. And I want people to know that. I, I regret this. Some, some of which are not even Republicans. But apparently, if you do so, you're now a Nazi right wing conspiracy theorist because that's how dumb the argument is. But here is an unnerving point about New York Times coming out and attacking these people because they pretend they're making it all up. Sort of like the vaccine side effects. They're all being made up. That's how gross the New York Times is and all the rest of these faux journalists that come out and just do what they're told. As he writes, anyone on, I don't know, what is GC Twitter? Let me know in the chat. Anyone on GC Twitter hears the same BS again and again about how detransitioning is a myth. It's not. And the regret rates are statistically insignificant. It doesn't, look, it doesn't matter if, they're, if you think they're statistically low. If, it ha- if it's at all possible, then this needs to be dealt with differently, obviously. That's the point. It is happening. So the way this is happening right now needs to be shut down immediately. And the only reason I say it that way is because I'll always argue that as an adult, you should you have the right to do what you want with your own body. Otherwise, it would be, from my perspective, completely stop this entirely because I do think it's a problem. But overall, freedom and choice is always it's paramount, guys. It has to be. We can't just become the same thing in reverse. But it says, when the New York Times published this hit piece painting kids speaking out about their experience in the gender cult and the many ways they are and their parents have felt pressured, manipulated to transition, which is what you hear from any of these people speaking out, only to be painted as some sort of slimy political operators by the paper of record. I realized that there was a distinct need for a database of all of the D-trans kids so on, on this app so that they could no longer get away with the lie that there are hardly any D-transitioner stories. And so their voices aren't relevant. That's what they're arguing. I disagree completely. He says, I think their voices are probably the most relevant as we fight a misogynistic and homophobic gender ideology that has insidiously and without our awareness oozed its way into every crevice of modern society. So hardly without our awareness. We've been screaming about it. But to some people, yeah. It's interesting how this is framed, though, right? I'm seeing this a lot, specifically from people that argue this is like anti-woman. Or really, just you could argue it's anti-gender, anti-human <laughs> at the end of the day when you're talking about altering people in directions that, on my mind, goes towards the transhumanist. That's why I said that, because it goes towards the idea of eventually driving in a way that your humanity is the problem. Not to suggest that because you're a trans person that you're not human. Again, my opinions are very clear. I will always support your right to do what you want with your own body, period. And I will make that statement over and over. It's important because people hear what they want to hear. Now it goes on to say, the thread is an attempt to be the database. I'll put it in my pinned tweet and you should feel the, you should bookmark it. And you should because it's going to add to it. Bottom line is you already get the point. The point is that there are a lot of these that you, you it's unbelievable, guys. Oh, you know what? I, do, I, wanted, I actually wanted to play this one. I forgot. I lost this at some point. Hold on, we're going to come back to this. Actually, let's do this. I'll play. So what I was going to show you, I'm going to download that while I'm doing this, was the, 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 the article he's pointing at, which is unbelievable to me. New York Times. I don't even know why I said it like that. I don't respect them at all, but <laughs> it's just the New York Times is supposed to be, we're supposed to perceive them as that. How a few stories of regret fuel the push to restrict gender transition care. 
Republicans have amplified a group of activists who no longer identify. And, and his point is right. When you read this, they're literally making it out to be as if they're lying about this, as if they're being dishonest for political reasons. How dare you? This is their personal story. You can argue that they may be misled, but it's amazing you're allowed to apply that logic here, but not apply that logic to all of these stories that maybe they were the ones that were misled. All of these are down, down here are all stories of people that are speaking up and saying, I was pressured. I didn't make the right choice. I didn't understand what I was doing. Read them. It's everywhere. But let's first play this. Oh, here's just one of them I was going to include. This, story, it's just this person's story of transition and detransition, what they went through. And then, you know, and then all the comments being attacked because you're a Nazi for saying you care about, you know, same with the vaccine side effects. But let's play this clip. This is, uh, this is from the guy from uh, Matt Walsh's documentary. And it is, well, I forget which way this goes. I think this is a, I, the, 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 they'll say it in the, in the discussion. I forget if it's, if it's a, I'm trying to remember just by look, the, if it was a woman that it says trans man, Scott. So God, I don't know why I always have a problem remembering that. Trans man means that it's a woman originally, right? <laughs> just, it's, it's just crazy. It's so much, so much of this just seems so illogical. But the bottom line is speaking up about the process and how he feels manipulated. And why doesn't this matter? And I love that it just goes to town on the media and the way that they're lying about this stuff. So take a listen. Uh, my name's Scott Nugent. I'm a lesbian and I'm a trans man. Right. So it was a woman. So it's originally a woman that became a man. But my most important role is that of a parent to three incredible children. I'm a mother, a woman who has given birth and carried life. I'm here today to put an end to the idea that medically transitioning children is about human rights. It is not. It's about money. Market research predicts that gender-affirming care will generate more than $5 billion a year in less than a decade. The truth is, is that medical transition is experimental, dangerous, and it doesn't cure anything. In fact, your question... There's only seven studies that stated that medically transitioning children is beneficial, and every single one of them has either been modified with not enough time or participants or, oops, we were sorry. Yet these are the pamphlets and the studies that are still given to parents currently. And of course, society doesn't know that because you don't cover it. <laughs> I had to make a point really quickly. It's just so crazy. You know, hey, even people in this community, huh? So this person in the chat says, listen to Ryan's dehumanizing language. <laughs> it was originally a woman. Now, you know what's hilarious about that? Of course, anybody that actually cares about the truth and knows the work that I've done knows that the absolute last thing I ever do is dehumanize anybody. Like as if you could listen to what we just went through and my struggle to try to be objective about this and act like I'm somehow dehumanizing anybody is just embarrassing and you should be embarrassed by that comment. But the point is, the reason I even said it like that is, as you could probably clearly tell, as I'm trying to be respectful to this person, which I know people don't care about in some circles. But because I'm, I didn't want to say, you know, it's just, it's funny that people are so quick to jump to conclusions. On one side, they're going to say that I'm a ridiculous person for caring about saying what this person wants to be called. On the other side of it, I'm dehumanizing them for not picking one. It's just so mind-blowing how dumb the conversation is today. Okay, let's move forward. We now have children's hospitals all over Europe, halting and banning 
all childhood medical transition, calling it the worst medical scandal in modern history. Yet here in the United States, we have bigots everywhere. We have transgender people. We have gays and lesbians trying to talk. And people that are not trans and not gay and lesbian are calling us bigots. That's an important point to think about. This is the same thing we see with the, the Black Lives Matter conversation, that you, what you end up with is a political movement that is being pushed by people that are not even with the movement. It's a political fervor, right? In this case, what he's saying is that you have very clear examples of people trying to cross that barrier. And then you get the political conversation saying, you're all bigots for doing that. It's, it's, it's actually pretty incredible. Which does seem, which should show us by now that most people aren't even falling for this stuff. And what they're doing is painting, like, it's like calling all of the right a bunch of Nazis. I don't even believe, I don't even think they actually believe that. It's ultimately about the agenda, and it's everywhere. I underwent close to uh, $1 million worth of surgeries and hormone therapies to change from Kelly to Scott, a trans man. And then I almost died in the process. And I certainly have cut many, many years off of my life. In fact, I probably won't live long enough to meet my grandkids because I still, to this day, get reoccurring infections. God, that's such an important point that we don't get into. Some people do. I think Matt Walsh has covered this, you know, despite there being, you know, partisan angle. I think I'll make a point about his coverage in a sec down the line, which most of, a lot of this stuff is important. What he's covering is very few people are, are willing to get into it. But at the same time, there's stuff that I feel goes in the other direction, you know, which is kind of the, the problem, like I was pointing out with the DeSantis bill. But that the idea that he'll somehow, short, that he, not somehow, apparently, according to his doctors, shorten his life because he continues to be at risk because of the infections that won't go away because of the surgeries that he, now they don't even understand where it keeps coming from. If, you know why? Because it's experimental. Because they're... they're Piece, as these things explode and these clinics go up literally everywhere, they're barely even understanding how this works. It's incredible. Now, since I paused it, if I misunderstood, as I tend to do in the comment section, I apologize. The, the, the point is, as it, just to follow up on it, since we paused, saying you know that it's that the, the way I triple over myself not to offend people, I, I get how that can be infuriating. I mean, I, I actually understand. I really do. The point is, though, as much as other people may not care, it matters to me. And it's not because of politics. It's not because the left said so. It's because I care about people. Period. Long before we got here, it, I just, I, I care if it's what some, the point is, I said a long time ago, I was talking pronouns or anything else. I don't care. I don't care about calling you what you want to be called. It's a simple respect factor. That's why I call it, I say Chelsea Manning when I talk about Chelsea Manning. But if you get to a point to where I'm, you're telling me I have to, well, I'm going to make a point to not do that because it's not about th that I feel like I'm supposed to. It's just out of respect. And especially this person, I feel like is speaking in a situation where it's difficult. So I feel like we should respect them and call. I mean, that's, that's what I'm confused about is if this is a, 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 a woman that became a man and is now detransitioned, do you call it a woman? Do you call it a man? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just trying to be respectful. And I, but I do get why that gets frustrating. But I think it's important not to get pulled into the two-party way this works. Where we're, this is like now suddenly being afraid to talk about sustainability because that's, that's the, the great reset. Well, it's not, though, right? It does matter to be respectful to people about any number of things just because people should be respectful. We should care about each other.
The problem is that we miss all of that when we see it only through the two-party lens. So sorry, sorry to, to digress. I just think that's really important, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we need to care about each other, guys. Now, look, that even goes as far as to care about your enemy. I don't mean that you have to care about them in so far that you don't hold them accountable for their crimes, but it's about compassion. It's about caring about it's, it's why when I point out somebody like Joe Biden, or even, uh, to be quite honest, I was just saying the, the same point about Fetterman. I was like, man, I, I, genu- like, I honestly feel bad because that person is being used. He can't even speak after the stroke, and yet they're just, he somehow is in position of power? I, it's ridiculous. It's because he was put in that position. And the sad thing is, is I do feel bad, or I said with Biden. You see him barely able to string sentences together, and you go, man, like, you know, I've got, I've got an elderly grandmother and grandfather and different people that has passed away now, but that you've, I've seen this. And so you see, go, man, that's sad. But then, of course, I remember, well, he's a terrible, disgusting war criminal, and he's been involved with some very, very horrible things. So well, I don't feel bad, but you get the point. Be, a better, be better than them. Rise above, right? Nobody knows why. But again, 95% of all medical transition is experimental, except for top surgery. We have no idea what's going to happen to these kids because it's never been studied. Right. But we are seeing early onset osteoporosis. We are seeing hearts and lungs the size of 12-year-olds. And if you couple that with the only long-term study that followed these transgender people for 30 years in Sweden. Sweden is the leading country for transgender medicine. Two months ago, they halted and stopped all medicalization of children. Do you know why? Well, there's a documentary that you won't find here in the United States, but they're finding something in addition. Girls' spines are not fusing together properly while on puberty blockers. Wow. We have 15-year-olds walking like this. Now, that's a really important point about this, whether it's females or males. The idea that you're taking something that stunts your production, the growth of your body, you're not fully formed yet. The idea that you think that's not going to have an effect on your body and the way that your body, like there's things that happen, like let's say, like right when you're born. Processes that you can manipulate or not do, like for for example, giving them all these crazy injections, all sorts of weird things that are causing. We see what that has been doing to them. We see. Look, if you don't, if you're questioning right now, while your dog, for example, is always breaking out with rashes and has all these autoimmune problems, it's because the injections they've been giving them their whole lives are hurting them. Now, that's not the only reason that can happen outside of that, but it's ubiquitous. Dogs just end up with tumors and growths and all this. That's not how this is supposed to be, guys. That we are in a problem. We're in a world that has been drenched and with chemicals and byproducts, and we're suffering the consequences of their malfeasance, their willful deception. On the broad sense, but taking it back to this one point, you're giving people hormone blockers that in the middle of their production of their body. Or production is not the right word. The, the you know, development of their body. What do you think is going to happen? For the rest of their lives. And they won't live past 30. But you say he's a bigot. You see, I tried to kill off my female self because I was sold a lie. I was sold that I was actually a man trapped in a woman's body. That my masculine traits and my strong personality were proof that I was really a man. 
I was told that all my pain and self-loathing would magically disappear. If only I pumped my body with testosterone, removed my breasts, and altered my genitalia. I was tricked at 42, at a vulnerable place. One day I thought, God, maybe I'm born in the wrong body. I was married to a, a woman who just despised being a lesbian. And one comment of maybe I was born in the wrong body. Next week, I was sitting in front of a trans woman therapist who asked me, how long have you been dressing like a man? Think about that. One conversation. Somebody asks you, are you maybe in the wrong body? So you go, well, what? maybe I am confused. And you end up in front of a doctor. And the first thing they're doing is, is not just trying to suss it out. And this isn't my opinion. I'm not saying every doctor's like this, but you have seen examples of this. You've, hear, you've read the stories. They're going, let's get you started. Now, whether that's because it's a profit motive or because they genuinely think they're doing what's right, either way, both of those are wrong. You don't know what's going on. You haven't just, be, just because they're stepping into this conversation, you, to, to drive them into it is bad. Is, is, well, at the very least, it can be the wrong choice, depending on how you look at this. So we just showed you that people are regretting this. And so we know that this is being politically motivated, incentivized. And then they're being driven to that position in the first place because of societal impressions. You know, feeling like it's the right, either through positive or negative. Feeling like you're out, you're, you're, the, you're only unpopular and, and awkward because you're the wrong body. Or alternatively, that it feels great to suddenly know that you want the right things. It's, it's emotionally manipulative at its core, even if it's actually what they want. At 42, that sentence has changed the trajectory of my life. You guys don't seem to understand that I'm not going to meet my grandkids. Because of this crap. And you call him a bigot. You see, I was perfect just the way I was. If only I was told, and we tell girls, because it's happening to girls way more than boys, is that there is no one way for a woman to be a woman. Exactly. You, that you, you be whoever you want to be. right? You act however you want to act. These con- there's a point about the construct conversation Right. Yeah. And that, that's about and this is what's been contorted into what they're doing now. But the idea that you know, just because you you don't need to surgically alter your body to just to be the person you want to be. This is the manipulation. Now, I, again, I will if you want to as an adult, your choice, do whatever you want. And there's no one way, obviously, whatever you want, the point is to do with your own body and a lot of the same points I make every time for a man to be a man. Why don't we start affirming that it's okay to be who they are? No. What we're doing is, is we're pushing a medical process that if a child gets on it at 14 and lives to 85, that generates $1.5 million in synthetic hormone. Do you guys get that? That doesn't even, that doesn't even cover complications. It doesn't cover surgery. And yet you call him a bigot. And you don't talk to me. You show all of the people, trans women and women. We need to let children have the time to learn to love their natural bodies and embrace their differences.
Because the truth is, is that the kids that are wanting to medically transition are the most vulnerable parts of our society. Super important right there. And that, and I mean, how is that not grooming in its own right? It doesn't have to be talking about sex, you know, pedophilia, which is clearly there is that happening. We just showed you that in some cases. But the idea that you're, 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 you're picking out people that are vulnerable instead of helping them. Now, again, there, I guarantee there are some people caught up in this that feel that's what they're doing. I don't know how that's even possible, but certainly the, the guarantee some does, some do. But overall, that they're being focused on and, and, and taken advantage of at a time when they're the most vulnerable. And whether just children alone are the most vulnerable, you're taking the most vulnerable of the most vulnerable group. And as he just said, one of the most obvious reasons why that you don't need to find anything else, but I guarantee there are bigger agendas, probably the most relevant ones, but just you don't need them. It's wildly profitable. Bill, that, th- how much did he say? Over a billion dollars in a lifetime? Like, think about how crazy that is. And that's obviously why they're sprinting into this direction. And I do think there's a bigger agenda around it, which I've touched on before. We're not going to get in too much today, but about the, as James Corbett's talked about, the idea that this is about more so kind of removing the inhibitions about altering your body and the whole transhumanist great, you know, really, as even James Evan Pilato put it, the post-human agenda. That's where this really tends to go. And that's not to suggest these people are not human. It's the point is that from the government political agenda level, this is more so about normalizing these kind of steps, removing the, the, the barriers to what we perceive as human, as, as gender, all of these things. Now, you, you don't, if you don't think that's true, I, I hope I'm wrong, but mock my words as we get into this. Very soon, I would argue, we're going to start to see these more and more overlapped. They are the ones that are same-sex attracted. This bigot, he's trying to protect gays and lesbians, future gays and lesbians. But you you call him a bigot. They are children that are mentally gifted. They are children that have ADHD. Right. They are children that are mentally ill. They are all the kids that don't belong and they got ADHD from taking other medications and other injections. And <laughs> it's just one leads into the other. You're robbing that time. Or you might even say it doesn't even exist, really. It's just a repackaging of different things that are happening. All oh, that's a whole other conversation about where that came from and what's causing it or what it really is. They need to gain a thick skin. Because at 25, being different, how many same people have done anything major in this world? They're all different people. But you don't realize that until you're a CEO at 25. You're stealing that from them. That's a good point. I mean, think about that. Like, this is the conversation about what children perceive as the world in the future. Like, we all know that. That you don't end up understanding. the. I mean, look, how about this? Every Right now, I'm 40 years old. I, I, I'm willing to bet when I become 50 that I look back and go, man, I didn't know anything when I was 40. Like, we always do that. As you grow, you grow, you grow up, and you you gain perspective and logic. And at one of the most important times is this illusion from high school into the real world, or even post college into the real world, where you wake up and go, "Wow, I was." I mean, no matter how much you thought otherwise, what you thought was the how things work during co- school is not the way that you know. Especially today, the participation ribbons and everything else, you realize that yeah, the world is much more harsh than they want you to think. As much as they pretend they're trying to make it the way they want it to be, they're going the other direction, quite frankly. But it's an interesting point to think about. 
Oh, sorry, $1.5 million for hormones. Regardless, back to that point, I think I said a billion. The point is, think about how much money that is. For, for everyone they're doing this to over the process of their lifetime, it's, this is just, it's just big pharma doing the same thing they always do. With gender interventions, there are no take-backs. Puberty blockers are not merely a pause button. In fact, the corporation that's telling you puberty blockers are safe, that generates and produces all that puberty blockers that they say is a pause, it doesn't hurt. In 2003, they were sued by the U.S. government, deemed a criminal enterprise for false advertising and bribery. You know what, Pfizer? No. They paid $874 million like that. The biggest, the biggest payout at the time. More than Oxycontin at the time. This is a company that doesn't have the money to run studies on puberty blockers for children? Or is it that they know there is no doctor in the world that would sign on it that it's safe? Shame on you for not covering him and me. In fact, Lupron has over 10,000 complaints from children that use them as precocious puberty. Testosterone, <laughs> it's not reversible. Her son, four months on estrogen, and he might not be able to have babies at 14 because you won't cover it and you call him a bigot. I ask this question. Are you really going to put stock in the AAP that follows WPATH, which is supposedly the baseline for care, an entity that not only accepts, pushes the idea that eunuchs is a gender for minors, an agency that is supposed to be the baseline for care has never held up in any court of law anywhere yet you won't cover it and you call him a bigot so i ask that you do the hard thing today i know this is your industry and god forbid if you step outside of your 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 house your family your republican democrat conservative republican and do the right thing but if you do i'll tell you one thing you will be called a bigot today but those bigots in history will go down as heroes. So are you in the media that can save these kids? Are you going to do the right thing and cover and investigate and ask questions and interview everybody? Or are you just going to sit there and record? Well, you know what they choose, right? You think, think about what it must be like to sit there filming this person Probably with, with contempt the entire time. The, the very person that you're pretending doesn't exist. Just like with the vaccine side effects. And then going on to frame it as this isn't happening. It, it's, just, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. But see, here's another good example of how this is being pushed, not just by the media, not just by the politician. It, this is, I mean, this is be, the enforcement arm. This is, this is Ireland. This is a really important conversation to show you a few different things. Now, I'm not all that familiar with uh, Billboard Chris. It just says, father of two girls traveling the world to expose gender ideology and why children cannot consent to medical transition. 
Now, I only I only say that in general because I you know as always people will say you know you may, you you looked at this one tweet therefore you agree with everything he ever said well that'd be a dumb thing to say but the point is that this person stands out here and has a sign on that says uh, children can't consent to I forget how he frames it whatever you, whatever it is genital mutilation or surgery he's right they can't and what happens is. Somebody doesn't like it, calls the police, and I'll, I'll let it explain for itself, and then I'll make some. I'll, I'll pause, and make some comments. It's very interesting how this goes out, how this goes down, how the hate speech law, which is building everywhere in the world right now, but it's crazy in Ireland, Germany, a couple places. It's completely subjective and is almost designed to be abused by the mob. What is your business inside in the city today? Especially now, I mean, inside there, in the Disney store. I wasn't in the Disney store. The, the crux of the point starts off where he's coming up and saying, you know, what are you doing? Well, you, you know, you're signing whatever else in the Disney store. It's the most frustrating part of this entire thing. He wasn't in the Disney store, which, by the way, it, you'll, it's the, that's the truth. Just make that clear right out of the gate. He never went in the Disney store. Never happened. You got a complaint to say that you were. No, I wasn't in the Disney store. We're in the Disney store. No, I've just been out here. I just walked. I just took these off and just bought this selfie stick five minutes ago. Okay, yeah. I wasn't in the Disney store. I've been out here having conversations. So, it, it, no, listen, if I go and check the CCTV, of then it, it won't show you inside the Disney store. 100%. Okay, okay. And what, what, what are you trying to do here today? What's your overall objective? I have conversations. That's all I do. Okay. okay. I've been traveling. I'm actually from Canada. I've been traveling North America since September 2020. Yeah. Just having conversations to raise awareness about this issue, and that's all I do. Okay. So, what you be doing there now? What is the issue exactly that you're that you're you're, you're talking to people about? I just talked about the business of giving children puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. Okay. Uh, in certain jurisdictions of the world, they do surgeries on these kids as well. So I just okay. talk about wherever the conversation goes about gender ideology. Yeah. So, but that's fine. The talk, I suppose, is fine. Yeah. Um, but realistically, on one side of it, is you can't be inside shops or outside shop shops. Shop. Well, look, that's why I'm here. Like. Yeah. Okay. This is. <laughs> just, this is just, so clearly, this guy doesn't believe him. But what it shows you, first of all, is that this cop doesn't care about what he's saying. Doesn't even care to go check. He is acting on what somebody said. Now, it's just like a. That's like a. Like a swatting somebody essentially where he just he's taking at face value what they said which is dumb to begin with doesn't mean you should investigate what people call right but at the end of the day first of all why somebody would be like the idea that hate speech laws or anything translate to action by the police is unbelievable grow up it's words you're okay but the point is he comes up because he's going you were in the disney store no i wasn't in the disney store okay but hasn't checked the cctv but he goes I wasn't in it. He goes, but that's why I'm here, though. That's where we are. So he's already just kind of going, well, I know you're lying, but I, but I am here because you were. they said you were in the Disney store. So how long do you think that can go on? Where he goes, I wasn't, though. Okay, okay. But, you know, I'm here because you were in the store. Like, <laughs> I'm not making this up. It gets comical. Okay, please go look at the CCTV footage. No, we will now in a second. Yeah. I'm going to finish talking to you. Okay, so I will in a second. I'll go look at it. But in the meantime, since you were in the Disney store... <laughs> um, so, look... Obviously, what does your sign say? Children. Okay, and what does the back sign say? The same, is it? No, it's my definition of a dad. Your definition? Yeah. So one side says children cannot consent. The other side is his definition of a father. Which, stupidly enough, offends somebody today. Everything everywhere offends somebody today. 
they have a law that says that you can't offend people in Ireland. And this is where it gets to one of the most important points. And he makes it very well of how this is abused and why this is the stupidest thing ever. Wasting their time. Yeah. Opinions are still allowed, right? Yeah, but see, where where you could could fall short there realistically is displaying material in a public place that may be offensive to others. Okay, May be offensive. That's the law. Something that may be offensive. Well, that's literally everything, isn't it? That'd be contrary to Section 7 of the Criminal Justice Act, uh, Public Order Act 1994. So that's where you could fall short there, sure. okay, of committing that offence. So you're, what you're doing, obviously, yeah, look, that's that's what you're doing. But others, especially around here, could find that to be offensive, okay, in that Actually, regard. Actually, I've had, I've been out here for, I don't know, five, six hours, including yeah. yesterday. I've had three negative comments and probably... 100 positive ones tons of beautiful conversations yeah 99% of people out here agree with this so yeah. all I do is have calm peaceful fact based no, I'm not saying you don't but I, I understand and what I you're saying I don't create any trouble at all yeah, so but what I'm saying is, is what someone's saying, obviously filed a false report with you but, saying but, I was inside no, the Disney but, store but, so you should go but, look but at what the I am saying, no, that, yeah, but what I'm saying is some people may take offence to that and that's where you fall short <laughs> I there I could have a sign that said um, I think Ireland is beautiful and some people might take offense they to could. that. They could, yeah. So we- well, that's interesting. So he just acknowledges that, which is this obvious, but yeah, they could. So he just admitted on the record that if you were wearing a sign that says Ireland is beautiful and that offended somebody, that you would be told to take it down. That if you didn't, you'd be arrested because somebody was offended by it. Think about how ridiculous that is. I'm not making this up. This is the case. That's how broken. And I, I argue that this has only been allowed because it gives police or rather the government the authority to abuse this when they want to in any way. They can just remove you from con- because somebody's offended somewhere. And some people might take offense they to could. that. They could, yeah. So would you arrest me if I had a sign well, that I'm said I think that, Ireland but, is beautiful? But, so you're, going, you're getting ahead of yourself here. Mm. No one said about arresting anybody. All right. Okay, so you need to kind of come back a bit there. Go back what to a, what? Come back a bit. What? Listen to what I'm saying. So what, what I'm saying. So is, I have conversations about you. Yes, I know. But I, what I'm saying to you is, and you can and go I back on your conversations and opinions are still permitted. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah but, yeah, but you can go back in your records and you can quote what I've just said. Well, I'm not saying you can't have conversations. I'm not saying. All right. Well, I'm just saying that the signs that you're saying you're some people can find it offensive. Yes, sure. They can. Sure okay. They and that's where. And your point is what exactly? Well. That would be a breach of the law. Okay. okay. As I've just quoted, okay, which again is section seven of the criminal. What- so his point then is you can't have conversations. <laughs> Apparently he doesn't understand that he's being contradictory. If I had a sign that said I love Ireland and someone found that offensive, would that be a breach well, of the law? I haven't got calls about that. I mean so- some people could find yeah. anything offensive. Yeah, I know. They could, but so I'm could just, anything I'm just- be in breach of that law? <laughs> Quite possibly good. But Anything at all could be in breach of that law. If someone finds offense, something you're displaying it in a public place, okay? So, so look, if someone finds offense, whose problem is that? Is that my problem or is that their problem? Well, it'd be your problem if you got arrested for it because you'd be the one before the judge having to explain it. I don't mind getting arrested. I'm happy yeah. to. Well, I'm not looking to arrest you. That's okay. not my purpose. Well, please here. do though, because no. it would be great. It would be very helpful for my campaign. Why would it be helpful for your campaign? Well, because everyone would, be, would see how absolutely ridiculous the Irish police is behaving by arresting a man who thinks that we shouldn't sterilize kids. Yeah, yeah. Well. I'm not going to arrest you, okay. but what I am going to do, okay, is you were to stay away 
from the Disney store. It wasn't but in the Disney store. Here, I don't, I'm not this even, has nothing to do with yeah. the Disney store. Yeah, Someone but, filed a but, false report but with that's you. Fine, but that's Please why I'm go here. look at the footage. No, no, but that's why I'm here. I, I wasn't will. in the Disney store. Yeah, but, but I will. So your entire claim yeah. is based on well, a lie look, of somebody. I, I, tell you, I tell you what we're, we're going to do, okay? You're going to get a direction, obviously, to leave this minute area, okay? And stay away from Why the should Disney I leave store. this area? Because I've requested okay? That's, that, that's oh, why. from the Disney store? So like 100 feet down that way? Just stay away from the Disney store. Because I happen to walk down a public street. Well, not exactly just happen to walk down a public street. What do you mean? You, 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 you've caused people to put calls in. And as a result of those calls, this is why I'm standing here. Okay. Okay. So people don't like what he's doing. So they call and say they're offended. Well, they may be, or maybe they're just abusing the law. How about this is just some political talking points they disagree with? Are they offended by it or they just disagree with it or they they don't want it to be out there? The point is, this can be abused by anybody at any point. What what if they got a call right then who said, I'm offended by that police officer standing there? Is some police officer going to come arrest him for being offending? Offensive? (laughs) Like it, this is irrationally irrelevant. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever other than authority. So do what you're told, which is the point, isn't it? But he wasn't in the Disney store. <laughs> they, they got, this gets even funnier. Just watch. Okay, so I have obviously other things to do as well. You're on your campaign. That's fine. Okay. But what I'm saying to you is stay away from the Disney store and do not interact. I wasn't and, in the Disney store. That's fine. You, you keep saying that. And I, look, I will check. No, the because you, the whole, but, the whole but ba- I didn't just land here do I, for the Do I get to speak or are you going to yeah, keep no, cutting course, me off? Yeah. All right, you know what? So he didn't just land there because. So what's his insinuation that you were in the Disney store because they told me you were? It's just silly, isn't it? Conversation is. I do. Where one person speaks and then the other. I don't need your sarcasm. Well, I don't need your ridiculous behavior. It's not assuming that there's something offensive about my sign. Now, first of all, you came here accusing me of being in the Disney store. I wasn't in the Disney store. I'm standing on the busiest public street potentially in Dublin. Yeah, correct. And I'm not doing anything. I haven't offended anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't have, approach people. You have, as a result of why we're here. But that's what not I'm that saying. That I'm aware of. But, I, 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 my main but I'm not concern. moving off this street. Yeah, well, so if well, you well, want to well, do something no, no, about listen, that, go listen, ahead listen. and do something my about main that. Concern, but I know my rights. Listen. I've read the Irish yeah, okay, law. And you keep fine. cutting me off still. And I'm not moving off this street. Well, I didn't ask so you can do whatever you want to do. I didn't ask you off the street. I asked you to refrain from the Disney stuff. I didn't go in the Disney So if we go back to the Disney that's fine. You keep saying that. But just let's get clear. Go look at the footage. I will. But this get is clear, okay? If you approach the Disney store and I come back here, you will this be. This has arrested. nothing to do with the Disney store. But it has because that's who called me and that's why I'm here. You're missing the I point. I wasn't in the Disney store. You're missing store. the point. I have I no have, intention of going in the not, Disney store and I, I wasn't have, in the Disney store. I have store. been given information to suggest otherwise. And that's well, why. Well, go I'm look here. at the footage. No, I will. You need to then go do it and you, come back. Do we not realize how irrational it is to stand there and force this conversation in under the premise that he was in the Disney store? And he keeps going, yeah, yeah, I'll go look. But in the meantime, you don't go in the store because they told it. Like, I don't know if this guy is just so completely lost in the, the illogical sense of everything that's happening today. But the entire premise is based on the illusion that this happened. And if it didn't, then there's no point in having this conversation. But yet he keeps circling. But you keep saying that. Well, yeah, because that means this whole thing doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's just, this, is, this is just entertaining, I have to admit. But it's really scary that this is real. Right now, you're wasting your time. I wasn't wasting in the your time. Store. No, you're not wait- I'm not wasting my time. I'm getting a point across to you. I've you heard the point ten times. Okay, so carry on. And I never was in the Disney store. That's I never fine. had intention of going yeah. in the Disney yeah. store. Okay. The you Disney store is on this street, yeah. and I've just been walking up and yeah. down the street. Okay. That's okay. all. Well, I've received 
numerous complaints that you I got stopped here and had a conversation with someone in the middle of this street. So go ahead and look at the footage. I will. And then you can come back. So, but as I said, if you go to the Disney store, you may be Did I hear that before? Have you said that before? But if you look back and hear two recording devices, I'm sure you have enough memory to look back and see exactly what I said, okay? Yeah, I think I've heard you say that I shouldn't go in the Disney store. Guess what? I was never in the Disney store. But good man, don't go in. You go have fun and go look at the footage and come on back. And by the way, don't give your children puberty blockers. You seem like the type that might. Do you have kids? Yeah, I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean you have to everyone else? Bye now. Don't tell me, don't try and come up to me. Mm. Okay, or anyone else. Mm. Do you want to engage? Yeah, don't give your kids puberty blockers, all right? Huh? Don't give your kids puberty blockers. He's just pushing his boundaries. Be a good dad now. Well done, well done. Well Thank done. you. Okay, now here's the interesting part on top of everything, is that he gets praised by seemingly everybody. Now, you can't pretend this was orchestrated because it's just kind of naturally happening. And now, I, there are still people that clearly don't like what he's doing, but it shows you that there's a lot of people that are just overwhelmed with not having a voice in all this. They're going, thank God somebody's saying this. And I argue that's most people that are terrified to be called a bigot, to be called, to be, to be canceled, especially if you're in a position that that, that matters. <laughs> You know, bring it on. Try and cancel me. I don't care what you think because my situation doesn't depend on your financing or anything else. So that's that's what it matters. You see, they like to cancel people, like acting like you're going to somehow ruin their reputation. The problem is the only time that matters is if you allow their opinion to matter to you. I care about the truth at all costs. No, I'm serious. Go ahead and arrest me. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Well Someone done. called and said I was in the Disney store. I wasn't in the Disney no, store. No, thank you for standing up for that. And they have no right to speak to you like that. If anyone made that's an right. objection, that's an opinion. It's not based on fact. That's right. That's all it he is. said, well, if your opinion is offensive to someone, you could be in breach of well, whatever. Well, I was offended that the guard was impinging on your freedom of speech. You should, so you should arrest them. What's offensive well, about saying yeah. children are too young? You would let a child get a tattoo, would you? That's right. So, I mean, think about how easy the logic is, right? You wouldn't let a child get a tattoo. Because that's that's irresponsible. But we're going to get them puberty blockers and, and surgeries before they're. I mean, just it's it's, it's so illogical. You let a child get a tattoo, so why would you let them choose to have treatment? Well done. Keep it up. Yeah, thank you. Look what he's done. I live in. Look Mexico. what they've done. Whoever filed this false report, now they've caused a big scene. Right. All these no, people well, are talking good, about this. It's good to cause a scene because then people will say, wait, we're not No, exactly. thank you very much for doing this. I, I live in Mexico City. Okay. And, and we are invaded with this kind of ideology. See? And thank you very much for doing this. Everybody. It's, it's a brave, brave act for me. Jesus thank Christ, you very much. two genders. Yeah, two sexes. I don't... We're talking about 1%, just at least in the U.S. discussion. How is this making sense that it's a global agenda? I don't even like the word gender. Huh? I have this expression, there are two sexes. There are zero genders, and there are infinite personalities. So what? I, my expression is there are two sexes, there are infinite... There are two sexes, Male there are zero genders, and there are infinite personalities. Male and female. And that just sums up everyone. Because there's no right way to be a boy or a girl. I can't have if a If a girl theory. wants to climb trees and play in the dirt and hates wearing dresses, guess what? She's a beautiful girl. Right? She's not a boy. So, these police are ridiculous. Here, here comes the first one that probably was the one that made the false call about the the store. Tripping. Right here, this guy. <laughs> He's just really angry. Yeah. Biggest. Oh, what's bigoted about this? They call him a bigot. What's bigoted about it? You want to have a conversation? Of course not. No conversation. You know what's what's wild to me is that we're in a world where you don't have to agree with him. But in what world is he not allowed to have this opinion? The one they're trying to build. 
You're just simply not allowed because it makes you a racist, terrorist, threatening, violent person. No, it's none of those things. Any of those are possible, but it's the idea that you just disagree, that you feel that this is the case. And by the way, you have the entirety of the last how are you? All of human history up until the last generation that does also had agreed with that. So it's weird that we're acting like this new thought process is the only thing that matters and everything else ever is not real and you're dangerous and scary. Like it's just irrational from top to bottom. Now here's the next part, which, which is my favorite part. So what happened? Oh, I spoke to them. Continue doing what you're doing. I have no issue with that. All right, you just please refrain from the front of the Disney store. That's all. Did you look at the CT CCTV well, I footage? Didn't because when I spoke to them, there's no even need to look at the CCTV. Because- <laughs> oh, I didn't though, because you know we worked it out. Ah, so you did, and you realized you were wrong, and now you're pretending you didn't look. This guy is a coward, man. You're you're a follower, and you're a coward. Be honest about it. Be like, you know, you were right, and I'm apologize. That would be an honest. That would be an adult. Not in this situation, though. He admits I was never in the store, right? Look, they just asked if you stay with the front. Do what you're doing. You have a way to do what you're doing, okay? Correct. Just, if you don't mind, please, just away from the Disney store. That's all. Yeah, I'll stand over here. Thank you. Thanks. All right? Okay. God, that's just sad, man. Like, you can't just be real about it and be like, yes, they were wrong. You weren't in the store. No, you got to, it's just, this is the reality of where this is. And it's very, it's all irrational. It's all sad. And then speaking of irrational and sad, we showed you this earlier, but just in case you missed it, this is the Democrat Nebraska state Senator. Uh, what is that? Machella Kavanaugh, who has been drinking the woke Kool-Aid of insanity. This is the person writing this. It's not a loop. There is an ending. This is not alter. This is literally what she did with her time representing the people of, of uh, Nebraska. That doesn't sound like a very rational person. That sounds like somebody who's going to take irrational action based on the assumption that this has to happen or bad things will. Like, that's, you're being murdered in the streets, and if I don't do this, like, that's the kind of sentiment you get from that. That she's irrational. Like, she's spinning out of control, and she's wrong. The idea that somehow these people are being, you know, attacked, it's just not the reality. The moment this became a focus on children was the moment that you saw the right mobilize against this. There's always been people that don't like anybody different on all sides of the world. But that is when this started. That person is, is, is unstable. And, she th- and, some, and all of that aside, that's, those are my opinions. All that aside, why do you think that is the way? Like, are you under the impression that's going to have some kind of an effect? Like, that's going to drive people to change their minds? Like, that's going to have some kind of an effect on policy or going to affect change in their lives? 
Well, that's childishly ridiculous. That's not going to do any of that. All that's going to do is make you the center of attention. It's going to make you virtue. You're the virtuous one standing up with your emotional ploy for what they need. That's a child's act. That's sad. And as my point from before, the reason these people are in power, which is a scary thing to even say, in positions of power, is because the people who are who have integrity, the people that are willing to stand up and take a hard path because they believe in what they're doing, they believe in representing you honestly, are the ones that get cast aside as conspiracy theorists and right-wing danger in all the things we talked about. It's not just right-wing either. We saw Democrats get called right-wing conspiracy theorists when they said vaccines were dangerous or could be, right? The point is that you end up with only the people that are too stupid to know they're wrong or don't care. And that's what it looks like. That's by design. And now here's just one last example of how ridiculous all this is. And we're talking about, you know, oh, you know what? I actually forgot about that. Oh, man. There is something that I have to show you that you're going to, it's just perfect time to make this point too. So what you're looking at is, as the, as the, 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 the agorist pointed out, and I think he's just trying to make a joke. This guy wasn't in charge of nukes, but never forget Joe Biden put this man in charge of nukes. This was the, 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 I don't know if it was identified as trans or cross-dressing or whatever the terms are these days, but clearly this person was a, you know, in the community. And the argument, or not even the argument, the point was the person got put there because of that, not because they were the best person for the job, sort of like the KJB conversation. KJP, the person who is clearly bad at the job, but they love to tout that she's a lesbian because that makes, that matters more than, than everything, apparently. Well, the point is, this person is no longer in that position. Why? They were arrested in, in, the, in the third, third luggage theft case. So you're working for the White House and you're stealing people's luggage so you can dress in their clothes. And that got exposed in real time where they showed this person wearing these dresses and then said, look, this is that person's dress. And they stole it. It was a unique dress that was only. And these are the kind of people that the Biden administration is putting in power. Why? Well, because of the virtue of their identity. That's crazy. And this is just, you know, community notes. They weren't in charge of nukes. I don't think Sal was trying to, it was a joke. But the point is ultimately that this is what we're seeing happen. And what I wanted to show you was something that is just really embarrassing. Where was that? Uh, oh, actually, I forgot. I have my own tweet of it, actually. Hold on. Let me do it like this. This is a tweet of KJP. And as I said, there we go. Is that Fetterman up there? <laughs> or, and who is the watch? I'll, I'll read it afterwards since you need to hear what she says. This is really embarrassing. I mean, really, this is, the, this is what it looks like to put someone in a position that is unqualified for the position simply because of their identity, which is, is what they're pretending is, what, is that's what everybody should be doing, apparently. There we go. This just happened. Uh, look, um, look, that's not the as it, as you uh, speak to priors, priors, priors. <laughs> By the way, I'll start it over. I won't, I won't stop it again. Just imagine how difficult this was for the sign language person. Uh, look, um, look, that's not the as it, as you uh, speak to prioritization. Uh, that is not the plan. It is a, a recipe for economic catastrophe. Uh, it would throw the economy into chaos. Uh, so just want to be really clear about this. The, uh, uh, the Secretary Treasury uh, said and has said 
this as well, that uh, prioritization is effectively a default. Uh, Stephen, Stephen um, Munchkin, Munchkin uh, said, and I quote, that doesn't make sense. The government should honor. I just can't even believe that. She didn't. So let's, let's be clear. She read that and then said it a second time and kept going. Wow. Is that Fetterman up there? And who is this Steve Munchkin guy? <laughs> Shouldn't she know who Steve Mnuchin is by now? I mean, my God. Hashtag equity. <laughs> this is ridiculous, guys. This is the state of where we are. This is she. First of all, it's not even my opinion. What this person is doing, and it's not because she's a woman or because she's black or because she's a lesbian. It's because she's not good at the job. Is that she's trying to read word by word from this book, which one shows you that she's not even knowledgeable about the topics. But the fact that she can't, she's trying, in, in doing so, is trying to continue the thread, which, which people tend to do, you know, where you kind of, you're ad-libbing while you look for something else, and she's not, she can't do that. She stumbles and mispronounces words, and I mean, God, that's so embarrassing. Of course, somebody wants to make this about race, and that's because that's how, that's, that's how you make this case. I'm a right-wing supremacist, white supremacist. It's none of that. It's because the person is bad at their job. That's what this is. So the point about the this person is that that's what this looks like to hire people based on their, I mean, isn't in and of itself, that's racism. You are hiring people based on their outward appearance as opposed to their merit. Meritocracy is what we should be talking about. Now, last point on this last section before we finish the trans conversation with the hardest part of it. Matt Walsh says the goal is to make pride toxic for brands. If they decide to shove this garbage in our face, they should know that they'll pay a price. It won't be worth whatever they'll think they'll gain. Bud Light, first Bud Light, and now Target. Our campaign is making progress. Let's keep it going. Now, look, I have no problem pointing out that these companies are problematic and, 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 and you know boycotting them if you think that's important. But think about it from the perspective of overlapping what we're pointing out. And Matt Walsh's focus on the transgender discussion covers a lot of the same stuff that we talk about. But does that mean that Everything pride is toxic. Now, maybe from the government's perspective, because that's sort of what I'm saying, is the transgender movement, not the people, are how this, and there's plenty of people in that that are part of it, but that the overall movement and the politicization of it, that's the big issue. And so the same point is the whole pride push from the government is part of the same, but it's the flag and all of it. But doesn't that tend to be too broad? Aren't we then, aren't you then overlapping? And I'm just trying to be objective here. Honestly, I get where he's coming from. And I do see that you have to kind of tackle this at that direction. But overall, overall, you now have people that are not necessarily part of this, who just feel like they want to have pride in their idea, their gay identity or whatever, that are now being swept into it as toxic, as all of it. Now, look, I'm just going out of my way to make this point, to make, to make a point. I think this is going to ebb and flow more as this, as this grow, as always, right? The teeter-totter of the two-party paradigm. We're going to go another 10 years, and everything's going to, it goes back and forth. The crazy side becomes the other side. But my point is simply that this is how it goes. So just, I'm trying to prepare. Like I eventually we're going to see it kind of flow the other way. Based on the irrational side over here, we start being more irrational. You know, it justifies action from the other side, and that side becomes irrational too, and then it goes back and forth and back and forth. We just need to be objective in the middle of it all. But as this person makes the point and says, 10 years ago, your kind, of course, that, you know, I hate the way partisan people frame this, blasted Democrats for cancel culture. 
canceling brands for taking a political position or not. And you used to hate this stuff, and now you copied the playbook. Now, it's not an invalid point. I don't think it's the same thing. Personally, maybe that's just my opinion about the topic, and maybe that's certainly a fair point. But overall, to argue that we should cancel any group company out there that simply uses the pride flag or talks, you know, that, that seems like a little bit of an overreach to me. Like, not, you may, I'm not even to say I necessarily disagree because of how it's politicized. My point, though, is if we're truly trying to change it for the better and reach people, this is the equivalent of what I was saying before of DeSantis, you know, including that line about teaching the benefits of heterosexuality. It's like, well, you, if you it just stopped short right there, you would have been able to reach so many more people. Maybe that's the whole point. Now, anyway, I'm just trying to make the point that I think that it's important that we call this for what it is and don't over be, you know, be broad with this like the government always wants us to be. The problem, though, is I, I do see it, too. And I do see how the entire movement is being used, not just trans, but the entire thing. And it has been for a while. Right. So I'll leave it to you to decide where that lies. But ultimately, we just got to be careful. Is the only point that I'm making now, this part is tough, guys. And I really want to be very, very clear about this again. If you have children watching this, I don't recommend that you let them watch this part because this is rough. And it's not even, you'll see, it's not as maybe even as much as you may be thinking now since I built it, but I'm going to be showing you images of stuff that is hard to understand, especially as a child. But we're talking about the actual surgeries now and why I don't understand how this is not everywhere. This is wrong. It's a, we're experimenting on people who are, as we pointed out a moment ago, the most vulnerable among us. People that are insecure with their bodies, people that don't want, especially when you get into the children of it all, right? But right, right now, I'm just talking about, well, again, the main point is this is also happening with people that are under 18, which is unbelievable. But to focus on at this point, just anybody in this position, but specifically the adults who are going through this surgery and acting like, and they're vulnerable, right? These are people that are, that are as you just heard, seeking something different and being, being kind of placated. Right. And, and, and they're they're normalizing this and acting like it's a, you know, overall, I think a lot of people, some people, at the very least, are finding themselves in these positions and it's not actually right for them. It's the politics of it all and the fervor that's driving them to it. But as Joey points out, last night we spoke about the fake vaginal surgery transgender undergo. Now, let's talk about the fake penis surgery. Now, that's all I'm going to focus on today is just the the what's called. Fallo, 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 Phalloplasty, <clears throat> and what this means. He said it's absolutely brutal. Now I'll go. I'll show you the actual stuff. First, a woman has to undergo a hysterectomy. Then the woman has to have her ovaries removed. Let, I mean, let's not pretend like that can ever be put back, right? These two surgeries alone are absolutely brutal and tough recoveries, if ever, right? With recurring infections, and I mean, this is this is uncharted territory what we're about to get into. <clears throat> it says, then you have to have a, quote, vaginal mucosal ablation. That's a fancy way of saying that they sew the vagina closed. And it only gets worse from there. The doctors need tissue from your body to build a fake penis from, so they cut skin off your arm or your thigh or your back. Doesn't sound pleasant. After all that's uh, over, they begin constructing your penis. When they, that's all done, you have your fake penis that barely works. It can hardly get an erection. And from some things I read, it's not even possible, but this is being disputed. It feels like no, it feels no pleasure. It's just there. If you want an erection device, that's a whole different level of complicated surgeries. I can't even believe that's, and it's not, it's, and it's even more complicated. 
And none of this is, is even remotely fleshed out peer-reviewed studies and so on. That's if you make it through, first of all. He says if, if, if there are many stories of people having a fistula and a stricture in their new urethras and being struck with a sub a, a, a subrapacious catheter for months. Or ca- catheter, yeah. Of course, there are there are the infections. Those are brutal. And this is not your average UTI. This is the body rejecting a foreign object. Then there are the times when the tissue dies and you're stuck with a dead organ. Ejaculation isn't possible. That just isn't going to happen. And this is the best scenario. Now, don't forget, we've already, a while ago, talked about the really disconcerting surgery of, in like giving men the fake ability to excrete some sort of white substance that is not milk, that has no nutritious value. It's just a chemical substance that's manufactured to be able to produce by the, to, to make, it, make you feel like you're a woman. It's unreal. And, it, and, and then these trans people are giving that to a baby so they can feel better about themselves. And that's crazy. You're taking, back to this conversation, you're taking one to three years worth of surgeries before it's all over in some cases, which is millions and millions and millions of dollars for one person. In, brief, in briefly looking at literature, the lowest rate of complications they've seen is 25%. More commonly, the number seems over around 40% of people have complications. So when you see these people telling 10-year-olds that they should sew their vagina closed and attach a fake penis, you're talking about actual barbarism. That's his opinion. I agree. This is what they want for our kids. This is the agenda. Now, you could argue that's from everybody on the left who's pushing this. I don't agree with that. But from the government's perspective, I do believe that there's an agenda behind this. Whether this is what they want or it's a means to an end, does it really matter? Now he goes on to say, for those asking, here's the thread on the vaginoplasty. So you can read that too if you want to go through that side of it. If you want some truly mind-blowing statistics on transgender youth, just read this. And I'm not going to get into this in depth, but Dr. Lisa Lippman did a survey in 2018 of 256 parents whose children presented with rapid onset gender dysphoria, which was how this actually started, arguing that there was a problem that needed to be corrected. Then it just morphed into, it's just your choice and you can pick whatever you want. I don't even know how we can argue that logically makes sense. But it says 82.8% of subjects were girls. That's crazy, as they just said. Many different people talking about this are saying we're focusing on women, which is why people call it a misogynistic effort. But it says these findings are mind-blowing. The average age when they announced that they were transgender was 15.2 years of age. 41% of the children had expressed non-heterosexual orientation before identifying with transgenderism. 62.5% of the children had a diagnosis of at least one mental health disorder or neurodevelopmental disorder, like autism, before it, which seems that they're very clearly focusing on people that are vulnerable. 36.8% of children had friend groups in which the majority had identified as transgender. It's a, it's this is a fad. Not to say that means it's not, it's something that some people go, the point is that in a general sense, you can't ignore how clearly this is a political drive. That there are people getting wrapped up in all of this that think this is just something they can do. Like it's buying a new hat and it's very disconcerting. 47.2% of children had a decline in mental health after after expressing their dysphoria. 57.3% had a decline in parent-child relationship after expressing it. 25% stopped spending time with non-transgender friends. 49.4% tried to isolate themselves from their families. 46.6% were reported by parents to not only trust 
to, to only trust information from transgender sources. You see how crazy this begins to get? 86.7% of youth, of young people, after expressing this, showed an increase in social media, internet use. So who, in fact, who exactly is being radicalized by social media? I think it's the whole projection part of this. 50% suddenly only trust. Or that's just like we saw in the Transformers thing. I only feel safe around non-binary people. That is out of control. Now, this is where we get into the graphic stuff, guys. So be prepared. I'm not going to linger on this, but we need to see this. Ashley St. Clair shares this. We're posting this from Dr. Luke. See, by the way, apparently she was just censored on Twitter. I don't know if she got her account back or not, but saying that some of these things, her account seems to be here, but apparently she just had a tweet censored. It's still happening. I, I bet you this something like this is going to probably get start to get censored as soon as Yaccarino starts taking over. It already happened, I guess, but it's important for people to see the reality of what they're calling gender-affirming care. Now, this is what she's writing, but I do know that in many cases, this is the reality. This thing has no function. There's no sexual function. There's no reproductive function. There's no urination function, no feeling. This young, confused girl is likely going to regret this at some point. This is what it looks like. Cut off the leg and just sewn on to the body. That's disgusting. That doesn't even look like this is Frankenstein surgery, guys. There's no point at that. There's nothing about that that adds up other than just putting, sewing some object on so you feel like. Now, as I understand it, there's arguments about how some, maybe this, the surgery was done poorly. The point is some of them apparently have some kind of function, but I'm finding that hard to believe based on my research. But we will continue to look into it. But again, you can see clearly that this is horrific. That doesn't go away, the, the, the scar and all that on your, on your leg. And then this oddly shaped thing with nothing. It's just a round. This looks like, I mean, God, it just looks wrong. And this is what we're being told is normal. This, oh, and then somebody commented down here, I think. And this is what we're getting from people on Twitter. This is fake. Nobody would do that. And that's not unique, guys. So many people in this are going, nah, it's not real. It is real, guys. I'll show it to you. But the point is, and this is what I love what this person says, I wish I was so protected that I thought this was fake. The, the people that think this is fake are the ones that are saying everybody should be able to, telling your children can choose. Now, some of them are horrible people because they know this is what's happening and still do it. But I think most of them, the house moms and Karens of the world, don't know they think they're wrapped up in whatever, just like the CDC telling people what to think about the COVID situation. They're following along with what the certain influencers say they're supposed to think about this because they're told if you don't, then you're a dangerous person. You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're a white supremacist. Scary. Here's what somebody else said. Oh, actually, this is important. This, ta- this gets into the Twitter discussion of this, right? This is what Twitter put on this, guys. This is real. So this is she shared this image, and this is what Twitter put on it. And this changed, by the way. I'll show you the older one that they've changed it from. It says this is called <clears throat> phalloplasty. After surgery, depending on what the patient deemed important to them, they will be able to urinate, have sensation, and have an erection. Like all major surgery, the healing process takes time, and there's a chance of rejection. But that is not true. 
in regard to most people as far as my research has shown. Now, you tell me how this thing with nothing on, like, there's no way that that adds up to what they just said. Now, maybe this is the unique and poorly done one, but I'll show you directly from the hospital's page what they're showing you. Oops, hold on. There we go. Now, first of all, though, here's what it said first. Oh, wait, is that, oh, man. Oh, come on. I had, I grabbed the wrong one. Hold on. I want to show you what it said first, because this is what I get so concerned about when it comes to Twitter and the way that they're towing the line, as much as all the people want to pretend that somehow Elon Musk is on your side and all the stuff they're, they're pushing, that they're still censoring hate, what they call hate speech. They're still, you know, everything, everything you think was stopped because you're listening to certain people on Twitter, it's all still happening. I'm just trying to find what the other, there we go. Here it is. This is crazy to me and frustrating. <laughs> Come on, man. What is going on? Jeez. And I have to take a screenshot of this because the download button won't work. It just nothing works ever, always. <laughs> Welcome to technocracy. Well, here's a screenshot anyway, so screw everybody. Here is, I'm kept kidding, whoever's trying to stop me. The point here is this is what it said first. This tweet is factually incorrect. The photo shows a girl's penis, which has a number of functions, including but not limited to making the girl feel better and giving the sensation of having a penis. Exactly the point. It is an arbitrary, meaningless, I mean, it's, it is something that is there so they feel better. Now, the arguments, again, even they're putting out this, no, it's a girl's penis, which has a number of functions. And then they change that. Somebody stepped in and goes, whoa, we got to make sure we were, that's narrative control. And the point is, they some of them can, depending on what they care about. No, there's something wrong here. Now, here it says, phalloplasty is a type of bottom surgery. It's what they call it. Available to transgender men or those who identify as transmasculine. It involves the surgical creation of a penis from skin and other tissue harvested from another part of the body. Now, when you get into this, it becomes very clear. This is not some side. This is very real. This is on Boston's Children's Hospital. The procedure surgeons harvest one or more flaps of skin and other tissues from the donor site on your body, usually your forearm. They basically roll that up and make it into whatever they're calling that, they, the, whatever they're calling that. This part is on Crane Center phalloplasty surgery. And it shows you exactly what we're talking about. The arm, where it comes from, and the same thing. Look at his legs, her legs. Now, when you really get when you get into all of this, you find out that it's not as simple as they're making it. The idea that this is something that is wildly problematic: infections, rejection, forty percent having side effects, and that not you know on and on and on. And on top of that, as as even they admitted in the beginning, well, it's really just mostly about letting them feel like they're something they're not. This is normalizing genital mutilation and normalizing people in some cases that are actually just mentally unstable. Not all of them. Some people just feel this is right for them. But you could argue that is the same thing, but I'll leave that to people to decide for themselves. But 100%, some of these people are people that are being taken advantage of by a system that is eating them up and spitting them out because they're vulnerable. 
everything's wrong about this. Now, when you get into this and you dive further into this conversation about all the different surgeries and all the way this is working, you find out two very clear things. One, it's wildly untested. Now, why does that make sense in a time when they're pushing everything about safe and effective, safe and effective, and here we are pushing something that you can prove is, I mean, if at all, limited in its testing. And on top of that, you're doing it in ways that are barely even been realized. Like this is being like long-term stuff. What happens when they, when, like, let's say they want to, look, I could go, you could go on forever about this. The bottom line is that there are serious complications and there are people, as we just proved to you, that wake up and go, I made a mistake and you can't come back from that. And here we are watching them normalize this to the point to where it's literally on Boston Children's Hospital. Just come in and change your entire, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's unfortunate and sad that people are being pushed into this. Now, the unjustifiable, the, the, well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's not justifiable, but the point would be that ultimately the connection between the white supremacy conversation is being patched together for an obvious political reason, in my opinion. They really want you to think that anybody that's trying to attack people in this situation are all, it's all because you're a Republican, because you're a white supremacist, because you're a racist, when ultimately, as far as I can tell, the vast majority of people that are pushing back on this are people that just care about children. Now, I guarantee you within that category are people that just hate anybody different. Of course, that's possible. Of course, that's a guarantee. Somebody out there is using this because they just don't like it. But overall, a huge part of it is the situation of vulnerable people. But they're going out of their way to try to make this overlap for obvious political reasons. Why transphobia is at the heart of the white power movement. I mean, it just seems absurd. Gender nonconformity threatens a worldview that's fixated on immutable and antiquated gender roles. Now, what's crazy about this is just like we point out in regard to the Ukraine, which we'll get into, is that they point over there like that's some kind of bastion of the, you know, the future of everything the world should be, despite the fact that right now they're actually abusing, beating up, killing, forcing into military service transgender people right now in Ukraine. As even the Vice News tried to clumsily make it look like something else, when you even read their article, it becomes clear that they have always been a threat from this government, and they're scared. And when they tried to leave the country, which, by the way, we need to realize in some cases meant they were trying to go to Russia, as we showed you in the article, which doesn't really make sense with their narrative, but they got stopped by the Ukrainian military that said, nope, you're a man, go to work, you need to fight for us. And the point was they were fleeing from that. So why does it make sense? The point is that this is all about a means to an end. They, it's, they desperately need to make anybody pushing back against the larger agenda, whether that's transhumanism or the nanotechnology direction or whatever we're talking about, to make you a danger. Just by speaking up. That's what we're talking about over there. You're not, you can't misgender them. These all connect together. You can't just say the thing we tell you you're not supposed to say. Yeah, we actually can. But what they're trying to do now is create a situation where you are an actual violent threat because you say the wrong thing. And from one moment to the next, that'll be about pronouns. The next thing it'll be about whatever the new foreign policy agenda is or whatever the next thing they're trying to jam in your arm is or the next thing they're trying to tell you you have to lock down for. It's going to be those kind of things. White supremacy is the most lethal threat to the U.S. Now, don't forget, as clumsy as, as, as this has always been, they're 
you can be part of the white supremacy threat if you're a Mexican. You can be part of the white supremacy threat if you're an Indian person. You get all sorts of things, which I'll show you right now. So which really does show you it's not really about white supremacy at all. It's about being white at all. It's about framing it as white, white supremacy because there's an agenda tied to that. And then just naming anybody they want to part of that. Vanilla ISIS or whatever these overlaps are that are really embarrassingly stupid. But well, this is CNN for you. This is 2020, by the way. Still, still, still right now happening. They've been telling you this is where it's going. Now, Michael Schellenberger, as you, you might have already seen, pointed out something very, very important, which we've already been telling everybody. Doesn't mean this isn't very important because this adds to this picture and shows you that, the, well, in fact, verifiably, which if you've been watching the whole FBI testimony and so on, it's, it's very important that they were overwhelmingly present to January 6th, not just a couple of them. The FBI, Biden, and the media say domestic violent extremism is increasing, but it's not, which I agree with. Americans are more tolerant than ever. Well, I don't agree with that, but it says what's actually increasing are cases of the FBI manipulating and persecuting disfavored and mentally impaired people in order to terrify the public. Now, my point would be simply that we already proved to you that one of the most obvious things they did was January 6th happened, which was clearly a government operation. That's not my opinion. I mean, it's just undeniable. And I'll, I'll show you the articles where I go over that if you care to look. And every single person that was investigated, every one of them, whether they just happened to be there that day and wandered through or they were kicking doors down, whatever it was, every single one of them were their own investigation in the way that they framed that. So overnight, there was 100,000 investigations into Nazis and white supremacy. Well, that's quite dishonest, isn't it? No, you're talking about one event where you're then just claiming everybody there was a Nazi and then investigating them under that guise. Now, even if they ended up to be, the point is that you can't then pretend you show that on a graph. What does it look like? An explosion. One day to the next. It's everywhere. Lying with statistics. They know how to do this well. You know, COVID-19 was a clear example of that. But he says, the agency is out of control and must be reformed immediately. Oh, this is not, the next one is the one I'll show you. Um, I think it's right here. Make sure I didn't miss it. Oh, there's right there. We'll get to it in a second. The point is, though, that there is obviously manipulation. They're trying to convince you that there's this problem. You. Domestic terrorism, white supremacy. It's all you. It's all the same problem. But we're going to show you right now how obvious this is tied back to the very same thing we've been trying to call out since this started. They're now framing it. Of course, the recent discussion is anti-Semitism, which is always how they do this for the longest time. Despite the fact that when you really break down the concept of what a Semite is and understand that, is, uh, that Israelis are not even Semites in most cases, that really what we're talking about is a lot of the African and, and Middle East areas. So it's, it's just, as always, it's a manipulation of what the terms are in general. But of course, they want you to think it's just anything derogatory toward Jewish people. And by default, anything about Zionism, Israel, or even things they just pretend are connected to that, that you don't realize, wink, wink, whatever becomes whatever they want it to be. Now, in no way does that mean it doesn't exist. That would be a dumb thing to assume. The point is that everything is being conflated with racism, with anti-Semitism, all this stuff, so they can then call anybody they want who says the thing that they don't agree with a racist. Pretty simple. And then when you speak up, you go, so you, you know, the point is they just kick you down, they sideline you and act like you're somehow not part of the main conversation. And you know this has been happening for quite a long time, using anti-Semitism as a guise. Well, they literally just launched today the national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. Really. Now, despite how it's very, very clear 
that the rising focus in this country is by by and large the focus on white male Americans. That's not my opinion. They're the ones openly telling you that and yet still arguing because that doesn't matter. You if you're offended, no one cares. Right. If, If you're feeling subjected, if you're if you're feeling or rather if you're feeling subjugated. If you're feeling abused, no one cares. Right, so you're, we're, you're allowed to hate Russians right now. You're allowed to hate white people. It's okay. So it's not about hate, really. It's about hating the right people, which shows you they're hypocrites. But the bottom line is they're doing all of this under a guise of creating this. Like, it's about creating the momentum behind the idea and the claiming that every right now Jews are under attack all over the country. Well, I argue, sure, it's happening. Sure, Jews are being attacked, just like blacks are being attacked, like whites are being attacked, like anybody is being attacked to some degree. Now, do I know what number is higher? Does it really matter? To some people it does, because it's all about being the most victimized, right? You're more important when you've been more so victimized, which is ridiculous. But let's watch what they actually say here. I have a couple of clips on this, and then we'll read what they wrote down and show you why this is so important and ties back to Charlottesville, the beginning of the agenda, you know, the fake march that was put forward by an operation by the government. Not all of them. I guarantee there's plenty of people there that were just racist. But we know as a matter of fact that the Azov movement's international arm, the Rise Above movement, was there. We also know that Vanguard America, which, by the way, is now called Patriot Front, was also there. And all of them tie directly back to the CIA and the Azov movement, which is a CIA operation. If you don't remember that, I'll verifiably prove it to you, as always. But bottom line is all of it ties back together. And so if Biden is about what you'll hear in a second, telling you that his entire, he decided to run for president after Charlottesville, that all of it started with Charlottesville. Well, yeah, that's what I've been telling you, because that's where it was supposed to start. All of it, the cars hitting protesters and the marching with the tiki torches. Yeah, that was the very group they're now funding in Ukraine, which is really the CIA. So the point is that it's impossible to pretend that that started the Nazi problem in our country and then pretend like the Azov movement aren't that. They're the same thing. It's on, it's on the record. That's what's so stupid this is. So the people telling you you're a Nazi are funding Nazis. <laughs> it's just, and most of them don't even know that, which is so embarrassing because they just follow along with the narrative. But I only have this stopped at one point. I'm not going to go through the whole video. It's a long, longer one, but I'll read you what they wrote down. But let's listen to this one clip on the hard reality that anti-Semitism is becoming mainstream. And I knew that was going to happen. Damn it. Always YouTube. Always. This one's going to do the same thing. I just don't know where it was now. Yeah, look at how bad YouTube is. What a, what a, what a terrible platform. Always breaking and always, or, or only breaking for certain people, you know. As somebody freaked out when they I can't believe you think that they are not trying. <laughs> it's so clear. Right? You know, I, I, it's the same thing I show you guys all the time. If I try to do transcripts, it doesn't work until I use VPN, go to private window, it pops right up. <laughs> Weird. In any case, I don't remember where this was. Let's see if I can just grab something really quickly. Oh, you know what? Oh, that was, this is, we'll start with this and I'll look for that while it's playing. I did want to start right in the beginning with Biden. What he says right in the beginning is very interesting. Oh, here's a funny thing to point out, by the way. I don't see people screaming that, how is he going to run the country if he can't run a live stream? <laughs> you know, what they all did with, with, DeSantis and Twitter. 
Same thing happens right here. <laughs> These people are incompetent. That's all of them, by the way. Years ago, now not. Come on. I want you to hear the beginning. Six, six years ago, neo-Nazis marched out of a field in Charlottesville, Virginia, literally carrying torches and neo-Nazi flags. Yep. Oh, yeah, I'll let it keep playing right here. And spewing this that was heard across Europe in the 30s. In the process, a young woman was killed. What'd you hear? There are very fine people on both sides. Come on. Right. So, again, tying back in Trump, right? Well, what he, what he said was not that those Nazis are nice people, because that would be dumb. What he said was that w- w- the reality that there was a gigantic protest with all sorts of people, not just these people with torches. There were people that were there for other reasons on all sides. So the point is, I, you know, not one that I like to not. I, I don't like to agree with Trump, but the point is very clearly, or any politician, that there were people on all sides of this that had nothing to do with what happened, which is what he meant. But of course, they will take as every possible opportunity, dishonest and otherwise, to frame the opposition however they want, because everything political is dishonest. Everything. So here we are, where he's saying both people on both sides. Well, no, that the point was you guys were well aware that that tied directly back to your operational work. And that's why it has been pointed at ever since. Now, I don't know, maybe Biden doesn't know that or Trump, but I do know that from an agenda level, this was clear. And even at that moment, was it provable? Reminder. Reminder that hate never goes away. It only hides. Give me just a little bit of oxygen. So if hate never goes away and it only hides, then why are you trying to stop it? Right? I mean, is the whole point that we're trying to remove hate, stop hate speech? Well, if all it does is hide, then how do you explain why what you're doing makes sense? See, the point is they don't think logically. They just think, what, what can I say right now that's going to get the most emotional reaction? That, that's what they do. You can could, could play his last two speeches, and I guarantee you there's something in there that probably contradicts each other. <laughs> that's just because they don't really care. Hate, of course, is always present. People will always hate, which is what I've said always. You can't remove that. People will have their opinions. So to argue we need to censor speech to stop it, but simultaneously it never goes away, is ridiculous. Comes out from under those rocks of a vengeance. In the past several years, hate's been given too much oxygen, fueling a record rise in anti-Semitism. It's simply wrong. It's not only it's immoral, it's unacceptable. It's on all of us. It's on all of us to stop it. We must say clearly and forcefully that anti-Semitism and all forms of hate and violence have no place in America. And silence, silence is complicity. It cannot remain silent. Yeah, what do you have to say about Israel, Joe? What's going on in Palestine right now, Joe? Crickets. Oh, so you're right then. I guess I agree with you that you are complicit, but that's a different. It only applies when they want it to apply, right? But the bottom line is that this is absurd. Well, hold on, what do you say right there? Yeah, that, again, the point what they say with Trump, like when he didn't stand up and condemn them. The whole point was Trump never condemned the thing that we all think. Like, it's just, it's, it's politics. We need to stand up and say that there is no place for hate. Okay, who is telling us there's a place for these things? 
there's I mean, there are obviously groups that stand up like we just showed the minor attracted p persons group that's talking about in their own little circles all sorts of terrible things but the point is that nobody's standing up on a political stage and going we should all hate each other so the it's just a meaningless statement to make it sound like yay he's fighting for the non-hate things that the 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 implication that trump wants he wants hate everywhere no they don't guys it's just about creating one dehumanizing situation where they're the evil enemy demon problem, orange man problem. So you can just, it is the same thing the other way around, right? Now there's some truth to both sides of this. There's, I, you know, I think terribly about both of them, right? But the all encompassing hyper, you know, hyperbolic perception is what creates the division and stops people from being logical. They're all fighting against you. If we could just start paying attention. It's on all of us. It's on all of us to stop it. We must say clearly and forcefully that anti-Semitism and all forms of hate and violence have no place in America. In silence, silence is complicity. It cannot remain silent. I will not remain silent. You should not either. That's why today I'm releasing the first ever national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. As he struggles through his words. So. I was going to play another part of this. Actually, I didn't find it while I was saying that, but there was a part near. <laughs> guess it's just me. I guess it's just me, huh? YouTube. More than I learned that hot today. We've training and resources that are. Additionally, the Departments of Homeland Security and Justice will reach out and meet with Jewish communities to ensure sometimes outright hostility. Yeah, well, I don't want to try to waste any more time. It was already a very long show. Let's just jump to the actual fact sheet. May 25th. A couple points stand out to me. Anti-Semitism is a threat to American democracy. Well, that's an interesting stretch. How exactly is hate a threat to democracy? Well, anything. Apparently, everything anywhere is a threat to democracy. Anywhere. We just showed you a point earlier where they threat to democracy. Okay, it doesn't really make sense, but it just point is that hate will, you know, de- 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 uh, deteriorate the fabric of our, lo- you know, whatever. <laughs> that's that's what's happening. Now, the, the point is that people want to make hate something that we want to, to get rid of. Hate is the new war on terror in this context. Obviously, I think, as Whitney pointed out, the, it's now your body is the new battlefield. Like, they are focusing internally, but ultimately anti-Semitism and hate speech and all this stuff, it's the new focus. that It'll never go away, just like terror. To eliminate hate is as dumb as saying to eliminate terror. You can, it'll always be there. People will have feelings that they don't express. So to focus on this, all it really does is focus on people that the government wants to silence. President Biden decided to run for president after what we all saw in Charlottesville. Look at that. When neo-Nazis marched from the shadows, spewing the same anti-Semitic bile that was heard in Europe in 1930s. Like, literally saying this while they're actively funding the most obvious neo-Nazi fascist elements in the world right now. That's how stupid they think we are. But again, don't forget, the Azov Battalion, as you rise above movement, you can see marching here with their tiki torches. Are They, they are, that is, the, Charlotte, the Charlottesville march was the U.S. arm of the Azov movement. Here's an older article from Whitney, by the way, that shows the actual group in Ukraine with their actual torches. Here they are in Charlottesville. Here they are, the Azov movement. <laughs> it, it's, not a, it's not even secret. They're openly connected. 
and yet they don't want you to connect the dots that the group that they used to justify why Trump said we're a Nazi was a group that was directly tied to the Azov movement, who they're right now pretending aren't Nazis, even though right before it started, they were all screaming Nazi. And also that you can prove the CIA is directly working with them. But even how about even you take back the CIA part? Are, is anybody confused about the U.S. government right now currently funding the Azov movement? That's obviously clear. Or let's just say it's the Ukrainian military, which Azov movement's a part, even though it's all of it, rather just that it's overtaken the ideological overtaken ide- ideology of the entire and you know military government all of it but so if we know the u.s government's right now funding all of them that right there is an on the surface connection if this is still currently the u.s arm well that's the case this is how dumb all this is like you ju- it's so on the surface but to make that point even clearer i've made this is an article from january 5th 2020 or 2022 excuse me right this is right before this like a month later, we saw this all start. A year after January 6th, like, like, like 9-11, so stupid, Ukraine's war draws U.S. far right to fight Russia. Right? It's just the point was that right, even, it was so clear, so clear how obviously this was, they're all Nazis, it's all far right, everyone's flocking over there because it's all about the, the conservative far right, and then you're all wrong about that because Putin said they're Nazis. Like, he played them like a fiddle in that. Because they were so desperate to counter what he said that they made themselves look ridiculous, it's like that's even tough, by undermining what they literally put out on a headline three days ago. But as I've showed many times, the Nazi symbols and all of the same things we show you, but that it says since the 2014 Maidan Revolution, which we can prove was directly carried out by U.S. and Western involvement, where they were shooting people and then framed the other side. It's on the record. You have the, you have the, the uh, Kathy, Kathy Ashton, speaking with the, I think it's the Estonian member of parliament, saying that we know that. They both agree that they hit it. And then showing Victoria Newland handpicking the people they're supposed to be elected the next day or the, when that happens. It's just so very obvious. It says that the government, military, and security forces have institutionalized in its ranks the Azov neo-Nazi ideology. So the same thing they're telling you isn't true. Oh, it was a little regiment that then went away. No, it's very clearly the opposite. Very clearly that since that, they have institutionalized the neo-Nazi ideology into the government, into the military, says the expert. And then now he's wrong because we want to change the narrative. But the point is, the expert on the topic is speaking about this, and he says, yes, the political wing of the Azov movement, the National Core Party, the movement has gone international on multiple fronts with known contacts in Germany's third pound, America's rise above movement, Italy's Casa Pound, etc. I mean, there's plenty more of them. Okay, so it's very, very clear. As Biden tells you that, well, he decided to run for president after the rise above movement marched. Okay, so does he know that's a CIA operation? Here is the uh, DOJ report. Three members of the California-based supremacist group in the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Well, here you are. Rise above movement. Same thing, just in case you're confused about whether that's the case. It's very, very obvious. Now, we've gone over this in depth, showing you many times not only their own documentation, but the actual, this is one of the shows we went over showing this, that it's not just the Azov movement, that in general, that the CIA on the record has been funding and cultivating fascism in the Ukraine since 1948, before they were called the CIA. And on top of that, we know it's the same tactic that was taken in, in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen for the same reasons. So it's not even hard to wrap your mind around. 
funding fascist entities to stop the Soviet Union. Same reason they did it here. Point is, this one never stopped, and they continued to this day. And you can prove that. Here's the document if you want to read through it. It's called Project Aerodynamic, where they, they literally took a Nazi war criminal and put him in charge of a media company in New York. <laughs> Not a joke. It's easy to blow. It's very clear. You can read it for yourself. His name was Makola Labed. Appointed the president of Prologue. This, is, this guy literally was arrested as a Nazi war criminal in Poland. Was about to be put to death until they saved him. And ever since then, they've been pushing this ideology. They've been growing this. The Ukrainian Organization for Ukrainian Nationalists. It's all, it's this, this is the same entity. And we know that January 6th, based on all the information we have, was meant to tie all this together that failed. And that's where the agenda, I think, shifted. The false flag meant to blame you, Russia, and you using the CIA-grown op- uh, battalion, which they're now still trying to patch together. We know that on the ground in January 6th, there was a member of the Ukraine of the Azov movement, as you, as we he's on video, posted by Ukraine, showing him because they thought they were trying to expose it, saying Russia's there, Russia's there. What it was was a Ukrainian member of the Azov movement who was present, screaming things in Russian. It's all been proven now as well as Antifa members going, we got him, we tricked him, we did it. So going back to this, just making it very, very clear, Charlottesville stems all the way back to the CIA, and that's where Biden decided to run for president. And that seems to be the impetus for all of this. Hard to miss. Anti-Semitism threatens all of us. Anti-Semitic conspiracy theories fuel other forms of hatred, discrimination, and bias, including discrimination against other religious minorities, racism, sexism, and anti-LGBTQ. That's, how do you get there? How do you argue? So what, the idea is that because they're anti-Semitic, they just start hating everything everywhere? <laughs> I guess that kind of, maybe. But the idea that that's just what's happening, it's just a clumsy narrative. That's all it is. Anti-Semitism seeks to divide Americans from one another, erodes trust in government and non-governmental institutions, and undermines our democracy. How exactly does hating Jewish people, that's how they're framing it, divide Americans? The point is also that it's not even what they're, what they're calling anti-Semitism is not even that. When I point out that the Israel's government, which I'll do at the end of the show, is murdering people, has nothing to do with Jewish people. It's the government that's being run by as their as the ADL and plan has pointed out, the most fascist government in their history. That's not my opinion. And on top of that, we now have the Human Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International, Betselem, the leading human rights groups in the world, calling them an apartheid state, calling them a Jewish supremacy gov- government. On top of the fact that the Zionist this religious Zionism party, which is their name, was previously called extremists by the ADL. The point is, this is so obvious right now and has nothing to do, or the point is, obviously there are points to be made about Jewish people in this country that have been taken over by the Zionism mentality, but I just went over talking about the idea that you have Orthodox Jewish people that are attacked because they don't believe Zionism. So it just shows you, that, and they'll tell you that they're hijacking our religion. Overall, the point is, simply by pointing that stuff out, and look, even if I'm wrong, by the way, to argue that is anti-Semitic is somehow you're still going wink, wink. That's all a big lie because you hate Jewish people. And it's just clumsy. Sure, that's happening somewhere. Somebody's pretending. But you can't pretend that everybody out there who has criticism about Israel or Zionism is somehow anti-Semitic. But that's what they're all doing. And that's what this is all about. Because it's really about shutting down criticism of what I argue are the leading entities involved in what's going on in the world right now undermining democracy. Yeah, you can't erode trust in the government, even though they deserve to lose your trust. 
because that would be dangerous. A whole society plan, of course it is, informed by the input of over a thousand stakeholders from every sector of society. It's a public-private partnership. It's, it's just from another angle doing the same kind of stuff. In addition, the strategy reaffirms the United States' unshakable commitment to the state of Israel's right to exist, its legitimacy, and its security. Well, the reality of the situation is quite a bit different, isn't it? The reality that this is an occupied territory. The only people who disagree with that is Israel and the United States and people that support them. The United Nations has never faltered. It is an occupied territory. So by definition, that means they don't have the right to exist in that location. That's called anti-Semitic. But guess what? History matters. Obviously, Palestine was there. They argue otherwise because they lie about history, because that's all you can do. Despite the fact that you can literally show founding members of Israel telling you that Palestine existed. I mean, where, when were Palestinians born? What was, all, what was all this area before the First World War? When Britain got the mandate over Palestine, what was Palestine then? Palestine was then the area between the Mediterranean and the Iraqian border. You say there's no such thing as East Palestinian. and West Bank, no. East and West Bank was Palestine. I'm a Palestinian. That's Golden Meir, one of the founding members of Israel and earliest prime ministers, right? The point is that they lie about the reality. And yet here it is in U.S. government policy today, right? And the point is that the argument that Israel's right to exist is inherently saying that Palestine doesn't. And that is counter to international law and the United Nations mandate. But they only care about those things insofar as they can use them. And it says it makes clear that when Israel is singled out because of anti-Jewish hatred, that that is anti-Semitism. Well, again, you're not going to get into the debate about what anti-Semitism and the word Semite means because that would show you that that doesn't even make sense. But pretending that that word means what they say it does, well, obviously then, if somebody's standing up and saying, I'm singling Israel out because I hate Jewish people, well, that's what you argue the definition is. So no one's disputing that except getting into the definition of Semite. But what they're saying is that anybody criticizing Israel is doing it for that reason. And we all know that. And that's not true. Clearly, that's not true. There is plenty of people out here. There are Jewish people that are pointing out Israel's crimes, but they'll just call them anti-Semites too. It's ridiculous. I'm not suggesting that there aren't people, that there are people, there aren't racist people out there. Obviously, they exist. But to pretend that everybody anywhere saying things that they don't like are secretly going, wink, wink, we hate Jewish people, that's the same thing they do everywhere. That is the lowbrow conversation, or the, the, the idea that they're, they're normalizing subjective forceful opinion based on narrative. And we come out and show facts, and they go, racist, white supremacist, conspiracy theorist, very intelligent. Pillar number one, increase awareness and understanding of anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all kind of confused. No, it's just like saying we're going to push more money into the, you know, what's the term they use? The, the, uh, I'm trying to remember what they framed the vaccine conversation in. Where they just, you know, we're going to make sure you understand that the injections are safe and that you can get them anytime you want. Everybody knows that. What it's really about is forcing information down your throat. Increasing awareness means we're going to force you to think what we think. Everybody knows what the U.S. government and Israel think about anti-Semitism. Everybody around the world knows because it's forced down your throat, including its threat to America. 
again, somehow anti-Semitism is a threat to the country, and broaden appreciation of Jewish heritage, American heritage. I guess, it, you know, it's only this one that, makes, that deserves the focus, right? No other heritage matters. It's just so funny. Like, you don't pass entire legislative bills about appreciating other heritages that are getting lost. Why is that? Not, that's not even to say that I disagree that we should appreciate heritage of everybody. It's just simply that it's an, a focus is always present. Pillar number two. And my point would be that this is really more about keeping the focus on what they're calling anti-Semitism and the Zionist agenda to improve safety and security for Jewish communities. Well, this is an interesting statement here. So what's the suggestion? Obviously, their whole point is that Jewish people, like statistically, they're saying that, you know, this much of the population, but an outsized amount of what they're calling hate speech. Well, that, whether true or not, I, I find it impossible to find out because we know that they're conflating what they want. They call me anti-Semitic. They call the show I did last night anti-Semitic. It's not. But so that ends up being a statistic on their false numbers. Now, again, that doesn't mean that there aren't people being anti-Semitic, but it's impossible to know for sure. And then on top of that, what we're really talking about is things that aren't a crime. You're not hurting anybody. You're not physically hurting anybody. You're not committing a crime. You're not stealing. You're saying things that hurt people's feelings. Now, I know that's hard for people to think about today with all the crazy woke fervor going on. I mean, it's the wrong point to make this on. We're talking about security and safety, but up here talking about just being you know, anti-Semitic. Do I think it's disgusting of people to think that you're a bad person or that you're somehow lesser than because you're Jewish? Yes, I do. I think you're a gross person. If you think that about anybody based on their religion, their heritage, you're a disgusting person. But you know what? You're allowed to think that. You're allowed to say that. It's called free speech. And if you're not willing to protect the worst speech, you're not actually believing in free speech. It's as simple as that, guys. And it's, no, it's, it's becoming easier and easier to point out today. But on to the safety and security, what my point would be is that, okay, well, are, are Jewish communities less protected? Do they not have the same ability to call the police? Are there not the same patrols that go out there? Okay, so the argument is they're being focused on more. Okay, well, why do we need to increase security? The point would be that either these security services or police are proving to be inept, which is really the point. That they don't come save you ever. They show up after the fact and take down notes, which is usually how police goes today. Not to say that's in, 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 irrelevant, but the idea we have in our minds about police sweeping in to save the day rarely happens. So I don't. Th this seems like a disingenuous point to argue that we need more security only for these communities. Well, either the security and the, the system of infrastructure for police is working or it's not. And this seems to suggest that it's not. But it says the FBI and National Counterterrorism Center will conduct an annual threat assessment on anti-Semitism and the drivers of transnational violent extremism. Right. So this becomes this overlap with what you think it is. The idea of white supremacy, the vanilla ISIS discussion, that somehow anti-Semitic drivers are of the, you know, the larger like this is the war on terror and now kind of being transitioned over to specifically like white racist anti-Semitic concepts. That can be shared with technology companies and other non-governmental partners. So what that means, in my opinion, is cataloging people that they claim are this and sharing that around the world, which includes people that aren't that. The NSC will review the authorities and capabilities of federal agencies that, to target transnational networks seeking to foster anti-Semitism in the U.S. and elsewhere. And that's one of the most important parts. This is the war on terror in another arm. That's all it is. They're literally arguing that they have the authority 
to target what they claim are transnational networks, which, by the way, if you want to know what that looks like, just look at the U.S. government working with Ukraine and the funding of those Nazi parties there, because that's what it is. But what they'll call it is us doing a report over here that is a similar talking point to Russia. And, oh, my God, there's your network. You're working together and you're all anti-Semitic. Now, of course, the point is elsewhere, that that means they have the argument, they have the ability to act in other countries because they recognize what they deem anti-Semitism. If you don't think that's what it is, explain to me why the U.S. government is still in Syria. It's the same concept. Terrorism in Iraq. Okay, well, guess what? Then we're just going to say Syria counts too because they're the same group, but they're not though. And we've been lied to about the whole thing. But what that becomes is the ability to mission creep and they get to move anywhere based on the idea that they're fighting the transnational anti-Semitism, the rising threat of the world. That's how they're trying to frame all this. Same thing over here. The most lethal threat. Now, we're moments away from that becoming a global threat. That's where this all seems to be going, right? Pillar number three, reverse the normalization of anti-Semitism and counter anti-Semitic discrimination. Anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and content are rampant online. So again, take away the anti-Semitic part. All, it's the same conversation. Conspiracy theories and online lie. It's about censoring your speech under the guise that you are being anti-Semitic. We also call on Congress to hold social media platforms accountable for spreading hate-fueled violence, including anti-Semitism. Right. So, okay, right now, so it's very clear, it's totally okay to openly spread hate about Russian people. So it's not really about fueled hate and violence because, you know, we're openly promoting the violence that's actively discussed by the Ukrainian militants or the open militant rabid people than the politicized transgender movement or the people that are rabidly politicized in the BML mo BLM movement or any number of these Antifa or but those are OK. Extinction Rebellion can attack people violently and, you know, vandalize expensive groups of art. That's OK, though. We don't even want to talk about that. But we're going to tell only focus on what you get the point. There's a reason this is only focused and doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It means that it's being politically abused. And there's an entire conversation to be had about how Israel's government and Zionism have done this from the beginning. Impose much stronger transparency requirements on online platforms. All that means is more censorship. That's it. Biden-Harris administration also encourages all online platforms to independently commit to taking several actions that will counter anti-Semitism, including ensuring the terms of service and community standards explicitly over anti-Semitism. So again, whatever the ADL deems anti-Semitic, so I wouldn't be allowed to criticize Israel's policy on Twitter if this happens and, and if Twitter obliges, which I kind of think it's going to happen. Adopting zero tolerance for hate speech. Well, right now, Twitter is not zero tolerance, but they're still censoring hate speech. Zero tolerance means you can't say anything that they deem insulting almost. I mean, there is no free speech at that point. Community standards and permanently banning people that violate these policies. Improving their capabilities to stop recommending and derank anti-Semitic. So again, just remove the anti-Semitic word. It's just about the same things you're hearing every day. Censoring speech, stopping you, deranking, hateful content. Increasing the transparency of the algorithmic recommendation system. So deranking you, suppressing you, and highly recommending people that don't do it. Treating anti-Semitism as a distinct category in transparency reports and more. So it's always interesting to me why we need something that goes only this one. Because it's politics. 
right now there's all sorts of you know even though hate speech is not even a thing ultimately it's a it's a it's a fray it's a term for hurt feelings really i mean you could take that as extreme as you want the point is it's words sticks and stones right we used to all be taught that as classic knowledge yeah i mean hate speech can be pretty rough people can say things that are really 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 insulting but at the end of the day it's just words and yes we do have free speech so it, it just goes round and round and round. The point is that it's really about a choice for you to give it power. But a distinct category. So the point is always about this one. Like you pass a law and you say, it's about this and then all other hate. You could just pass a bill about hate. Right? But no, it's about focusing in on exactly one point. Build cross-community solidarity and collective action to counter hate. Any effort to counter anti-Semitism must be grounded in work that unites Americans from all backgrounds and beliefs to work in common purpose to stand united against hate. What does it even mean? Everybody's got a different perspective on what hate even is or what deems hate speech or what's insulting to you personally. So there's no possible way to work on a common purpose unless you make some arbitrary line where you say this is where it counts and this is where it doesn't. And all that is is government dictating speech. It's very simple, guys. It's not very hard to understand. So when we know all of this and we know that Biden's arguing that Charlottesville's where it all started and we know as we just went over the obvious reality of where it all starts, that the U.S. government created this situation, we need to realize how it's being used going forward after January 6th, how it was supposed to go. Don't forget, again, that my opinion was very clearly this was meant to be something that it wasn't. They didn't take the bait, but yet they're still using it. Dan Bishop points out that Bank of America, showing you the overlap to all of this, that, they, that you think you've got privacy, they gave a list of the FBI of literally anybody that was even remotely present between the 5th and the 7th anywhere in the area, and they completely complied. I mean, look, at this point, I don't even know about, like, I'm waiting for Catherine Austin's fifth sovereign bank conversation, but, I mean, I'm, I'm using, it at worst, a credit union. Anybody still using things like Wells Fargo or Bank of America? Where is your mind at? These people are criminals. We, I mean, Wells Fargo, I didn't even cover it because there's so much going on, literally just recently got fined again for violating the law. These people should be in prison. They're literally stealing and robbing from veterans and, and vulnerable people, making fake accounts. And they go, oops, give us another million dollar fine. Cool, we'll keep doing it. And they do. It's just crazy. But this is showing you the, that they don't care about your rights at all. And I think Americans need to hear it because there are other glimpses of just how the victimization is going on and how it's victimization at scale. This is one fact that struck me. The Bank of America records, the story that Bank of America turned over the credit card transactions, whether for an aircraft or a lodging or the purchase of a cup of coffee, for everyone who decided to come to Washington, to be in Washington area, the northern Virginia area. That's one of the things that you asked questions about. There are victims all over the place. All of the people who suffered when the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security got involved in censorship with social media platforms. Millions and millions of tweets and narratives being taken down. That is victimization at scale. It must be resolved. And the fact that those who profess to be most concerned about victimization of people by law enforcement in this country join in the victimization of you. 
I think that's the takeaway, at least for me, from this hearing. And it's pretty crazy. But think about you know, how much you want to bet this is applied, like not like they need this, but don't forget about the Constitution Free Zone conversation. Right, that's right up in the area that seems to be completely within that. Like, don't forget that I think it was Maine is just entirely existing in a constitution-free zone. ACLU wrote about it, the real thing. It's all about the border and the argument they need that area to stop, you know, illegal immigrants or whatever. But the point is that that is they can just go give us all the data on everybody anywhere, anybody, anywhere in D.C. between the fifth and the seventh, just in case. Absolutely, here you go. That's just absolutely terrifying. Well, you might have seen this. This was today. Oathkeeper founder Stuart Rhodes sentenced to 18 years. 18 years for seditious conspiracy in the January 6th attack. This is real. For what? Seditious conspiracy. Well, that's, I guess, one step below treason. Well, all it really boils down to, the way that they're framing this, is just undermining authority. That's really what this basically boils down to. You can look up seditious conspiracy. Do you realize how many things could be called that and how many people, how many acts by the government are far more involved with seditious conspiracy against you? It's just, I'm not even going to get into the person in general. The idea that anything like this can be happening while they're actively ignoring all sorts of sexual crimes. I mean, we, talk, we used to his, talk a lot about the rape kits lining the walls of the police stations. They don't care about those. They'll get you for cannabis. That was the conversation back then. But now we're, they're actively ignoring sex crimes and going after people from January 6th. Right? We just talked about this. The FBI just testified to this, or the whistleblowers, that they were literally told, don't investigate those pedophilia things. Look into January 6th. They were told to stop looking at other things. And then used all of those investigations to act like they were exploding white supremacy. But no, it was just simply investigations based on the assumption that everybody present, apparently from the January 5th to 7th, were all white supremacy Nazis. That's crazy. Fact check, though, just in case you want the fact check, here's USA Today. Fact check. Claims of FBI rule in January 6th are false. In other news, here's the New York Times. Among those who marched in the Capitol on January 6th was an FBI informant. (laughs) Funny how that works out. Thank you, USA Today. Fact check. Let's keep going. It gets better. The FBI to Democrats and Democrats say the whistleblowers who testified today are a threat to our national security. For telling the truth, apparently, just like Julian Assange. Rather, they are honorable public servants who are being attacked for exposing abuses of power. But he says the FBI says they won't release the surveillance video. Why? Well, because it shows too many undercover government agents and informants. Think about that. The FBI whistleblowers who testify before Congress are not actually whistleblowers, says the FBI and Democrats. Rather, they are disloyal Americans who undermine investigations into January 6th. Quote, my Republican colleagues have brought in these former agents, men who lost their security clearances because they were a threat to our national security. Well, no, you fired them because they were trying to point this out. Who out of malice or ignorance or both have put partisan agenda above the oath they swore to serve the country. But there is no evidence, he writes, Michael, that any of the FBI whistleblowers are or were ever a threat to national security. One of them, Marcus Allen, won two medals fighting in Iraq and Kuwait and Kuwait. Another... Garrett O'Boyle served in the army in Iraq, worked as a police officer, and graduated with honors in criminology and law. Democrats pointed out that the FBI had revoked their security clearances, 
That news came in a letter. The, the, the acting assistant director of FBI sent... Uh, hold on, what was it? I'm trying to go fast. The FBI claimed that Allen expressed sympathy for persons or organizations that advocate, threaten, or use violence, or use any other illegal, unconstitutional means in any effort to prevent the... The point is, he expressed sympathy, apparently, for people on January 6th. When really, all he was doing was saying, hold on, you know, we're unduly investigating. We're investigating literally everybody. There's a problem there. So they threw them under the bus. The bottom line is they're saying that we cannot show you the information. Well, that's interesting. Charlotte, well, the, the point is it shows you that there is a lot more than we realize, which, by the way, we've already known. In fact, proven in a lot of different ways that there were multiple FBI agents on the ground. And there, this is the on his paywalled version of this. Indeed, there may have been hundreds of undercover government agents. This is from Michael himself. And informants, both local and federal, in the January 6th crowd. According to one January 6th witness, there were one, and this is the FBI, this is the people we're just talking about, 100 to 200, 100 to 200 Secret Service agents alone at the Capitol before and during the breach of police barriers. That's crazy. And all we're talking about is the manipulation of the illusion or of the of the perception an illusion creating the idea that this was not some completely organized government operation meant to frame part of the country as the problem so they could create an agenda that justifies their next steps this is very clear all the evidence is there but now we can see how clumsy this is going forward so they're telling us that there's the biggest threat ever Right? It's never been this clear. White supremacy is the most lethal threat to the country. It's everywhere. And that, of course, overlaps with, trans, with transphobia, and it's, it's overwhelming. And now Jewish people are being attacked more than ever, and it's rising. It's everywhere. Okay. So wouldn't you think that we'd be able to find more examples of that if it was literally everywhere? Then, but so then, sure enough, here comes an example. A U-Haul truck with a Nazi flag. As the joke goes, just sprinkle some crack on him and let's get him out of here. You know, Dave Chappelle joking about the cops, not really joking, about planting drugs on people. Well, this is a real story. U-Haul driver arrested for crash near the White House. You've probably heard about it. Apparent Nazi flag found on the scene. What does that mean, apparent Nazi flag? Including attempting to kidnap or kill the president, vice president, or a family member. This person was arrested under the guise that he was arrested or tried to arrest, attempt to kidnap the president. This white supremacist Nazi, his name is Sai Varshith Kandula. He's 19 years old. Here's what this white supremacy Nazi looks like. That's him. Very white supremacist. Obviously. For those in the podcast, he's an Indian person. He's saying, according to, the article says, according to an affidavit from a Secret Service agent, Kandula told Secret Service agents his goal was to, quote, get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation. Okay. So in, 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 or in doing so, he got in a U-Haul with nothing but a Nazi flag and ran into a barrier and it was over. Clearly, this is a serious man, right? So either this is a completely false story made up entirely, or this guy is mentally unstable and being abused and argued it's a, some rising white supremacy threat. I mean, it's just this stupid. This is the epitome of the situation, of the conversation. 
In order to do so, the affidavit said, he was willing to kill the president if that's what I have to do. And he would hurt anyone that was standing in his way. Except hitting a barrier seemed to put an end to all that. He planned the attack over the course of six months, according to agents that questioned him. Planned what attack? Clearly very well planned out with no actions out. There's hitting a barrier and, oh, it's okay, that's it. That was my plan. Does it, I mean, really? Does this, this ring true for anybody? He was unarmed. No explosives or weapons were found. Video from CNN shows a park police officer taking inventory of the truck. Isn't it perfect that CNN, of course, was the one that captured this? And, of course, they found several pieces of Nazi, or they said, packing up several pieces of evidence, including a Nazi flag. Why does that even make sense? An Indian 19-year-old kid drives into a barrier with nothing else but a flag that's a Nazi flag. Does this, I mean, I don't even know what to make of this. Either this kid is mentally unstable, trying to get attention, MK Ultra. like, I don't even know. But the last thing we should include is what everyone seems to be arguing. A rising night supremacy threat from the right-wing side. It's just stupid. Kondula pulled, first pulled the flag out of a backpack after crashing the truck. Hmm. According to the documents, he told agents he brought the flag with him because, get this, the Nazis have a great history, citing their authoritarian nature. Let's just be clear. People that tend to point at this and say, I like this, don't say authoritarian. That's not what they say. Like, it's just, this seems like what CNN writers would make this into being. Like, this is like imagining what, like, I, know, I was going to make an analogy. It's just, it's so embarrassing to see what they think makes sense. Showing you they're buying their own BS. Like, the joke I was going to say is like, you watch these commercials that are so out of touch. That it, not even like from today, going back like 10 years ago, say. These commercials that just seem like they're so, they just miss the generation, right? And I just used to always picture a bunch of middle-aged white men in suits going, oh, that's perfect. You totally nailed it, Bob. They're going to, oh, you, you, that's perfect. Yeah, get this, guys. We're going to, like, it's just, you can just see how they think they have, they're tapped in. And here we are sitting back going, these guys have no idea what's going on. And we see that a lot, right? They, they think they've got a lock on however, and they don't. They've, they're completely out of touch. That's most politicians today. That's what this feels like. <laughs> that he has, oh, I, I love their authoritarian extremism and their white supremacy. I love them. They're good for that. No, that's what you want us to think. That's just so silly to me. But either way, I don't know. Maybe this is who knows what the make of this. But overall, an Indian kid with a Nazi flag praising white supremacy, praising Nazism doesn't make a lot of sense. But of course, this gets contorted into exactly what they want it to be. Oh, this was just, oh, this, I just looked up who he was. Quickly look at this. Really, yeah, just it's all the same stuff. There he is, right there. Now, to overlap this with something is interesting. Don't forget. So he, he had a U-Haul, right, with a Nazi flag in it. What what's the likelihood that it got accidentally left by these FBI agents, or excuse me, the Patriot Front when they loaded their U-Hauls up right here, as they always do after these demonstrations? <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but it's something about this seems ridiculous. But here's the news report. We, we talked about this previously. A group called the Patriot Front, you know, whose formerly was known as Vanguard America, which was the group that was also part of the Rise Above, excuse me, the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, which all have direct ties back to the Azov movement. Not my opinion. I've proven it extensively on all those shows I did before. But it says a group calling themselves the Patriot Front are currently marching toward the U.S. Capitol in their khakis and blue shirts. Update. The group is now continuing to march as numerous police escort them. 
which seems kind of strange. Update. The f- people affiliated with Patriot Front Group are now putting their shields and flags into a U-Haul van after marched around the... Don't forget, the earliest, I- the earliest iteration of this, we actually saw police helping them into U-Haul vans. Now, of course, they argue we're just trying to help them get out of here, but is that what's happening? I don't know. Either way, this is, in my opinion, one of the most clumsy, patched-together psyops I've ever seen. This is really bad. One of the most obvious examples to make here, and maybe this is intentional, maybe it's because they want us to see this, I don't know, but people have made a lot of arguments about the verbiage they use, the boots they're wearing. It seems very clear. I think it's my, my opinion would be they want people to connect this with some kind of secret inside the military Republican Trump thing, right? Don't forget, they want you to think the military itself has been infiltrated by a, you know, white supremacy or whatever they're trying to argue. So it would make sense to me that they would clumsily do this on purpose. So we would go, oh, look, they're all actually the FBI, which then gets used later to say, see, that's because Trump and they're all part of this white supremacy underbelly of the country. That's, I, that's what I think it's leading towards. But overall, I think it's fake. Not everybody. I'm sure some of them don't know that. But let's, let's quickly show you what the FBI looks like when they're training, just in case you don't know. Isn't that interesting? Blue shirt. Khakis. Here's another one. You'll find endless amounts of these. When, they're, when FBI are doing training, and out, that's what they look like. And here's what the Patriot Front looks like. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, hard to miss that. Well, I've covered this before. The Patriot Front, January 6th, and the Vinyl ISIS PSYOP, and how clearly this was one of the earliest events right here where they weirdly, I guess, zip-tied them, didn't take their masks off, didn't move their backpacks. Like, anybody watching this from, the, from police, was that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. There's something wrong there. They kept them there, then they let them go, and they they load them up. Nothing changed. They just wanted them to sit there on display for some reason. Meanwhile, as they're all going, Nazis are everywhere, and they're all coming up to fight against America, and Biden's administration is actively funding neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Here's antiwar.com. This is very recent. Neo-Nazi militia openly using a U.S. armed vehicle in attack on Russia's uh, Belgorod region. Financial Times reports that Russian volunteer corps included self-avowed (laughs) neo-Nazis. So this is hilarious. So we are watching open displays of neo-Nazi symbolism openly using, they're openly giving Nazi salutes and all sorts of things on the Ukrainian side. Undeniable. Again, don't forget that they were just before this telling you that and everything shifted. Then, of course, the Financial Times is reporting that the Russian Volunteer Corps, they have self-avowed neo-Nazis, even though they would dispute that. But the bottom line is they're still desperately trying to make this about the Russian influence all over the world. Even though you can clearly, again, without question, prove that this is an operation executed by the U.S. government. And as this goes forward and as they're telling you you're the threat, you're the problem. White supremacy. Racist. Here's a, a side-by-side meme of Biden continuing to fund neo-Nazis. But he goes, that's called World War III, Jack. Biden defends decision not to send just to Ukraine. March 11, 2022. And then a lifetime later, Joe Biden sends jets to Ukraine. So how are you supposed to take this? Either, I mean, the point is the same as always. Either this is just political nonsense telling you to think. The point is that everything's meaningless. Either he was lying to begin with to scare you, and that doesn't mean World War III, or it does mean World War III, and he doesn't care. (laughs) They're all ridiculous, guys. It's utterly ridiculous. 
And here is who they are arming. It, this is the scariest part about this. It's on Zero Hedge, but you can look into it for yourself. The, the undeniable body of evidence of Ukrainian militants on the ground telling you, no, I don't care what they're saying on the corporate media. I don't care what CNN said. We want to kill these people. Like openly telling you exactly what they think. I mean, I've played some of these before. One of the, one of the ones is just the journalist speaking directly about how they want to exterminate everybody in the Donbass. От ви спитали, як так може бути? Так може бути тому, що Донбас взагалі регіон, який, ну, це не просто депресивний регіон, розумієте? Там настільки великий комплекс таких грона проблем, і головніше, наприклад, тому, що там просто дика кількість абсолютно непотрібних людей. Повірте, я абсолютно свідомо про це говорю. От якщо брати навіть чисто Донецьку область, там приблизно 4 мільйони населення. Що не менше мільйона півтора, там просто зайвих людей. Нам не треба розуміти Донбас, нам треба розуміти взагалі український національний інтерес. А Донбас треба просто використати як ресурс, який треба відповідно з приводу розуміння Донбасу. Мені здається, що ну, в мене немає зрозуміння жодного рецепту, що тут можна зробити швидко. Але ем, найголовніше, що треба зробити е, в даний момент, е, як це там є певне є певна категорія, яких треба просто That was his words, and I proved that with the full interview that it wasn't taken out of context. So I didn't realize how long we've been going. So it's over four hours, which is crazy. <laughs> I, I just, I, I wasn't going to rush today. I wanted to get all this stuff in. So, but I am going to try to get out of here with the next 15 minutes if I can. So let's rattle through this. The bottom line is Ukraine admits murdering, quote, quite a few Russian civilians who put Putin and who back Putin and his invasion. If, you don't need to look hard to find this. The, the Russian blogger, or rather, excuse me, the Ukrainian blogger that was assassinated in his car for writing about the war that the corporate media lied about, but they openly said, yep, we got him, right? It's, it's that sad. It's obvious that they are praising themselves for murdering civilians because they're Russians, the dirty Muscovites. The, these are all derogatory terms they're using. Don't forget the beginning. We showed you the Azov movement literally dipping their bullets in pig fat because they were fighting the Chechen Muslims. These are disgusting people. So think about how crazy it is for the administration of Biden to Biden's administration to be funding the open neo-Nazi elements, but at the same time, the open, racist, bigoted, anti-trans groups in Ukraine right now. It's just it's it's you can't make this up. It's so silly. And you can read more about this and how crazy the, I mean, the, the, the assassination of uh, Daria Dugina and all the different things we've talked about, the open killing of people in and outside of Ukraine. Ukraine expands weapons training for children. Well, don't forget, in the very beginning of this, we showed you the Azov movement training children to the begin with, because that's what they've always done. The media then frames it as freedom fighting. We all care about the country. But of course, if it happens anywhere they don't like, child soldiers <laughs> showing you their ridiculous hypo- hypocrisy in everything they do. Well, Robert F. Kennedy points something important out. Ukraine is the world's third largest debit- debtor-, debitor to the International Monetary Fund. In 2020, the IMF and the World Bank gave Ukraine new loans on condition it would remove restrictions on collateralization and sale of land. In 2020, isn't that strange? Translation, massive transfer from smallholder farmers to oligarchs and Western investors. It's happening happening all over the world right now. It's happening in Europe, all the Dutch farmers. So explain for me how this doesn't obviously tie all this together. There's a bigger agenda, which is part, the Great Reset's part of it. But all of this is tying together. This was happening before this started. All of this is part of a bigger agenda to drive us in a very clear direction. 
And here's one of those obvious examples. This is actually really crazy. This is a new article from May 16th of this year. Backstopping Ukraine's long-term security. All this is showing you this has always been the plan. Just like it was in Iraq. Toward an Atlantic Asian security community. It's exactly what you think. Our proposal envisions a new security organization that would include both European and ideally also Asian states. But not, not necessary is the point right there. Its first action would be to deploy an armed training and monitoring mission to Ukraine. Which, by the way, they've been there for a decade. So that's not new. They're going to pretend like it's a new thing and the U.S. is going to deploy to Ukraine. They're already there. They've been there for a long time. As they've even admitted to, if you know where to look. Saying that they need to deploy for a long-term mission now. An open-ended presence. Well, that sounds like sovereignty, right? In part to serve as a tripwire against renewed Russian attack. That's nothing to do with it. This is about what they've always wanted, and they've used Russia as an excuse for all of it. It would include uniformed military personnel from the United States. So here's your new endless field of war, guys, and some other Western powers, but would not be organized or command. I love that. That, that include the United States and, you know, other people too. <laughs> sure. As long as the U.S. is there, we're okay. Right? It's, it's clear that's the focal point. Organized or commanded under NATO. Shocking. An Atlantic Asian security community, so not really, it's just NATO controlling other locations, could be formed out of some combination of like-minded Western states, notably Canada, France, UK, Germany, United States, of course. And frontline countries near Russia. So now you're building another military organization even closer around Russia's borders. Shocking. Like they didn't call that. But the United States, NATO's largest European powers, and most of the frontline states near Russia would be the founding members. Of course, this group, their key purposes would be to backstop the principle of peaceful, sovereign borders. <laughs> Just think about writing that with a straight face while you're literally discussing the removal of sovereignty and the invasion of other countries. Deploy and supervise a military presence that would deter Russia from further attacks. Do you realize that the actual deployment and military presence was what caused this to begin with? <laughs> it's just so silly. Self Self-fulfilling prophecies. But it says, especially in the short to medium term, while creating a framework and vision for a future security architecture separate from NATO. Yeah, it's just expanding the occupation of the world and many other aspects. Like realize NATO, Article 4, all these kind of, this is why we are here to begin with. Post 9-11 and the, initial, the, in, the initiation of the world military, essentially. Of course, it says that all aspects of this would be secondary, but they could be adjusted over time. All aspects, you know, it's basically NATO agenda. The member states would pledge to defend this training and monitoring mission if it found itself under attack and develop plans in advance for how they would do so. That's NATO Article 4. Same thing. Bottom line, you then create a situation where the U.S. can feign attack or be attacked, for that matter, doesn't matter, where they then go, everybody now has to be involved with our agenda. That's what NATO did. Where they say, well, we were attacked on 9-11, now you all have to attack with us. And it never stopped since then. Now we're onto the biosecurity state. There is your future. That's exactly what we've all been telling you. There's more facts about the Ukraine situation if you want to look into it that I've showed many times. Well, there is the absurd conversation about the disinformation. Now, this is really embarrassing. I have to play this. They'll finish. We'll generally finish with this. This is the conversation about the new disinformation platform for the BBC. You know what, actually, I'm thinking... Seeing as how it's been super long today, 
I might just go over this in the next one just because it's really the bottom line is just to make this is the point that I wanted to make today. That first of all, they're simply telling you that they're going to go online, they're going to make fake accounts, they're going to pretend to be other people, and it's all in the interest of truth. Well, sure. So you're again narrative, and you're doing the same thing as everybody else. Got it. The point, the trolling in response to this. So they come out and say, we're going to tell you what's true or not, even though we've been caught lying over and over and over. And people come up and say, you're ridiculous. The trolling in response to this, this is her, same person telling you this, including misogynistic slurs, threatening and hateful messages are just more proof why investigating this is so important. Okay, explain for me why investigating what's true or not has any bearing on whether the people are misogynistic, threatening, or hateful. Because her point she just let out of the bag is that's what this is all about investigating this because they're going to censor what they tell you is hate speech. They're going to step in and verify this is true. It's all about controlling speech. Undeniably. As I said, these people are parodies of themselves and I'm not even sure if they pretend. The bottom line is here. These fake screens about trying to draw lines between alternative media and far right figures. I mean, that is a meaningless, that's meaningless drivel. It means nothing. It reminds me of this. It's all for effect. As Glenn Greenwald said, hilarious, this BBC employee resides literally above the newsroom, as she even points out, because she's not just any journalist, but a disinformation correspondent, somehow qualified to identify disinformation. It's, this is dangerous. She is dangerous. These people, they, they don't even realize it. But one thing I wanted to include, and I'll play most of this later, probably tomorrow again, exclusive Facebook and Instagram to temporarily allow calls for violence against Russians. Remember that? So they don't care about hate speech. They just care about, you got to make sure you hate the right people at the right time. And why don't we do this? Let's end today with this clip from Colonel Wilkinson. You might have seen this, by the way. Palestine must be obliterated. Deleted article calls for genocide. Here it is on the Wayback Machine. This is from the Times of Israel. Jeffrey Kamras says, literally, moving forward on Palestine. So as we just talked earlier about that kind of overlap, this is what they're actually saying. And where's Biden on this? Right? Isn't he the one saying silence is complicity? Well, here's what it says. And this is what everyone in the Israeli government right now very clearly openly expresses. In in the leading group in the religious Zionist party, Netanyahu's power and so on. In In order to right a wrong, In order to make peace and move forward, Palestine must be obliterated. It is an affront to society, morality, humanity. It represents lies and anti-Semitism, oppression and terror. Nothing more. No one cares about Palestinians, period. That's what he wrote. Care for them solely exists in the form of anti-Israel advocacy, not pro-Palestinian support. This is what a terrible person looks like. These are disgusting, bigoted, racist human beings. Human beings is is kind. I mean, look, it doesn't matter whether you agree with the Israeli mindset. To argue that the entirety of this civilization doesn't matter, should be obliterated, and that their entire existence is based on nothing more than hatred for Israel is disgusting at its core level. Like, he's writing, and this is why they deleted it, because there's nothing about that that's not outright hate, whether or not you think they hate you, for Palestinians. And we have to forget that this is based on an illegal occupation. 
the idea that they have the right to armed rebellion. Because if you don't, if you think about any of that, it makes it clear that the people that are actively subjugating this entire situation are the ones at wrong, at fault. Now, it's not even about Jewish people or anything, not even about Zionism. It's simply about the reality that this is the case, and the UN's always maintained that. Palestine was real, as we should all know by now, and it just doesn't matter anymore. Just get rid of them, move forward. That's what they're literally saying. And Biden stands up and says, they have, we stand with Israel no matter what, and hate is everywhere, and we're pointing at you and not them. Think how insulting that is. Robert just came out with an excellent article, fact-checking Reuters on Palestine and the attempt to censor Palestinian identity, as they're now telling people you can't even raise the flag anymore. The point is they're openly stating stuff like this. This woman standing there telling them, I want to kill you one by one, that you have no right to exist, that everyone in Palestine, like this, listen to what she says. And if you think that's unique, you're wrong. Now, in no way am I saying every Jewish person or every Israeli thinks that. I've proven otherwise. But this is the influence of the Zionist Israeli government. As she literally says, this is Jewish country only, which, by the way, is literally what Netanyahu said on the record. Except that doesn't get included because they're lying about what's really going on. She literally says that you're not allowed here. And then, like, spits the word Muslim out of her mouth. Like, it's, like they, these are the people that we're supposed to pretend aren't hateful. God, man, it's just so great. And if you read through this, the reality is that the Reuters and the rest of them blatantly lie about what actually happened, covering up murder. And let's not forget, of course, that Kiev and Ukraine and the ones they are supporting are openly driving the digital ID, the digital currency, all of it, because it all ties back, as we were showing you before, to a larger agenda. So I'll finish up with the rest of it later. It's just been it's been a very long show. I'm not even that tired, to be honest, but I do have to get to other things. The point is, guys, that it's so disingenuous, the entire damn thing, everything they're talking about, as they tell you that this one matters, well, this doesn't exist, when it seems that in reality, historically, that it's the opposite way, that they're selling you on something that's not happening while ignoring the reality, when none of it matters to them at all. It's sort of like saying they care about the people of Syria while they starve the people of Syria or care about the Iranians while they starve the Iranians or care about the Yemeni people as they starve the Yemeni people. Running theme, it seems, right? Because they care. They care about you as long as you're in the right place and the right color and the right ideology, you know, but they care. They care. It's just time to really put, I think we need as a collective country, world stand up and really and at all costs continue to express the fact that we're not buying it anymore we're not falling for the agendas we're not falling for the narratives the party paradigms that we just care about integrity about humanity all of it everybody individually and we have absolute right to protect our families our children and and express ourselves as we see fit within the law everything else is nonsense guys and i think people are beginning to see that it's time to walk those difficult lines. So let's keep going. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.